Listen, gamers, look, I get it. You've got a lot going on. You may not always have time to spend hours listening to four dudes droning on on some gaming podcast. Or enough patience to wade through the thousands of tirades on Twitter. Let me cut through the noise in just five minutes, Monday through Friday, with The Daily Drop, your daily dose of video game news. Subscribe to The Daily Drop on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. This podcast has been labeled as vile, dangerous, and toxic. Listener discretion is advised. Limit. Break. A radiance rejoining. And now, here's your host, Amiro Gregori. Man, it is so glad. I am so glad to be back. It is so good to ride one more time. This is the third Limit Break Radio reunion show. And man, I gotta say, like, it's sort of like riding a bike. It's sort of like, like, you never truly forget how to do this show. It's sort of in your blood. Anyway, my name's Nero. Thank you so much for joining me here today for the latest reunion episode of Limit Break Radio. We've got some exciting things to talk about. We're going to be talking all about the Shadowbringers storyline. We're going to do a little prediction, uh, predicting, reading the tea leaves, seeing uh, what Endwalker may bring us, and... We're going to discuss the future of Limit Break Radio. And yes, the Patreon campaign goes live today. So if you want to help cast rays on Limit Break Radio, you're going to want to stay tuned. It's a lot to cover. And joining me to help cover this, we've got some fan favorites. Of course, Nika. What's going on, Nika? Uh, not much. Just chilling. Of course, dubbed the fan favorite from last time. No longer the fan favorite, but joining us here today. Juxtaposition. How you doing? I don't think you play this game anymore. And just I totally don't oh. play this game anymore. I don't think you were actually going to introduce me for seconds. I don't know why you did that. I thought I was going to be like a uh, like a surprise guest because I was just shoving my dog into my closet. Oh, why are you shoving your dog in the closet? Because it was barking. Oh, well, that's probably a pretty good reason. Anyway, oh, Juxta, Pete on the phone. Juxta, welcome to the show. Hope you are well. Thank you for being here today. And uh, we've also got Strife. Strife, it is so nice to hear from you again. How you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Hey, man. As always, it is uh, good to have you here. And... We have one additional 
uh, person joining us here today. And I'm excited that they are here back on the island of misfit broadcasters that is Limit Break Radio. Escalia, welcome back to Limit Break Radio. It's good to be back. It's like... You know, this is where you go, apparently, when you get fired from Checkpoint. This is the only place to go, and I love it. It's like, you, you mentioned earlier that it's in your blood, and it feels like like you never forget how to do this show, and it was incredibly just natural to like slide in, sit down in the chair, and oh, feels good to be back. By that, I meant Limit Break Radio is somewhat of a bloodborne disease, but um, your interpretation is actually much more poetic. Uh, Jux, I have a real quick question. Does your dog stop barking when you throw it in the in the in the closet? Will that make it stop barking? I mean, probably not. But like the closet's like on the other side, and it's like soundproof, so I, I assume it's still barking. <laughs> awesome. How do you have a soundproof like spot for your dog? Like, do you not? No, I don't. I, I have Nor a lot. Or if you have a dog. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's part of the equation. But I mean, like, you know, the other part of it is that, like, I mean, I have a lot of soundproofing in here, but I'm pretty sure that, like, if you listen very closely outside my door, you could probably hear me, you know, yelling, welcome, you know what I mean? Like, it just that it's, that's that's it's I'm impressed is what I'm saying. Your your dog shutting up abilities are pretty good. You still have the same neighbor upstairs. I do, Mister. That feet? neighbor is yeah, Mister. Cloppy feet. <laughs> that, Does that he's so upset? <laughs> he's got to be so confused as to what just happened downstairs. Oh yeah, he has no idea. But I mean, like he's he's had to get used to like me showering and singing at four in the morning because that's when I'm going to bed. So you know, I'm sure that there's been weirder. What do you sing in the shower? What's your what's your go to? Oh man, I've I've actually I've got a whole playlist. Uh, I my big go to is like Mike Doty and. Uh, uh, I'm I'm sure that that's a name that means no uh, nothing to I don't know anyone. Who that is. Um, he used to be in this band called Soul Coughing that was like an early '90s like weird hipstery uh, sort of. Uh, uh, thank you, Lloyd, for that for that sloppy drop. Um, he was he, it, like it was like sort of jazz fusiony. Anyway, we're getting off on a weird tangent, but yeah, he's got uh, he's got this weird sort of like lower register voice that uh, that I can imitate pretty well. But there's that, and then blues traveler every once in a while if I feel like screaming at the top of my lungs. Uh, so your neighbor loves that completely off key. Oh, absolutely. I just I think totally- frozen in the shower. Oh. I was totally going to make some kind of, How like... How basic, Nika. <laughs> it's oh, so shit. fun to belt in the shower with the echo and stuff. It's so ne- cool. Nika, you need to let it go, okay? Uh, wow, that's a 2003 <laughs> joke. <laughs> wow. It's anyway, not I, out of 2003. I don't even know what year it is anymore, okay? <laughs> anyway, I was going to make some kind of joke about how the whatever weird band that Anira was talking about in the beginning evolved into into wheezing, but I forgot what the first adjective was, so I just gave up on it. Soul. Soul coffee. Soul. Yeah, I like soul. I like them uh, when they transitioned into their soul wheezing uh, when they Jesus, became a fairy type. Try? Oh, my God. Oh, I'm glad we set job. up the bit. Oh, that, that, that was brutal. 
That Nate, you remember when we were talking before the show about how this show is guaranteed to run long? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I just I thought I'd remind you of that. Oh yeah, we're gonna be here for a while. Anyway, guys, yeah, we got so much to talk about here today. Uh, but um, you know, it, this being a reunion show. Uh, I think it is kind of important to to catch up with what everyone's been doing and uh, their personal lives. So a segment once removed from Limit Break Radio uh, to go back to the all the way back to the original Limit Break Radio. We're going to go ahead and start with some personal updates. Uh, and uh, uh, Escalia, since we have yeah. you here, it seems like, I don't know, maybe do you want to start? <laughs> Sure, I'll start things off. Since the last time uh, we did LBR, I have uh, gotten married, for one. I have a lovely it wife. Is, it has been a significantly long time since you have made an appearance on Limit Break Radio. It, yeah. Congratulations. Since, since 2017, I think, was the last time. 2018, maybe. It's been a minute. You were, uh, one of, but, you were actually one of the first people to sort of fall off on Limit Break Radio to concentrate oh, on right. other things. Uh, yeah, I definitely yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, it was... Uh, I got really out of this game in Stormblood. I I fell off hard. I had like my my uh, heel turn on LBR, where I was just like, you know what, I'm done with USC. I can't I can't do it anymore. And uh, that I mean, was only partially a bit. <laughs> to be fair, it was Stormblood. Yeah, it was really bad. Like it wasn't any good. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I noticed. Hey, we had Red Mage. Yeah, I suppose. Just, just kidding. Red Mage is bad. <laughs> hey, yeah, okay, there we was, go. It was fun. It's fun. Uh, so since then, yeah, I've, I've gotten married. Uh, I've uh, gone on to work on other projects and promptly been fired from them. So now I'm back. And uh, uh, right now, prompt. Pro- prompt. <laughs> I mean, like four years is not exactly yeah. prompt. Plus, you outlasted well. the Nero, so come on. That's right, I mean, true. I, I suppose that's true. I did outlast the Nero. Yeah, you uh, did. But I've still got four people who have outlasted me, so I don't feel too good about it. But anyway, uh, I am... Uh, I, by the way, I kid. I have nothing but good things to say about my time there, except for a couple things. Um, <laughs> so right now, I'm focusing on launching my own brand and uh, trying to get my own Twitch stream up to speed and up running, and that's really going to kick off here this week so i'm i'm pretty excited about and it follow me over twitch.tv slash escalia there you go that was going to be my very next question so yes exactly uh, uh so and i understand you're doing uh doing a little bit of fundraising uh to, yeah. to sort of get Jeez, the uh yeah. get the ball rolling yeah so uh one of the things this uh my studio here at home was not built for streaming it was built uh to be able to record stuff for radio if i needed to and uh, with COVID, I, I did, in fact, need to. So that worked out well. But um, uh, we need to get it up to speed for streaming. So this coming Saturday, July 3rd at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time, we're going to be playing uh, a game for uh, a fundraising purposes to try and raise money to get new streaming equipment in the studio. It's going to be Final Fantasy VIII because that's apparently the only thing I can play for a, a fundraising stream at this point. Uh, <laughs> just got to do all the, all the old bits. Why not? And, uh, just yeah, play we'll all the hits. To- Exactly. Get the band back together and play all the hits one more time. That's right. I mean, that's what we're doing here today, so that makes sense to me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah so we're going to be doing that. I have a GoFundMe set up. You can check all that out over on my Twitter. It's at Escalia, and you can follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Escalia. Please, if you can be there, I'd love to have you along. Whether you can make a contribution or not, uh, we're trying. My goal is to knock out all the requirements for affiliate status on Twitch on that day. So I'm going to be streaming every day this week leading up to it. 
while I uh, sort of knock out the seven days in a, a month uh, requirement, and then hopefully we'll be able to knock out all the remaining requirements on Saturday. Yeah, there you go. Nice, nice. Awesome. Well, Good luck. Yes, make sure yeah. that you join twitch.tv slash Escalia. Uh, the, the links are in the chat provided by Lloyd, uh, who, by the way, is standing by to take your calls. We'll have a little bit more information on that once we get into the show proper here. Um, but yeah, make sure that you join Escalia and uh, check out the uh, the GoFundMe as well. Uh, Nick Lloyd is such a podcast slut. Uh, yeah, I I, under, I understand you're doing like eight other Final Fantasy 14 podcasts. Like seriously, Lloyd, you definitely need to like branch out. Oh, we should bring him in here. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, you were calling Lloyd a podcast slut. I thought you were calling Ascalia a podcast slut. Because you know, because I'm definitely a slut, but not for podcasts. Well, but you're going to be on like nine other Final Fantasy 14 shows in the next couple uh, of weeks. It's, it's called collabing. Yeah, listen, okay. no, if you don't think I am about to whore myself out something fierce over the next two or three weeks here, it's it's about to get intense. I'm literally on uh, everyone, basically. Oh, God. Bathtub stream when? What's that? Bathtub stream when? Oh, no. Oh, bathtub stream. Listen, I, uh, uh, I think if we're going to do, like, the straight-up hot tub stream, we need to do, like, it needs to go to the next level. I don't know, like... You're going to see things you don't want to see. I'm That's just going to inspire a whole other category. It's going to inspire a whole other category, or I'm just going to get banned immediately. <laughs> yeah, I've given thought to ruining the the whole hot tubs, pools, and uh, whatever it is, water sports category. I don't know what it is. Um, well, since the last time I was... category for that now? <laughs> yeah, there is. There is, oh, yeah. Review God. bad Twitch. Come on. <laughs> so, uh, why didn't they the just... Was... Seriously, why didn't they just call it water sports? Like... Come on, if you're going to be honest about it, like that's what beach and hot tub streams are. It's water yes. sports. So Agreed. I don't understand. Is there something about the term water sports that is unsavory? Uh, listen, I should mention that one of the uh, tent poles of my new channel is going to be kink positivity. So we'll probably hey, talk about it go. at some point. It. There you go. There, there we go. We were able to to to. <laughs> Turn it, what turn it into a segue. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, since the last time I was here, I have started uh, hormone replacement therapy, so I now do have boobs. I just wanted to note that the boob fund finally did pay off. Hey, look <laughs> at that! Oh yeah, I forgot dreams about do, that. Dreams do come true. <laughs> Ultimate yeah. bit payoff. Look Hold at that! It was the long game, but we got there. Yes, yeah. finally. Well, congratulations. That's uh, that's excellent to to hear about. So um, it says confirmed. Escalia will show feet. That's for for sure. Yes, and we will dominate the golden shower category. So um, that we established yes. we established several things here. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, uh, Jesus! Decibels! Whoa! Oh, exploding the boob yeah. fund. <laughs> My After God! The time that's ever been legitly used? Yeah, that that emote. Uh, yeah, it's one of the few times that that has actually appeared. Look at that! That's a rarity. Uh, I wish they were that big, by the way. History in the making right now. I know, right? Uh, anyway, well, congratulations, Escalia. Uh, Thank you. Uh, you know, working on your own brand, that's a big undertaking. And, uh, you know, uh, all, the, all the best to you and, uh, and your, your new channel and, uh, and endeavors. So, again, make sure, make sure you go check it out. Uh, reclaiming the name Escalia. So yes. I, I, feel, I feel somehow responsible for this. 
Um, I, I think you definitely are. Okay. Well, that I'm 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 sorry then for. <laughs> yeah. Listen, <laughs> for uh, uh, our, ours has always been a relationship of constant apology and then forcing people to do it anyway. That's true. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, make sure you go follow Escalia on all of the different things. Um. And. <laughs> Really, the sixty-nine bits for the for boob. I mean, boob. I, thank thank you, Juxta. I appreciate that. You you could you could if you want, uh, you know, uh, uh, throw some uh, throw some Juxta drops out into the you know into the chat room. We've made it so that everyone can go do that. So uh, okay, literally, I have one thousand seven hundred channel points because I spent most of mine just making fun of Strife when he was failing in World of Warcraft. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> yes. okay. Then, okay, that's then I guess, I guess just pout. Just pout. <laughs> I'm pouting! I'm pouting! Get out! Down! You disgust me! What are the odds that... Do your job! Torquil and I would just, hit the same drop at the same moment. Why don't you... Oh my do God. your job! Now we're just going to get assaulted with Juxta Drops. Do your job! Yes. Oh my God. Okay, I get it. <laughs> We've replaced you effectively, Juxta. Yeah, let's sickness must be purged. I mean, I agree. Wow. Not wrong. It's not wrong. You know, now I don't really like. Wow, I don't like fighting against a drop board. <laughs> this isn't it's fun not, at all. Not fun. Oh, no, no, not better suits. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. did you even try? <laughs> Dude, we're Jesus. now. Did you even try? We're now getting assaulted by drops. Sloppy. <laughs> uh, I love that they're all the same ones all at the same time. I know, right? It's it's Jesus. Did you even try? You know what? We are trying. God damn you! Um, I'm like nine, so come on. We're all old now. I can't. I'm not young anymore. I'm sorry. This is hard. I know. I know. Uh, yeah, we're all old farts now. Why are y'all here? Who, who's here watching us old farts? Uh, 96 people. people. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Do your uh, job. Oh hey, phrasing. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, wow, that one was literally at the same time. That was that was excellent. Uh, you sloppy. <laughs> oh my god! You brought this upon yourself. Here's the thing. How long have people been farming points? That's a lot. That's I, exactly. This is a lot. You know what? This is good. This. You know what? This is good because the way that you accumulate points to be able to fire all of these juxta drops is by watching the channel more. So, in actuality, this should be an incentive for you to come and join me uh, Tuesday, Thursday, fr and Friday uh, for all of my various streams so that you can earn more chat points. Um, I mean, am I to gather that you at some point were streaming and said, it's just not the same if I don't have Juxta interrupting me all the time? You know what? Actually, uh, this feature, we, we, uh, we had started doing it for a thing that we do on Saturdays called Super Universe, uh, which which is uh, WWE 2K19, and we, we call the action for it. And we wanted a way to, like be able to like have the chat pop the crowd so they're not they're actually not in there right now um, but we Good to see the crew together again. Uh, thank you, Marcus. Appreciate it. Um, but that that's that's how that started. And then I was like, I wonder if Juxta Drops would be a fun thing to do. And uh, apparently I just got my answer on that one. So everything with Juxta is a fun thing. to It's not going that far. You know what? That's true. I, I have never done anything with Juxta that I didn't think was fun. And I would say that in front of a judge. Aww. Hey, phrasing. 
that one, that one was from me. Just so you know. There you go. go. Doesn't cost me any points. I have infinite points. So anyway, um, so yeah, let's uh, let's go ahead and move on. Nico, what have you been doing lately? I mean, not much more than last time, but now I'm kind of in this mode of I'm getting ready to go back to work, so I'm like looking for daycare and trying to figure out how I'm going to mentally handle not being with my baby anymore all day every day. I'm am I crazy or isn't it so good? No, I'm sad. Am am I crazy or didn't you just move? Oh yeah, I did. I did just. That seems like a pretty large (laughs) undertaking. I mean, it is. We're still kind of in the process, but yeah, we actually moved into the house that my uh, Surin grew up in from when he was like born until he was like six or seven. Very cool. So like, it's it's been really weird for him to like live in the house he was in when he was a kid. Well, uh, congratulations on the move and uh, and and going back to work. I know that that's a big step considering, uh, you know, uh, when everything locked down, uh, I was pretty happy to not have an office to go into. Um, So, you know, getting getting back to normal is uh, is uh, I've literally been home since my daughter was born last January. Wow. Like I did do some virtual teaching last spring and then I said, screw this. I am not working next year so like i literally have not gone to work in a year and a half well, and it'll be now, nice i mean it'll be nice like for social I mean, it is. you know like, social I'm, stuff yes. and, like, you know. Know. Definitely, <laughs> i definitely do you like, still ready. not have the chat points juxta i'm so sorry I ha- I st- i'm still at 1700 all right here i'll i'll like, do this i'll do this one for you do your job there you go oh thank you you're welcome yeah, so I'm definitely ready to like go back, see my coworkers, see the kids again. But like, it's gonna be hard that I've just been like the only person in my kids' life every day, all day, and then Sarah gets home and it's just us. Now I have to like have a daycare and. I mean, I know. Sit in your butt all day. I, I know how it is. I have a cat, so it's like the do you, same. Do you like drop your thing. cat off at daycare in the morning on the way to work? No, I just spend all day every day with it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> To the point, like, he he attacked me today for, like, no fucking... Because I was making the bed. I don't know. And I was like, what? This hasn't happened in, like, a year. What is going on? So, yeah, I I, I understand uh, deep interpersonal relationships because I have a cat. Um, anyway. That's, that's fair. Well, my daughter feels like a cat. She's at a phase now where it's definitely out of affection, but she only does it to me, where she walks up to behind me, rubs her head, like, in my legs, and then bites me. Yeah, my cat does that too. <laughs> yep, she's hold on. I'm, I'm sorry. Was that your cat or your daughter? <laughs> my child. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, at least, it, okay. So I basically have gotten the entire parenting experience. Good. To yeah. Know. Good. To yeah. Know. Pretty much. All right. Cool. Um, Juxta, what have you been doing lately? I know it's not playing Final Fantasy fourteen, but what? Oh if, God, no. <laughs> what have you been doing lately? I played that game in its entirety the first year I had it. <laughs> burn all right anyway um well well i've been doing like unlike nika during this pandemic i've actually been working more because guess what when you can't Jesus, go to restaurants try i never try when you uh can't go to restaurants you order delivery for pizza so mm-hmm. yeah i've been overworked like not overworked i've just been working Working and uh, collecting animals. I have two cats and a dog now. Might be getting a third cat that's outside. Sloppy. Outside. You're sloppy, Saskia. 
<laughs> um, yeah, just work, work, and uh, care of my child. How's your baby? Oh, she's doing good. Uh, she can like open all the doors now. So when like Ferris goes outside to vape, though she's not in the house, she goes and locks her out of the house. So she has to bring her keys <laughs> all the time. That's um, wow. Better suits. <laughs> a hero. Uh, we also let's uh, we drop her off at daycare three days a week, and she loves it. She can speak like basically full sentences now. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I mean they're like mumbly sentences, like a drunk baby said them. But I mean they have thought and meaning behind them, which is more than. I mean, I'm just what? saying it's impressive given who her father is. Like that's yeah, like, yeah. I, like I don't. It's commendable. Our babies need to meet and have a play date. Okay, you're coming over here sometime soon. Let's let's meet up. We can try. I'm only gonna be there for like three days. Hey, are you doing like anything for the Fourth of July? Because like I don't have any plans. Because oh, I want to find somewhere to go to fireworks. Let's go to fireworks. Okay, we'll do that because like my I was just gonna piggyback off my sister, and uh, apparently she's going to Florida and didn't even tell me. So, well, Florida is where smart and cool people hang out, obviously. Let's chat I, after yeah. this. We don't need to take up the show. <laughs> yeah. oh, also, I've been getting into Digimon playing cards. Uh, going yeah. pretty hard into that. That's my uh, midlife oh, crisis. Are you shitting me? <laughs> no, Hang the on. The game's actually good. He's not crazy. Wait a it's minute. It's a new get Digimon game. Oh, it's a I new have, game. I have some of the old ones. Oh, my God. No, it's completely different. The new one's completely different. Oh, my it's really God. Good. I didn't know there was a new one. It's brand new. It came out like last year. Not even. Oh, I didn't it, know that. Ju- yeah, listen, was- I just I listen. I know Juxta and and his problem with TCGs. Yeah, thank hey, you. Come on, come on. Thank you, Judge. I I yes, that I agree one. with. Um, but I mean, like, so how much have you? Uh, like, here's the thing: Have you been one of those people who has camped out the opening of a Kmart so that you can go buy packs? Fuck no. Oh, okay, good. That's that's my coworker. Nah. So, wait, do you give him money so that he can buy them for you? I mean, when he was camping out, I wasn't oh, into it. Oh, you. Like, so, no. So, uh-huh. but he would have, though. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. if I would have realized it was actually a good game, then yeah, probably. Can you order from, like, a local hobby shop, though? Why you gotta invade the Kmart? It's so weird. Dude, I have mean, you seen... Kmart is... Have you seen the video, uh, like some of the video that like of like people at like a Meyer or a Target and they're lit? It's grown men like like fighting ta- over Pokemon yeah. cards. It's, oh, yeah. in, it's actually crazy. It's, it's that's why Target's not selling Pokemon cards anymore. Yeah, yeah it got too toxic. It's <laughs> hilarious. No, someone got like- shot in the parking lot. <laughs> Wait, what? Some dude got shot in the parking lot over Pokemon cards. Yeah, I uh, I heard that. I mean, it's fair. Welcome to America. Yeah. Well, it's because people don't know how to, like, apparently stores don't know how to put them behind the glass and be like, you can only buy five. Listen, what? L- okay, one of the new video cards, you know, a 30 series, like, I can understand that, okay? Like, I'll shoot somebody in the parking lot for one of those. But, come on, Pokemon cards, seriously? Let, Get a let's grip. Let's that, by the way. Get a grip. Well, some like streamers or something like made them popular again, and suddenly everybody yeah. wanted them. Yeah. So ba- ba- basically, what happened was, yeah, uh, there was a couple streamers who had always been doing that, like opening old boxes of cards and finding old packs and finding rare cards. And then other streamers saw it; they wanted to get popular. They started doing it, and then yeah, it, it just steamrolled into this crazy trend. I know, like the OTK organization did it, and a whole bunch of other people. 
So yeah, it's it, it got out of hand in the span of like six months. I think it just like blew up. Well, Juxta, I'm glad to know that you're contributing to uh, some sort of toxic environment, even if it's not here at Limit Break Radio. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. Um, Strife, what have you been doing lately, man? Uh, unfortunately, pretty much just work, uh, trying to get through a bunch of stuff with my day job, um, preparing for the next WoW patch with my rating guild, and also finally uh, trying to gear up in 14 because I put it off for too long. And you've been uh, you've actually been streaming some WoW here on the channel, right? Yeah, I've been streaming Mythic Plus and other content on Wednesdays. Yeah, so make sure you join Strife on Wednesdays for uh, some WoW content. It's nice to have some WoW content on the channel. Uh, Speaking of WoW content, you know, I've noticed that there's been a bit of a trend lately on YouTube. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? It's, uh, you know, Final Fantasy, or it's WoW players trying Final Fantasy XIV and either jumping ship. I mean, Asmongold is one of the most recent... uh, uh, you know, uh, one to Lar. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, so, you know, I have, I have to admit, I have been thinking about, you know, what if I went the other way? You know, FF14 veteran tries wow. Sure, yeah. that would go. First of all, first of all, Nero, that'll go over like say, a wet fart. I know that, but. Well, I just want to say, I, I really appreciate your drunk uncle impression. First of all, did you, uh, did you hear about this thing? And uh, second of all, what? You don't want to play WoW. No, you're right. I don't. But I do want to make good content. So, and, you know, I kind of... Is that good content? Well, people seem to like me trashing on things. So, maybe. It might. I don't know. It depends. I've... uh, Literally, my only experience with WoW was like 27 levels on vanilla WoW. That was it. That was as far as I got. So this would be an entirely new experience for me. It would be MMO content on the channel. So you know what? I'm giving it some thought here, guys. I think it might be interesting. It might be an interesting experiment to try, you know, one day a week. A Nero investigates. Wow. It'll be a whole new series. It'll be done like, you know, JCS criminal psychology. This is the new, um, uh, you know, new mechanic that I had to adjust to when wow because we have nothing like this in final fantasy 14 you know i can just see the stupid freaking thumbnails of like a nero looking like super confused as like a wow characters (laughs) in the background yeah i can see it oh yeah yeah oh yeah listen the 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 easy content writes itself right so it's just like a nero plays wow question mark profit like i get it i this is just a simple follow a simple formula to follow Listen, minimum effort. That's the entire theory of entertainment right now. Uh, You know, you are not wrong. Uh, I have uh, definitely noticed that, too. So uh, anything else, Strife, that you've been uh, doing lately? work on a little side project which we can talk about later yeah we'll get to that i'm excited um so in terms of uh in terms of myself was there anyone that we missed i didn't i don't think i skipped over anyone this time did i all right cool. nope. all right so uh in terms of what i've been doing lately i'm getting uh ready to release a brand new project you may have heard the promo for it right at the beginning of the show called the daily drop it's going to be a monday through friday five minute podcast uh going to be uh released every morning and uh just going to go through through the uh, most recent gaming news, some of the most recent headlines, and uh, some of my takes on it. Um, uh, this is in partnership with uh, a uh, company called the S- uh, Sound That Brands, and um, I have been directed 
to be myself, to uh, have all of the hot takes that I would normally have if it would just me, because it is just me sitting in my second bedroom recording this on my own. So um, I told you that's what they want. They said that. Do you have that in writing? I, you know what? I do. I have that on an email somewhere. So that that's like a awesome. Night- that's a legal nightmare waiting to happen. I know, right? So uh, I have been. Uh, Listen, I might be down for this too if there's going to be hot cakes. Is that? Did I hear that correctly? Hotcakes? Uh, hot takes. Hot takes, Justa. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, make sure you check that out. The uh, feed should be going live this week. Again, it's called The Daily Drop. I'll have uh, an actual link for you uh, when, uh, you know, when it happens that uh, that it, you know, hits iTunes. Uh, also, I uh, just thought I should note that uh, I have also recently changed up my Twitter. At um, Nate Benderama is now a completely separate account. So if you haven't followed it yet, go follow it again. Um, and uh, the account that was previously at Nate Benderama has now become Nate Bender radio uh so that's going to be all of my thoughts on podcasting and the radio industry for all of my normal takes on uh gaming ff14 politics whatever you know you can ask me things i guess uh harass me dox me i don't give a fuck uh that's at nate benderama but it is a new account so you got to go follow it again so um other than that, I, I don't think I have a whole lot to uh, to report. We are going to talk uh, a little bit at the end of the show about, uh, you know, what what you guys can do to uh, cast rays on uh, the Limit Break Radio uh, podcast feed, the website, and even get new episodes of Limit Break Radio produced for Final Fantasy 14 and even Final Fantasy 11. So uh, we'll get into that deep into uh, into the show. So uh, stay tuned on that by the way uh if you want to join us live uh in studio uh because of course we got the uh the nice eye cam uh panning around that's of course in uh the sergeantana server the goblet ward uh number five plot 30 uh so if you want to come and wave to the camera or dance or i don't know what else um hang out in our in our weird uh sid shower i guess um you can yeah, come yeah you can come do all of that uh again sergeantana's uh uh, goblet ward plot uh, uh, goblet ward five plot number 30 so um also I'll, if you're out there listening and you're the owner of the free company who are you yeah oh i know who it is it's one of my real life friends oh good oh, so they're oh thank god they're gonna be willing yeah. to give it back if we so yes okay, she's good. just holding on to it until one of us is ready to take it back oh well i can oh, take it back oh, excellent whenever. yeah so, not so nice. i am shocked that that house was not the well, the right? thing is, is it it did randomly go to someone, and I logged on once, and I was like, "Who the heck is this?" And they were like, "AFK." Oh and no! So I was like, "Oh my god!" So I like stood there and stalked him until he responded to me, and then he was like, "I don't mind giving it back to you, but I put a lot of work into it while you guys were gone. So can I stay at, like a mod?" And I was like, "Sure." <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. yeah. And, and so then, uh, so then he gave it to me, and then it defaulted to my friend, and she's just been holding on to it for us. Wait, they gave it back to you, and then you let it lapse. Again? <laughs> yeah, but like it was a long time Jesus. later that it lapsed because, oh like, at that God. point, I was playing, and then baby got older, and I couldn't play anymore, and that happened. Jesus, did you even try? Do uh, your job. Oh my! You disgust me. Oh God, we're gonna get deluged with drops again. Anyway, um, 
All right. Well, there there you go. Uh, if you want to join us, Do that's how, that's how you can join us. If you want to call the show, Lloyd is standing by. Uh, exclamation point! Disgusting. All right. I I knew You're some kind of moron. You know that. I knew that we would be getting. There we go. There it is. If you want to the chat, controlled the world. Uh, if you want to join uh, the the program, if you want to call the program, uh, exclamation point Discord in the chat will get you a link to the Limit Break Radio Discord server. If you're already a member of the Discord server, uh, then uh, Lloyd is standing by in the Do on. Uh, thank you. I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> is is standing by in the on hold category. Uh, you can communicate uh, with him uh, in the LBR calls chat channel, or you can just pop into on hold and. Uh, he will uh, pass you along to us uh, when he is ready or when we're ready. We'll uh, we'll take your call on the show. So if you want to join us, we no longer do Skype. You know, it, uh, we you know, like if if we get back to making new shows, we, we may get back to using, uh, you know, some some different ways of uh, calling the show. Um, but for now, Discord seems to be sufficient. So, uh, again, exclamation point Discord in the chat if you would like to call the show um i just say this is classic lbr we are 40 minutes in it have not said one word about final fantasy well let's change that all right all right uh, oh, wait hold on hold on is this not a just a show about ourselves uh no. yeah no we no, it's about final fantasy 14 yeah we've got to you, talk about like the Shadowbringers uh expansion and all of the, yeah. the story you gonna talk about final fantasy 14 yeah this is yeah. like this is like the equivalent of our like spoilerific story discussion Oh, fuck this, I'm out. Peace out. Uh, Oh my god, I think he actually just left. Did he just... He did just leave. He did leave. He did did just leave. leave. What an asshole! (laughs) I mean, I saw this coming. Uh, I mean, yeah, no. He's also not even subbed. He's not in the studio. We don't need him. Let's be real, the bot does all his work. Uh, That's true. I mean, honestly, the chat room is doing a wonderful job of being Juxta. Maybe even a better uh, better job of being Juxta than Juxta. I agree with that. Yep, definitely. All right. Well, then, uh, you know what? I, I I think nothing lost there. Um, let's uh, let's go ahead and, and Jesus, did you even try? Uh, let's talk a little bit about what's been going on in a Smile Better Suits. A hero. Uh, let's talk about what's been going on in Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, not a lot of news, not a lot of official news anyway, uh, post-FanFest. We are now in our post-FanFest uh, waiting period uh, before the uh, uh, you know drop of the new expansion this fall. Except right? instead of it being July, we have to wait until Do November. Yeah, it's gonna. It's about to be a slog until like the press tour kicks off in like I don't know September. Yeah, it definitely, uh, definitely is gonna be a slog. And uh, I don't know. Listen, uh, if you have things that are undone, and and listen, there's a lot of uh, bazja that you can go do. Um, so there's plenty to keep you occupied. But yeah, I I, I I actually had to like go back and listen to some of our older shows to be like. Oh yeah, I forgot. It, it, most of the expansions that we would get would be in like midsummer. Oh yeah, uh, all of them. I think all the ones for all of them have been June or July. I think June or July. Yeah, I think the, we had one that was like 
the first week of July. Yeah. So uh, now officially in the waiting period for Endwalker, uh, we have gotten all of the story. We'll we'll get to five point five, but we have gotten all of the story uh, that we're going to get. I don't know what this shot is. What the hell? Um, Anyway, uh, but there has been one important piece of news and it is ooh so juicy and dramatic. Uh, the Final Fantasy XIV Twitch collaborative campaign uh, has officially started. Um, so there has been uh, this uh, this campaign that uh, Square Enix decided that they were going to do with select members of Twitch. Uh, and uh, just so you know, it's going on until August 24th. Basically, what you do is you go to one of these specially designated streams, um, and you, uh, if you gift, I believe, what is it, four subs, uh, cumulative of four subs, that you will get a fat chocobo mount. Ooh. Wait, that keep, sounds like keep, a- keep in mind that is any sub like a tier three or a tier four does not count as three or four subs it's Correct. individual so you might as well do tier one subs save yourself a few bucks yeah but so wait a minute that sounds like a really good collaboration i'm about to be a 14 streamer can i get in on that uh you can't i can't is, no. is it because i'm trans it's i know not, square's got a big thing about that well no, you know what i was gonna say no but you know what it might be um i, th- I think it is I'm, I'm going with that that's what the rest of the internet said so here's the thing is <laughs> is that uh there are a lot of names that i do recognize on here of course ethis asher is one uh Makes a sense. good good friend of the show uh it me jp uh another one uh, a very large streamer but someone that i have seen uh, spend quite uh, a lot of time playing final fantasy 14 we've also got mr happy and mtq captures uh, of course that makes all the sense in the world uh can, can, can i talk about one this? that doesn't make sense there's one that doesn't okay. make sense okay uh annie fuchsia who is a great streamer i actually do watch her occasionally but she was traditionally a wow streamer she had been streaming ff14 for like six days and they put her on the list I understand wow. why from a business perspective for outreach and everything sure. but to have her on there and not have more core 14 streamers and have such a small list that feels a little odd. So we've also yes, yeah, sp- uh, we've also got Spoffy and or Spoff- Spoofy Spoffy, I don't know Spoofy, how to yep. Spoff- Spoofy, okay. Yep. Uh, and uh, Zeppla HQ. So uh, of course, good friends of the show, uh, good personal friends that are on that list. But it's not about who's on that list. It's actually about who's not on that list and there have been two major complaints that i've seen is that there are not more medium to smaller size streamers that could really benefit from yeah, a this doesn't make sense let's gift subs to people who already have eight million I mean, they should have just opened up to the entire channel. Anyone streaming FF14 should have been eligible. I think I think that there are definitely a couple of different ways that you could have improved on this campaign for sure. Uh, so that's the first one is that there's not more medium and small streamers on there, which I mean, I kind of understand. But at the same time, and I know that someone out there is going to take this, uh, you know, piece of audio and take it to Reddit and be like, oh, a Nero's just mad that Limit Break 
Fake Radio wasn't one of the the uh, accounts chosen. And it's like, no, I get it. I don't stream FF14 all that often. Uh, even if we were still doing this show on a weekly basis and we had never, uh, you know, taken a break, I still don't think we probably would have been eligible for this. They don't know. We would have been eligible. They just wouldn't have picked us because uh, they, we know they don't. We just know they don't like us. Listen, it is a yes. pillar of this show that we understood that Square Enix was never going to do us a favor. So we, we've let go of that dream. And the yeah. one time we got invited to like the Stormblood Primo, prim, the, preview, yeah. we couldn't go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so, and, I mean, you know. So, so here's the thing: is that you know, uh, this is this does not come from a personal perspective. I have no axe to grind. I'm not upset with Square Enix uh, because my channel didn't get chosen uh, for this, whatever it is. You know what I mean? I can understand why medium and smaller streamers would have benefited from a campaign like this. I do understand why Square Enix kind of chose the size of the streams that they did. What I think is far more egregious is the second big complaint is the yeah. fact that there's not more black, indigenous, and people of color that are on this list. And I think that that is pretty egregious. Um, I understand. I also- is that a Square Enix thing or just like a Twitch viewership problem? Because it's also possible that people... Wrongly, okay. don't watch them. What about what about Sly? He's got a huge audience. Uh, yeah, just, just one example. Oh, right? that's, just, just that's one example. okay. That's true. That's yeah, true. That's, it doesn't make I mean, sense. That's, it doesn't that's, make sense. You have, you have at least two or three people in that category who have a huge audience, huge following. Why not pick them? Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and uh, you know, I I don't think it does much good for uh, you know. Uh, for for me to you know uh, uh, bray on about how this isn't fair, but I do think that listen, there's a lot of oversight here on this campaign. Square Enix could have done a lot better on this one, and especially in terms of representation. Now, some of the excuses that I've seen out there, like oh well, just look at the demographics of the channel. L- look at look at the faces of the people on the channel or on the uh, on the category. Uh, okay, so. What's your fucking point? Like, just because there is maybe more, uh, you know, white streamers in FF14 overall doesn't mean that you couldn't have done a better job of selecting a better cross section of actual players of this fucking game. That's very true. Like, dude. Uh, Like, you can get mad at me all you want because I'm complaining about it, but this, this, I don't know if this falls on Square Enix or if this falls on Twitch. I just don't. You know, we probably should have seen this coming when Square Enix put out the press release saying you must be this white to ride. Oof. (laughs) Oof. Oof. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to figure out from like a, a their side perspective if they had literally like Strife had just said anyone who's streaming as FF14 said is their game and people give subs on your channel you get codes I feel like people would go down the list and find a low streamer and do it and plenty of people would still donate to the big streamers too no I think you're right I, 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 I think you're completely right here's the thing is that even with this selective group 
uh the it has been fucked up like i saw messages the first couple of nights of the campaign uh i can't remember if i think it was from twitch that was saying like listen we're having problems being able to track all of these if you if you know you think that you gave a sub in air yeah so it's like if they did that campaign would it have even functioned because this one barely fucking functions so i don't know i think this was a big miss on square enix's point i think everyone who's bringing up the fact that you know representation really matters and uh you know really matters in uh, in in cases such as this i think they have a remarkably good point um and uh and yeah i i think that you know uh it falls on it falls on either i'm not again i don't know if it was square enix or if it was twitch or if it was a combination of both that made the selection of which channels were included but whoever it was both companies i'll give blame equally they need to do fucking better jesus did you even try they absolutely do need to do better but i mean as as a, a lgbtqi gamer coming out of pride month i can absolutely tell you that representation does matter so long as it's profitable uh, yeah, see, yeah, that, yeah i mean I'm telling that's like that's the thought in you're the industry. Wrong. You're I, I, you're not wrong. I mean, you know, uh, a supportive causes usually comes with uh, you know a, a profit motive. Um, I, I I I do think that uh, Square Enix has uh, has some issues here, and uh, they should probably address it. You know, um, I think it would be a good idea if they kind of got out in front of this and stopped letting, uh, you know, uh, those that feel aggrieved control the narrative. Because as long as uh, as as long as it's people like me who are like, hey, dude, do better, um, you know, it's it's going to continue, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, to be perceived negatively, I think, overall. So um, I think there's a better chance of Reen pushing Gaia against a wall and making out with her and Endwalker than them addressing this. I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, Baffo in the chat saying any streamer who uses ACT on stream got taken off the list. Mm, that's I think that was that was proven to be incorrect because Happy and other people have shown ACT on stream plenty yeah. of times. Uh, well, I don't know why that was going around? Uh, I don't. You kind of. I don't know. Um, here's the thing: is uh, you know, I think that there are some names on that list that are a special use case that really stand out that Square Enix knows are sort of the pillars of uh, of of their streaming community. And uh, yeah, I I think if you had taken Happy off of that list that there would have been some uh some more noted backlash That's on that true. so uh it may have been uh, uh you know just the the idea that you know for pr reasons maybe maybe not you know um i don't know I, it yeah again even if he did he's happy right so uh it's i i don't think that it's it's necessarily a uh uh you know the the same application of that rule across the board but uh again representation matters it 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 really does and uh you know i i think that uh whoever came up with that list needs to really go back and uh where they went wrong and um yeah so um that's uh that's the latest on that drama uh again if you'd like to call the show uh exclamation point discord in the chat 
Because listen, we're this is not just an echo chamber. We also want to get your opinions as well. Uh, exclamation point Discord in the chat and uh, let us know what your thoughts on uh, the FF14 Twitch collaborative campaign is. Um, all right, so uh, moving on, we are here to talk about Shadowbringers, and uh, we've got a lot to talk about uh, because there was, of course, a lot of story. Before we get into that though i do want to take uh at least one caller here uh so let's go ahead and uh go to peter from the gilgamesh server uh let's bring peter in to the show what's going on peter how you doing hey how's it going not bad how are you thanks for calling limit break radio thanks thanks for having me uh so thank you for uh giving us a heads up that you'd be on sunday so we can move uh maelstrom radio to fridays now oh yeah no no problem (laughs) no problem i'm i'm so glad that we uh we rescheduled this uh to be able to uh accommodate you so yeah i was i was watching that from the sidelines it was completely drama free yeah yeah no tension at all no none none whatsoever nothing none uh, but I do have an issue with the uh, Twitch X uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, Floor is uh, yours. Motion, yeah. Uh, you know, I you knew that there was a problem when the mount had more melanin than the streamers on the list. <laughs> oh, and Yikes. I made a YouTube video about it. I'm I'm Hispanic, and I made a YouTube video about it, and I learned real quick that uh there are a lot of people in the world that assume because i'm hispanic that i uh and i even mentioned in my video i i don't care that i'm on the list i'm we're not big enough to be on that list but apparently (laughs) apparently uh i'm racist for calling myself latinx uh i am racist and i i was wanted it to be for money reasons that uh for me to be on the list and oh yeah, yeah my yeah. heritage as a clutch uh, as, as a as a mace oh yeah uh no, I, so n- now that you've realized that how are you going to address it <laughs> oh i am now going <laughs> to push harder to grow so that everyone in the goddamn back of the room can hear my goddamn hispanic voice there you go so, 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 so no apology video then i mean here's oh, the no apo- no 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 <laughs> so what you're saying is that you you uh got called out for something and rather than back down like a wimp you're just gonna double down on it i know scary isn't it See, well i'm just saying it seems like you've learned from us really well here's the thing uh, yeah here's the here's the thing uh i can't help but notice that there were about like once we started talking about this subject we lost about uh 10 15 people on the stream who i have no other Uh-oh. i i can i can assume nothing else than those were 10 to 15 white supremacists that showed themselves out they have now been replaced with 10 more people who i assume are all really fucking cool and that's how that works that's how yeah, that works works is that every time you talk about something like this every time you shine a light on something like this someone's going to come and uh and and do a self-report and uh you know going to be like well you're this when really they know that that's what they are and uh try to label you i don't know a, a racist or a bigot or whatever it is um and the way you push back against that is you just show newer cooler people that have an understanding of the way that the world actually works works into the audience and you show those 15 closed-minded motherfuckers out so Nero, that's called cultivating an audience it is yes emphasis on the cult (laughs) (laughs) 
Just kidding. Which have you heard? We have a Patreon. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, you know, it's. I think it's. You know, of course, I'm prepared to get backlash for this because I get backlash for everything. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's. It just. It comes with the territory of having an opinion. Uh, but unfortunately, the fact is that you know, if you look, uh, what is the uh, common uh, denominator among many of those streamers? It starts to become. Very, very obvious what is lacking, what is not there. So, um, you know, uh, appreciate uh, both your take on it and, uh, you know, uh, just whenever you have an opinion, be prepared to, you know, get the backlash. That that always happens. Always, always. Appreciate the call. Uh, so, yeah, everyone, everyone, make sure you go check out Maelstrom Radio, especially their uh, five year anniversary show, which, by the way, I will mention that this show got moved in order to do. And I do make a special appearance on that show. So if you need a limit break radio reason to listen, you should definitely go check that out. So, uh, Pete, thanks very much for the call. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Welcome back, by the way. I can't thank- wait to see what else you guys do. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, you should probably wait until you hear more about the Patreon campaign before you welcome us back. But uh, we're, we're going to get there. Don't you don't you worry. Don't you worry. Um, anyway, uh, if you want to call uh, Limit Break Radio, uh, exclamation point Discord in the chat. Uh, Lloyd is standing by. To, Seriously, he's lonely. He needs he needs to talk to somebody. Guys, yeah, come on. Yeah, he's 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 crying alone to himself in that Discord channel. Someone someone be his friend. Um anyway, so yes, it is time to talk about Shadowbringer's story. All right. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. If you are somewhere in the middle of Shadowbringers, I don't know why you would be. Maybe you just picked up the game recently. I don't know. But for whatever reason, if you have not finished the story, we are going to be discussing the story. So uh we'd also love to hear your opinions about Shadowbringers uh and uh and the, the various story beats that we got because we got so much with this expansion um it it really was amazing and i i think i think the best place to start was with my initial reaction as a i would say at the time that we understood a little bit more about what Shadowbringers was going to be uh i was at that point very much a lapsed ff14 player a lapsed ff14 fan and my initial reaction was, oh, oh, we're going to a different universe, a different world. This is just a punt. They don't know what they're doing with the Garlean Empire storyline. They need more time to figure out how that's going to get to where it needs to go. This is a punt. And I was I was initially very disappointed with the idea that we would have to go somewhere else other than Aorzia to be able to continue uh, the the Final Fantasy 14 storyline. And um, I have to say, uh, almost immediately uh, after picking up and and starting to play uh, Shadowbringers, um, that that sort of concern was. Uh, uh, alleviated. Um, I think yeah. we we got we got an enormous amount of uh, relevant lore and story out of uh, Shadowbringers, and uh, you know what? I, I you know this this may be one of uh, the best examples of storytelling in an RPG and maybe even a video game that I've encountered in a very 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 long time. Uh, yeah. so I, I was so checked out of 
14 by that point. Like, it, it was, I think patch 5.1 came out by the time I even knew what the story of Shadowbringers kind of, like, was about that we were even going to another world. And uh, people were starting to, like, blow up my timeline all the time saying, wow, actually 14 is good again. It's actually fun. Yeah. And I, I, I was, I, for a long time, I just put up my hands like, guys, I'm out. I'm not doing it. I don't care. I can't get back in. It's not happening. And then, like an addict, I dipped a toe back in and said, you know what? I can have one beer. It'll be fine. And now I'm doing benders every week. It's not good. Oh, I, right. I you know what? I did the same thing with Final Fantasy Eleven. I understand completely. And you're a so, why? Why? It's a bigger uh, discussion. You know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a whole nother. That's a whole segment. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, ha- I have I have an afterglowed catalog now. Not I didn't I didn't just relapse on the heroin. I I am like like fucking like like complete like I'm staying in a fucking squat and yeah. robbing people I- for money to buy to buy more Final Fantasy 11. OK, did you I didn't- say segment? I meant intervention. Sorry, guys. Let me. Clarify. Yeah, exactly. You did. You did heroin and then said this isn't hard enough. Give me relic. Not, not only blood. not only did I do heroin. I was like, OK, let's let's go ahead and stream it. So I got other people hooked on FF 11 as well. So You're if you man. if you, you can jump. If you don't un- listen, okay. If you don't understand the metaphor that we're drawing here, it is Final Fantasy Eleven is like heroin. It is. Uh, it very much is. This is not. Say, there have been so many things that Eleven has been compared to over the years, and not a one of them is good. No, like, it's yeah, either right. it's either compared to spousal abuse or drugs. There's it's never something nice. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. Um. Anyway, so uh, yeah, we uh uh, uh, uh Shadowbringers was um of of course a uh, a huge success brought uh, not only us back to the game uh, as players, but uh, also a ton of new people. I mean, there have just been so many people that have uh, checked out uh, Final Fantasy XIV uh, in the last couple of years, partly because uh, a very bad WoW expansion, um, but also uh, because, you know, th- this game really uh, deserves a lot of the praise that it gets. Stormblood was, I think, a very rare dip in quality but um i would say that that shadowbringers even ranks above heaven's word for me it's not quite as good as 2.0 uh 2.0 is maybe the most satisfying you know like hey we blew up the world and now we're coming back from it like it was from a storytelling point of view was maybe one of the most yeah. insane things that has ever been done um yeah. but shadowbringers is a close second man it i really say is. that for me for me 2.0 only uh, holds up in that way in the context of if you were a 1.0 player and experienced it. If you went and just played 2.0 and that was your starting point, it it's it's weaker than all the other expansions. True. Like yeah. it is it is not particularly good. But I think Shadowbringers outshines all of them. So that, I'm blown so, away. So yes. now so now all that said, all of that praise said. I, I also feel like, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who hear this and, is, and are like, oh, well, Limit Break Radio has changed. They're, they're, they're praising the game. What is this? Uh, yeah. For all of these really good things and all of the great things that they did narratively, they didn't change anything that was among my chief complaints about the game, which was the structure right. of the end game. Um, you know, we still get uh, we still get raids in the exact 
same format. We still get content in the exact same format. Dungeons haven't changed. What has changed is my approach to playing Final Fantasy XIV that has allowed me to enjoy it quite a bit more. Uh, I'm not logging on every week and uh, grinding tomes. Um, you know, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm. I'm basically doing all of the story stuff and then completely checking out, and that has really uh, allowed me to come back to uh, the game that I genuinely enjoy and enjoy it for maybe its best quality. What's well, the difference, right, between doing LBR every week and kind of doing a reunion show every now and then is now when you think something is stupid, we either do it once or we don't do it. True. And we just say, whatever, I don't have to do that. But even, even all that aside, I have taken one lesson above all that I learned on LBR, and that is when you do good things, we say nice things, and when you do dumb things, we say mean things. True. And half of that is a lot of the time they did what we viewed as dumb things so we said mean things and here the thousand year tree (laughs) exactly yes and so now we have to pay up on the other half of that and when they do something well we're gonna say they did yes absolutely absolutely and 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 circling back to the the story of shadowbringers i think what got a lot of people into it this time is there's this trope for like anime and manga called isekai means transported to another world and that's effectively what shadowbringers was it was like final fantasy isekai edition absolutely uh as someone with trash taste yeah i can't get enough of that shit and i think a lot of people are the are the same way and i I, I think usually in an isekai it's a regular person who gets sent to another world we're already a deity slayer getting sent to another world oh trust me isekais have branched out it's uh it's crazy now but oh, yeah, great. It's, yeah, it's it's it gets weird. Uh, so I'm a spider. So what? Anyway, um, a lot of examples. But basically, uh, Zeldoria says I'm calling them out. <laughs> hey, you re- you remember when anime just had good titles instead of just the plot synopsis as the title? Now, well, every, every light novel is not manga now, so that's where that came from. Yeah, the big long sentences like uh, I'm a vending machine in another dungeon. So you know what? Yep, that's a real thing. Anyway, uh, yeah, so because it's an isekai, I think Shadowbringers uh, kind of drew people in a little easier then, because a lot of people that had lapsed, they weren't just coming back to that plot line of Stormblood with True. The, with everything, right? They were coming back to this fresh new world and this new experience. And it was great that eventually it tied back into what they knew, but I think that's what hooked everyone at the start. It was, this is all new. This is a whole new world. No, and, I, and I loved that. I think you're right, because, you know, there's a very important narrative device of being able to push the reset button where, you know, if if there are characters that, you know, even the writers or the audience have a special attachment to, um, it allows you to kind of break away from that and, uh, you know, start a whole new cast of compelling characters, which is what we got here. I think, you know, for all of the, the scions that we knew, you know, they were different enough uh, in, in their uh, depiction in Shadow bringers um and of the new companions that we got as well i think that there was a lot that was you know both mysterious and compelling in here that made those those uh characters uh much much easier to uh get attached to and feel a little bit of danger for because you know shit they're they're kind of temporal characters they can you know they're the writers and the audience are not going to have the same amount of attachment and if you create a character specifically to kill it you know what i mean like if you as a creator know that that's where that's going to go it has a it has a 
uh, a way of making most characters feel very unsafe. You know what I mean? Um, so I, I think that's what I appreciated. I think that we also got a, uh, a variety of villains in this expansion specifically that broke the mold of what we had come to real uh, recognize as a Final Fantasy fourteen villain. And oh, thank God, too. And, yes, absolutely. Very much needed. I mean, you know, just Ranjit alone, I think, brought a whole new sort of appreciation to, like, you know, the, the motivations of a lot of these villains are very complicated and, and, in a way, set you up for the revelations of both Emmett Selk and Elidibus a little bit later on, and and I think that that had a, I, I, you know, by the end of 5.3, I was like, oh my God, am I starting to, am I starting to empathize a little bit with, with the Asians? Like, yeah. that's really yeah. impressive. Like, that I, alone I, as a narrative feat is so fucking impressive. I spent a long time trying to figure out if I thought Emmett Selk was the greatest villain they've ever created because um xenos was that bland and awful or if he actually is just really really good like maybe it was just my cynicism going like maybe it maybe it's just because we, we've gotten nothing for like two expansions now but no i think he actually is he is incredibly compelling i no, i think i think you're right i think both as as you know the the sort of assian character with grand machinations and that is pulling the strings from behind the scenes that 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 is automatically compelling but at the same time though he's you know he's he's one of these really excellent villains that is you know charismatic i mean just look at how many people want to boink emmett selk like there there is yeah, that's a weird trend it's that i did so not expect weird. to see it's like, so weird there's a lot of ships that i understand but i'm sitting there like was there a lot of sexual tension between the warrior of light and emmett selk is it the, is it the it. ombre hair or what like what is it specific it's gotta be, it's gotta be the hair it's got that's what i think it is yeah and so, listen, he's, he's so, a very handsome man but i'm just you know so look you know what it is, is that they did differently though with him as a villain more than anything else and it's kind of subtle but i think people miss it it's that the fact that he was with us for most of the journey they don't yeah. do that usually yep. that you know that's that's so different because most of the time the villain is just hey they pop up a cutscene of meanwhile in the villain's lair and you know he's fucking off doing whatever yeah. you know plotting something and, right. and then we don't see him until the very end it's a big climax we killed the bad person but with emmett selch he's a companion almost or at least a constant presence and that's new yeah well and not only that is you get a lot of interesting uh, moments with him uh, where he said, I said at one point, if I could ask the lore team, like any question, and they had to answer it honestly for me, my question would be, is Emmett Selk telling the truth when he says he genuinely considered taking you on as an ally? Because I, I, I would kill to know the answer to that question. I mean, I, I believe it just based on yeah. the narrative. I, I'd like to believe that. Yeah, I do, too. Um, all right. So so let's let's you know, before we get to, to all of these big revelations, um, yeah. let's 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 talk about where the expansion started, because uh, the very last thing that we uh, are, are, are uh, informed of in uh, Stormblood is that our, our Scion companions all have one after another uh, fallen into this deep uh, trance or deep sleep. And uh, we're, we're quite concerned about what's going on with them. There's this big confrontation between us and Xenos where uh, we get, you know, kind of 
bonked out not bonked out but like the crystal exarch expo- exposes himself is the wrong word um, no no it's the right word i mean oh, okay all right yeah so the crystal exarch and the whole internet is too the the crystal exarch shows up he shows us his wiener uh from underneath the robe and says uh go find something uh down at uh at the crystal tower so uh what do we do uh we we clearly want to see more of his crystal dong so we go to the crystal tower and uh we find a thing and that thing yeah. is the uh uh ironworks emblem that then uh transports us hey phrasing no that is all purposeful i did I, that all i remember that can i just say by the way that that moment finally answered a question for me that like i've been wanting an answer to and that is like how come no villain ever attacks us when we have an echo vision like one of these times we're like we're like getting ready to fight the bad guy and we just put our hand up to our head and start having like the worst migraine ever how come no villain just goes like well this seems like a good chance to kill the warrior of light i'm into it that's kind of finally that's kind of a good point i mean i wonder if it's more like we see it in like a split second and so to them it looks like we just like wins a little bit but to us it really feels longer and that the could villains be. of this game just think the warrior of light has chronic migraines yeah yes yeah like they're all ready with some excedrin like here come on can we get to the point um <laughs> exactly anyway, all right so so anyway we find uh the the um you know the ironwork symbol get transported to the first it's all very confusing because everything is purple and uh we are uh very quickly introduced to sin eaters uh as the primary monster that we're going to be fighting throughout the entire expansion and uh, also, we are introduced very quickly to the Crystal Exarch, the uh, area of Lakeland, and the Crystarium. And uh, I thought that this was really cool because, like, you know, one of the things that interests me the most about Final Fantasy XIV is the way that the world functions and the way that the world connects. And and initially, I was a bit bummed out because it's like, ah, oh, there's no, you know, there's like. Eorzea isn't expanded. I get to I have to get used to this new this new world. But what was really interesting is like Lakeland is very much like like I I have to assume since other areas are kind of similar to Eorzea that Lakeland would be what we could have expected um you know obviously not turned purple uh had uh the area of mordona not gotten uh you know partially annihilated in mm-hmm. uh, the the very opening cutscene for 1.0 so i i ended up having this really interesting you know series of of sessions where i explored the world and then would go back to their eorzean counterpart and see you know what was uh similar and what was different and and i think that that was maybe the most uh the 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 area that was uh most different from its eorzean counterpart um i i really like norverin as as a setting and as a world and i also thought it was really creative how they sort of put limitations on what exists in the world and where it exists with the flood of light yeah i think like that was a very good way of them not having to explain a whole new world to us like that it's just one small region that hasn't been consumed by light and you're going to go there don't ask us about the rest of it it's not important um because if they hadn't we would be asking like well what about the rest of the first like can we see that exactly so 
I, I think it was good that they limited us in in that aspect. And when we get, and they even to Nora paid Brand, that off. Like they even yes. knew they even knew that that's what people like. That's where people's heads would go, and that's why that's why they designed the Eden raid the way that they did. They actually exactly. paid that off. I thought that that was great. Yep. Uh, so uh, we obviously get to this world and we find out that it's oppressed by the light. Uh, the, this is a world where light is way too out of balance. It is way oppressive. Uh, and it, it it's playing on, like, let's be honest, they just ripped off the Rhapsody's of Vanity Hill storyline from uh, Final Fantasy XI. But it, it's, it's a good story. It, it is talking about what if you guys did your job too freaking well? Yeah, yeah, what if you tilted the balance in the, the wrong direction? Mm-hmm. There has to be darkness for there to be light, and we see the the kind of results that like light as we know it is just another of the elements that uh, can be manipulated. And it, it, it's interesting because what Shadowbringers did a lot of is to um, take a lot of the things that we knew for fact, uh, that, or that we at least assumed for fact, and turn them on their head and give us a new understanding of the way the world works and the way that calamities work. I thought Shadowbringers did a lot of that, especially in the Ilmeg section. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Um, uh, by the way, there's a series of three videos from our good friend Ethis Asher uh, who uh, you know goes through and and basically does exactly that like he explains like what we thought we knew and now what we know uh given the revelations of uh of shadowbringers and uh i I, by the way i loved that series it's a series of three videos if you haven't watched it you should go check it out um but i'm i'm still not entirely sure that i i fully understood or fully grasped all of the concepts that are in there because one of the things that he notes is that you know um uh, the the polar opposites that we had identified as astral and umbral and that Norvrin sort of uh, uh, identifies as light and dark are more forces of uh, movement and stasis right and I thought that that was yep. that was a really interesting you know because that's that's really what so much of the Shadowbringer story is all about is showing the way uh, like what happens when Aether stagnates in people. That's really, you know, the entire, uh, you know, sickness that uh, leads to the, um, you know, sin eater uh, mm-hmm. changing process. And I think that that's really, you know, that uh, uh, there's something I, th- I feel like that they were hinting at something bigger there, um, but that I, I maybe didn't fully understand or grasp what they were getting at. Um, right. oh, I think your answer actually comes in in final fantasy 11 right when when you see the empty spreading across the land and it it becomes uh uh um Altana speaks to you and yeah. talks to you about the need for the two to, to do battle with one another because you cannot have the light went out and you cannot have the darkness went out. We see the same thing here, right? Uh, uh, Heidelin's light is, is stagnation and peace versus Zodiac's darkness, which is chaos and change. Right. And, if, and we, as the warriors of light, are trying to create peace, and, and, but with peace comes that stagnation you need to have the 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 machinations of garlemald to affect change in the world and to keep everything from stagnating and becoming like the first and i think that's what they're trying to show us is that there is a necessary things have to change not everything can stay the same and i took that as very much the writers and the creators of the game talking about the game itself and saying 
not everything can stay the same forever. At some point, things are going to have to change, and I feel like it's a big lead into Endwalker. Yeah, except I mean, it's ironic. Got, but Escalia, I have to kill chaos, though. Well, you, I mean, listen, we have to, we have to kill <laughs> we have, chaos. We have to kill chaos. Listen, yeah. it's the most bland, boring main character in history. But man, that gameplay was fun. I'm sure it is. But uh, did it, you kill chaos? Yeah, did you? I, uh, I have, I have yet to slay chaos. Chaos. <laughs> That has to be a line somewhere in that. Like, you can't... The, he repeated, I have to kill Chaos, like, nine yeah. different times. So I'm I'm, a, oh. I'm fully waiting for Wait. just the one voice line of, Chaos! I think they're just oh trying God. to finally explain why Garland's name changed to Chaos when you finally or, fight him as a final here, boss. Hang on, can or, I... Or I, hot, hot take, they didn't finish the voice acting, and that's all the lines they had. Here's the thing. All right, 81 people watching us right now. I need absolutely every last person to go, and, and someone needs to make the change.org petition, but I need Matt Barry to voice the this main character. So instead, you know, it'd be like, Chaos! Like, that to me would be the greatest shit ever let's get I, matt berry as the voice actor for whatever that shitty game is strangers of paradise or whatever yeah Origins sure or something what yeah there's a lot of words i'm sure there's there's words yeah i think it's like final fantasy origin strangers in paradise or something yeah welcome to paradise whatever sure it's so welcome to paradise yeah 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 Burn out paradise okay all right um, but, uh, but anyway, so yeah, we get a huge lore dump with the crystal exarch, uh, who explains sort of the, w- the, the, the nature of the world sort of like as they exist currently, um, where, you know, and, and sort of explained a little bit about the calamities, um, it, without, uh, explaining any of the ASEAN machinations that are behind them. So when a world like the first, would start to experience some ethereal fluctuations that aether that excess aether would start to be funneled back to the source and when it would it would start to create uh you know strange weathered patterns in uh in association with the uh element that was currently being absorbed until it reached a critical mass moment uh which would have been um you know something like the flood on the first that would end up creating so much energy back channeled into the source that it would end up creating a calamity of that corresponding element is that right did i have that right i i I watched very close i watched that sequence like four different times this week in order to try to have some basic understanding of what the fuck they were trying to say there and that's the best that i could come up with so something something I've been wondering about because I was looking through the lore book. I think it was the first one, if I remember correctly. It might have been the yeah, it was the first one. Um, and I know that the calamities that occurred, um, which supposedly, according to the revelations, they were all based on uh, one of these shards uh, yes. dying, right? Right. So each calamity was a different element. Like the third umbral era, era was fire. The second was lightning. Um, for, I think the first might have been wind. wind. Yeah. Fifth was the yeah. flood, I believe. Yeah, exactly. And then the uh, the fourth was earth. Fifth was ice. Yeah. Fifth and, was ice. and and don't, so, for, don't forget about the void, which was darkness, except they, whatever the Asians do to channel that energy back to the source, they, they didn't do that uh, yeah, with, with the 13th. They they uh that was the first one that they tried to do. Correct. And whatever they did, they goofed up. 
and created a useless, awful void. And even they kind of recognized, like, yeah, no, that was our biggest failure. Like, we, we fucked up. Well, right. what's what's here's what's insane about that is that they would do it, fail so spectacularly at it, and then go, okay, well, there's still twelve of these motherfuckers that we have a chance to do. They're, like if they had gone through rejoining twelve of those, what would they have done with the void exactly? Like, I mean, just hope it works out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like that's that's basically. I mean, throughout the storyline, that's all we have to assume. Like they don't have a fucking plan for the void, and nope. and even they acknowledge, like, yeah, that was a spectacular failure. But we continued to murder billions of people in order to justify, you know, the, the ends justify the means. Well, well that's or, what's so important, or, right? Like we we need to remember, like as as good a job as this story did at kind of making you sympathize with the Asians a good bit that's where it's easy for you to remember like but they're still the villains it also still it also expose their crimes absolutely right. they're like they're they're moral crimes like yeah, yes. i i think you know I, I, there there is listen there is a a moral center here and that is like yeah the how different are the Asians from us where we would do anything you know uh you know there's no there's no length that we wouldn't go to in order to save Eorzea to save this world which who by the way we saw destroyed before our eyes once before so yeah of course we would do anything but it's just a, so just did they of, so did yeah. the Asians. and and by the way how many countless bodies have we left in our wake uh right. you know it's, to to justify our ends i think that yeah, those it, are those are all very valid questions yeah it's it's exactly it's not about good versus evil it's about perspective uh, from our perspective the world as it is today is what's worth preserving yeah. and from their perspective the world as it once was is what's worth preserving and either side will fight to the tooth and nail and i think emmett selch and and the warrior of light even acknowledged like it's not about you know they understand each other they came to an understanding they just can't agree yeah right well i think that's kind of what what's important too is the uh that perspective that we both have what what the warrior of light and the scions do we we, we see it as defending ourselves and and trying to create a better world which is also what the Asians are doing but uh, we we get a, a I don't know if, I don't want to say it's a slip of the tongue but we get a little look truly into Emmett Selk's mindset when he uh, gives us the line I do not consider you to be truly a law or go I would not be guilty of murder if I killed you yeah that there is a superiority there where they truly believe us to be cattle yeah We're not actually well, because, important we don't matter because you're just a piece of a real person in their Correct. mind you're 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 a fragment and you're not you don't matter because until you're rejoined you're not even real so what's the what what does it matter if they kill you you're just going to get rejoined and then you'll be real again and it'll be right. fine right it, so it, as we get into we as we get into it, we kind of understand like there's so there's these things there's light wardens right and they are what are creating the sin eaters and creating this oppressive light and we this time around as the warriors of light are going to be tasked with slaying those sin eaters and fixing this world of too much light that we've created i love the parallel uh the warriors of dark small correct correct yes uh so uh i think that this is a good spot to sort of talk about you know the flood of light and minfilia's role in 
the first in Norvrant um, because uh, you know it, it the 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 story that we're told is that a hundred years ago uh, from uh, when we're there uh, our Minfilia from our universe showed up to successfully halt the flood where it is in fact we see this scene several times both through um, you know the echo and through uh, Ardbert as well and um you know i i think it's i think this is a a very interesting way to sort of conclude the entire arc of menphilia i it, uh, first of all my question to you guys do you think that this is indeed the end of the menphilia arc because i mean we I, even went back I to flumen and I mean, and and told her you know the news and stuff so i i think it's the end of menphilia as an individual but i think this menphilia is heidelin bs will there'll be some form of representation. Oh, okay, that's true. Because they're saying that this is the next storyline is going to be the end of the Zodiac Heidelin yeah. story. So I feel like they'd have to bring it back somehow. Yo. I thought... Yo. Yo. I thought for sure that we would see more of Minfilia until the ending of 5.5. Now I don't believe that anymore. I, I think that there's going to be... There's she's still going to have a role to play if it's not her directly her visage, you know, like I think that the, if if we're going to have to face off against Heidelin or some representation of Heidelin, which from all indications seems like that's the direction that it's going. If we're, if not a uh, confrontation with, you know, Zodiac or Heidelin or one of their champions. And, you, you know, like, I'm not sure, uh, you know, especially after after, um, you know, Shadowbringers that they could they could play with that dichotomy quite a bit. Um, so I'm not sure in the end who which of these, you know, deities were going to be tasked with uh, fighting against. But, uh, you know, part of me does think that it's going to be Heidelin. Um, and if it is, who who would be more difficult to face off against uh, from the point of view of the Warrior of Light than Menphilia? I mean, that's that's totally a possibility. My takeaway from it after the end of the expansion is that uh, Xenos will uh, become Zodiac's champion or already is Zodiac's equivalent to us. I think that that's us. fair, yeah. yeah. And then and we'll be Heidelins, and it'll be... We'll basically... Basically, I think we're going to each absorb all the ether of our god, and we're going to do battle. Yep. So after Minfilia showed up and stopped the flood, she vanished, disappeared. Um, we we do get to, to sort of have... Uh, uh, a, a, a bit of resolution between her and Thancred. Um, but, uh, you know, other than that, like there's the, that's it. Like she's gone. Uh, Fifteen years later, though, there's another girl that ends up showing up uh, who looks very similar to Minfilia um, shows up in Yulm or I'm sorry. Was it Vobert? Yeah, Vobert. Yeah. Uh, and um, joins with the kingdom against the Sin Eaters, finds that she has. Uh, you know, some of the self-same abilities, uh, you know, to, to not be impacted by the Sin Eaters, but she dies in battle and her dying words are Minfilia will return. So there has been this prophecy that is continually being filled of Minfilia's being reborn, which is a really important pl 
plot point, especially when we come to talk about Ranjit, uh, because Ranjit has been responsible for training generations of these Minfilias to at first fulfill their duty of fighting against the Sin Eaters, whether they wanted to or not. But eventually, because, uh, you know, uh, Yulmore uh, ended up, uh, you know, uh, sort of allying themselves with the Sin Eaters, uh, you know, basically keeping her captive. And I, listen, I think we get a delightfully complex villain with Ranjit. Ranjit was maybe one of my favorite parts of the entire expansion, um, you know, mostly because, it, you know, on uh, he's he's this sort of like outwardly gruff character that you know it very much does seem like a drill sergeant someone who would uh you know be be training troops and stuff like that um but you can also kind of tell that he has this like sort of soft spot for minfilia and it takes a while before you start to realize oh it's because he's seen a lot of them die like he's been responsible for training them and sending them out into battle and watching them die so you know while this you know while yeah he's he might just be following orders from that fat piece of shit vothri he he there is it also comes from this i think a very selfish place and and i think that that is a a fascinating layer of complexity to add to a villain yeah ranjit is is a very um he is a very interesting example of someone who's given up hope. Uh, he is someone who, in another lifetime, would have been a warrior of light, would have been someone like us who was going to fight against all odds and has just time and time again, whether it was because he was watching various Minfilias go to their death in a meaningless struggle or watching Yul Morins be turned to Sin Eaters. Like, we, it's hard for us to remember sometimes because we are there for relatively so little time. But we see uh, the scene in Amarang of Tesleen becoming a oh, yeah. Sin Eater, which is one of the most one of the greatest. visceral, yeah, one yeah. of the most oh, visceral things they've ever put on screen. That shocked me, for sure. Dude, that was literally, I was like, they yeah. went there. They sure did. It was brutal uh, and inspired a thousand hentais, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, listen, like, the people of the first see that kind of thing regularly. Yeah. That is their life. Yeah. That is what they experience. And you can you can have a great deal of sympathy for this man who is by you know by his appearance is later in life and has watched for years this kind of stuff happen and has given up. It is it is a really good follow up on some of the stories and themes that we saw in Stormblood with people who are oppressed yeah. uh, and have given up and have just accepted their lot in life. That Ranjit is the logical conclusion of that story. It, it, well, I mean, just to draw a direct comparison to where Ranjit was positioned in the storyline, Ranjit was this expansion's fucking Yatsuyu. And I, dude, I will yeah. take a hundred uh, uh, Ranjits over Yotsuyu anytime. Like there was, like Yotsuyu didn't even ever, ever have like a satisfying resolution. Like, dude, Ranjit was a much more compelling villain. I hated him before I felt sorry for him or before I empathized with him at all, and then yep. I continued to hate him. I, that's such a great quality in a villain. It, it is that you can feel empathy 
but still go, but you're detestable, and I have to stop you. Absolutely. Uh, I, again, I think most that was supposed to be the the takeaway, at least on, uh, or, or at least a similar takeaway on Emmett Selk. But again, the um, the the you know the the horny stick, the horny bonks got uh, overrode that. Ranjit, no one was getting horny for Ranjit. I get that, but like, Ranjit didn't have a sassy <laughs> hand wave. If he had had the, by the way, yeah. It is the greatest failure on Square Enix's part, and and I mean maybe outside of their choices for their Twitch collaboration, uh, it is their greatest failure that that sassy hand wave isn't in the cash shop. They'd make a billion dollars. <laughs> You're not wrong. You are so. You are not wrong. Do you remember the scene early on? I think it's where near in the Great Wood, and Emmett Selch is with the party, and they show up to like attack you or whatever, and he's just like, okay, I'm just gonna go now. Yeah. yeah, I'm not, he, I'm not he, putting he, up he, with this. And he just fucks off and it was like, wait, where'd one of them go? Like, I just, right. I'm sorry, but I just love that. That was my that was like that was when I knew I was gonna love Emmett Selfs' character. He's it, just like, all right, I'm out. The multiple times where he's just like, Okay, well this is boring anyway, you can deal with this, which I mean, of course it accomplishes two things. If we actually have Emmett Selk hanging out with us and helping us constantly, we're gonna be fine. There's nothing that's gonna cause a problem for yeah, us. So they yeah, have yeah. to explain why he leaves. True. But it is really good for his character. Like it, it right. fits him absolutely yeah. also the, atti- if the attitude was just incredible the whole way through just like like when he where they're like oh yeah we lost uh what's her name uh yashtola and we can't get her back he goes oh she was i can do to- i can just grab her soul free like i can yeah, yeah. literally yeah. <laughs> I, I can fix that real quick don't worry just, about let it let me just let me just pluck this soul out of here real quick no yeah. big deal yeah Roktika, by the way has the my favorite line Ever in Final Fantasy fourteen, I think. Uh, I mean that everyone does love that one. No. It's uh it's in the scene that you're talking about where you get to Roktika, you get to that first like destroyed town, and Emmett Selk is like, okay, well this sucks, and he leaves. Uh and then you're you get a, a dialogue choice, and one of the things that you can respond is just to be like Koopo and shrug. And if you do that response, uh Thancred looks at you and goes, That's gonna be a lot less funny when we're forced to kill all of them. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. I, I heard that line and I freaking died. Oh That's man! Awesome. Um, so uh, we uh, we are told uh, that um, our our companions are scattered all throughout the world. So we've got to do that thing in every Final Fantasy game where we've got to go to all of the various different points of the world and recollect our our companions. So uh, we we go collect uh, Urianje and uh, Ilmeg. Uh, Yishtola's out in Roktika, uh, getting uh, getting crushed on by some uh, some some catmen. Uh, Runar, yes, Alfano is out uh, hanging out in uh, Kalusia, uh, not it, yet in Yulmore. We'll help him infiltrate there. Alize is hanging yep. out in Amarang, uh, helping people die, and uh, Thancred. Thancred's kind of uh, you know your your mercenary. He show, sort of shows up uh, in an opportune moment, but he's he's obviously escorting uh, who would become Reen. Yes, right. the the best part about this, I just love that they were able to still tell a cohesive story and still give us a choice at the beginning to go to either twin. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I, I, it was an, arbi- that's hard. It was a completely arbitrary choice that then rejoined uh, very quickly after that. But yeah, I, I thought it was nice, you know, getting at least a little bit of choice. Right. Because a lot of times I've seen other MMOs do that at the start of an expansion where, Oh yeah, you can go to any where you want. And I've almost always seen that weaken 
yeah. the storytelling. So I just want to give Square credit where credit is due. They did that in the best way they could have, where it didn't weaken the story. Was it ultimately a meaningful choice? No, absolutely no. not. Yeah. But it was still nice that they were able to do it without making a negative impact to their storytelling. So, so Nate, I think we should give you that same choice again. Do you want to start in Calusia or do you want to start in Amarang? Uh, Amarang. All right, yeah. Amarang it is. Yeah, but uh, that's where I that, up yeah, I bet you got to go to Best Girl, right? I mean, yeah. Here's the thing. I do want to talk about uh, the Amarang storyline uh, really quick because, I mean, Earth. shit got really real really quick with the, oh, yeah. the Amarang storyline. We had already, uh, you know, obviously mentioned Tessleen, um, who gets transformed into a Sin Eater in an absolutely brutal scene. But there's there's actually, I think, a, a really interesting story that's being told there of, you know, like, and I even said this on, on stream when I was playing it. I was like, oh, oh OK, so she's Jack Cavorkin. Like she literally works in hospice, effectively, and not even that. Like it's even worse than that because she's yeah. actively choosing the poison uh, and and the time that they go. Yeah, yep. do they transform into a horrific monster? Yeah, and obviously cancer doesn't do that to you. But I do think that there's this like the, there's this really interesting moral conundrum that it presents of like you know when you know uh, when when someone has chosen their time to die should we honor that um yep. you know I, I i was i was really fascinated by that entire story arc and and really interested that square enix was like ready to go there like i thought that that was an incredibly you know very serious subject to really kind of be kicking off your your expansion with but it set the tone very well and and I love that they they keep the 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 choices they made also with Ali Zay and the the events that have happened to her. Yes, from the end of Stormblood, losing Bobo or whatever his name was, and then or well, I forget, I'm sorry, I forget the Kobold's name. But you know the little guy. Yeah, like losing him, and then going into this journey and losing her friend that because they the twins got there what six months before as they said or something like that a couple months at least i don't remember uh, and, but yeah yeah it was it was a time gap where the people the scions who came before us they were there for x time i think the longest was uh Thancred was there for five years and yep. then Thancred five years and Yistol, three, I believe, three Yistol, years Yistol, and, yeah your soul and Ariange, i believe were three years and the twins for a year Right. So, like, think think about it. Ali Zay was with this woman dealing with the stuff for, God, had been six months to a year. Yeah. You know, she, she must have really known everything that was going on. And to have that happen to her right after Gobo or whoever had Dabu. that thing happen. Dabu, Dabu thank yeah. you. Right after that happened. And I'm just seeing how it informed her whole journey to curing the tempering. I thought that was amazing because... Alice didn't get enough character building early on. So True. I was I, happy to see that. Definitely agree with that. I also think that there's this really sort of important thing where, you know, I, I think early on the, the the moral validity of making that choice is sort of questioned right up until the moment where you see Tesseline change. And then you understand right. you, the audience, the player yeah. character understands, okay, that's how drastic this is. And and I think that, you know, Man, I think if people, I think if there were some people out there that saw the realities of of cancer, that they would arrive at a very similar conclusion in our own lives of like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, if if someone knows that, listen, this is this is the way that it's going to go, and I don't want to go like that, and they get to call their spot. Like, I think that, it, listen, I, I there is a lot of moral validity there, and I think you know, um, Square Enix in a in a very you know very. Sort 
sort of clever but also shocking way uh you know played that out on screen for us and boy i that really impacted me it impacted me a little bit more than i thought it would and more than i let on in the moment on stream too because i was still i was still you know trying to be my normal sarcastic self but um you know the more tough in that moment yeah the more i thought about it like it's it's you know like that i think that was a really really important moment for just sort of setting the whole tone of the expansion yeah Yeah, i I feel like both both starting zones in their own ways just really set up something huge and meaningful for the tone of like the rest of the story and where we were going because when we first show up there we don't know anything and for them to to pull that out on us so quick yeah i think that was huge well I think, and I guess that is a good segue into talking about Calusia a little bit, whereas yeah. Amarang, the shoe dropped relatively quickly. Calusia left you feeling like, all right, something, something's going to be happening here that I'm it not going to be meal. happy about. It was the yeah, meal. It was the meal. minute wants a meal? The, yeah. Dude, the minute the minute I saw that, I went, I, I went, Soylent meal is made from people. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did the same. I remember like oh, thinking it too and being like, wait. I think I know where this is going. It's even, really but it's, it's like even worse than that, though. Like the actual revelation of it, where it's like, oh, those are sin eaters. Fuck. Those, uh, yeah, like literally, we're taking people, turning them into sin eaters, and then eating the sin eaters. You're like, oh. But honestly, I don't feel like the characters reacted enough to it. Oh, I agree. I like, agree. I remember like Alphano or someone like had like a pretty disgusted reaction, but then they just kind of like dropped it. You know yeah. what it was, though? I think the problem is they revealed it to quickly with too many other things happening in that scene yeah so they really couldn't do like that justice if they had had the reveal roll out a little bit slower i think we would have we could have seen more character like re- reactions to it but absolutely it, there, it, it was just in the middle of like oh my god oh my god escalation and I, I, I wish because what i would have liked to see it happen is more of like a scene a sequence where reen gets there and her you just see her jaw drop and like tears start coming out of her eyes where she's like oh my god yeah and, and like she knows exactly. it before anyone else does and then like you, know, you if they could have really sold us on the horror of the moment through reen yeah, yeah. and she, it was more kind of just where she was like they're all sin eaters and, and you're like oh okay yeah okay so and then is- you have to like make the connection oh it's people who are sin eaters oh okay they're eating people like right it just didn't feel i feel like it should have been more impactful than it was yeah also also you know you end up going back to both sections of the world both yulmore and um uh uh, amarang uh yeah yulmore's is way better yeah exactly they sort of switch (laughs) they they sort of do a flip-flop where it's like the beginning of yulmore is a very slow burn and and then the end of amarang is also sort of a slog um the 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 amarang 2.0 run is my least favorite part of shadow yeah I, I i will agree with that so and go ahead no i was just saying yet the beginning of of you know amarang is it's such a high point so it's a shame. one of the best yeah. yeah yeah absolutely uh we're gonna get to a call here in just a second but uh i also wanted to uh mention the the character Faeul. Uh, the, the my least favorite fucking character of this whole expansion. Oh, I she, like wasn't, her. she wasn't that bad. She got better. She got oh, better. Oh, are you fucking cunts? Like <laughs> if she had done that once, I I, she, she would have got. She would have been so much better. Like like honestly, couldn't they have just uh, like couldn't they have just made her like Scottish Pokemon trainer? Like that would have been so much better. Like yeah, I, don't, I think it went like a little too weird with the accent. If it wasn't for that accent, I thought she was a decent character. The accent, the accent was was ridiculous. Nero, I'm going to need you to respect my lovely branch. Thank you very much. Oh my god, 
that didn't help either. Like, <laughs> like no, none I, of that helped. Listen, I, I liked, um, I liked Feyoul conceptually as like this queen of the Fey that we're gonna hang out with, uh, and it's going to explain why we can still get our shit back and forth from. She the... just needed to go. Hey, listen. Yeah. Oh my oh. god. Okay, so it could have been worse. You're right, Nikki. You make a good point. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so also, uh, uh, Ardbert is. Uh, we we finally get to put a name to. Uh, I, I love Ardbert. Or, or, of course you do. Uh, a, a I love him. Was would would he have been Derplander before? Is that yeah. is that accurate? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure he was 1.0 Derplander. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so so we get introduced to Ardbert. We we finally learn his name. Uh, he is sort of the the you know like when we reach the end of a chapter he's the the person that will close that chapter right and and yep. kind of gives us a little bit more um uh you know context for norvarant which is uh you know very much needed especially if you're like me and did absolutely none of the fucking side quests um so i i think that you know listen this was a especially good touch here because yep. the warriors of darkness fell so flat yeah i i i cannot i i have no idea and i would be so interested to find out this answer but i have no idea if that was the Intention. Intention. When we had initially uh, experienced the warriors of darkness, I, 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 I can't. I hope so. I I hope so. I want to. I, you know, like I want to believe that it could have been right. But at the same time, though, like mm, I'm like ninety percent sure it's but, not. But here's the like, thing: it has to have been because they they would not have brought these people in here and done this setup that had no real payoff. It was it was such a short plot line that didn't really interconnect to anything that was happening in Heavensward at the time. Yeah, they would not have done that if they didn't have a plan for it. It may not have been that yeah. fleshed out, but it, they had to have had a plan to read. But like you realize, characters. they actually had said their names before, and they are different than their names in in the first. Like, and I looked up the lore of it, and it's literally like they changed their names when coming to Eorzea to yeah. make themselves fit in better. And to me, that makes it sound like the devs just changed their minds. They, yeah, no, or, I, or they may have just again assumed new identities because they felt they needed to take on the role of a warrior of darkness to make up for what they okay, fucked in their but previous there's life. Not I mean, much, it's really easy to hand wave it. I don't know. Right between Arbor and Ardbert, though, there's really not that much difference. Well, he just added a D. Well, there's not so, much that much difference between Norfolk and you know Eorzea if you really dig into it. Why would they need to change their names coming to Eorzea? Yeah, no who the fuck would know Ardbert here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So because this, the literally the lore is that so that their names sounded more Eorzean. Oh, all right. Okay, that's, so, listen, all right that, that's dumb. All right. Here's my thing. Ardbert, uh, I thought was going to be my least favorite character, and he ended up being one of my favorite characters uh, because just like with Ranjit, it plays on this theme of failure yes. that we see and, and hopelessness that they started doing in Stormblood and just did way better in Shadowbringers. Uh, we learned that the uh, Warriors of Darkness, the, the, the penance almost that Arbert is paying is they were the ones who did the job too well. They were the heroes who fought for light on their world and did it too friggin' good. Yeah. And now there's no darkness and everything is ruined because of yep. it. So Can where the other warriors of, of their warriors of light, which is now basically the equivalent of being called a Nazi on that world, which is interesting, um, where the others got to give had the benefit i would say of getting to give their life in penance for what they did and and stop the flood of light with minfilia ardbert has been cursed to walk as a shade 
uh, he continues to exist in Norvramp, but he can't interact with anyone. All he gets to do for a hundred years is watch his failure. Yep. And what a character. Well, I, I that do made of- me so sad. He's like, I'm just stuck here in limbo, and I just watch people die, and I but, hate myself. Oh, yep. But, okay. But you know what? Watching, then I guess, just pout. <laughs> <laughs> but watching, Brutal. watching his story and watching all that suffering, and then at the very end, to to see like. Well, like first off, you know when you're doing the quest line with Seto in Ilmeg, and you oh. realize, and you realize that oh, that's Arbert's, you know, Listen, Square thing, Enix, yeah, that payoff at the end with the reunion, dude. I, I showed it here. That was that was Square amazing. Enix so often tries to pull off scenes that they haven't earned, that they haven't laid the proper groundwork for, and Arbert is one of the times where they absolutely laid the ground properly, and they earn that kind of a payoff. And I mean, we'll get to it a little bit later and how he finally gets to live up to his name, the Warrior of Light, and be the hero that he wanted to be. Uh, but I, I, it is interesting that at the end of each of these little chapters, we get a, a, a moment with Arbert where we learn a little bit more about what he's had to experience, and in a way that uh, patch 3.4 could never have done justice, we got to learn so much about the Warriors of Darkness in Shadowbringers, or the Warriors of Light in Shadowbringers, and it really meant a ton. It made those characters so much more appealing. Yeah, I, it, really, I, I almost feel like they were overcompensating for how little they did for them when they were first introduced. That's the great success of Shadowbringers. If nothing else, Shadowbringers took events that happened in the game before where we all kind of went, all right, that was fine, I guess, no, and made I, it great. I, I I remember more than a few times on this very show harping on the fact of uh, how uh, just how pointless the yep. Warriors of Darkness felt. And, and now... You know, on the other side of Shadowbringers, that whole that whole section of Heaven's Word feels incredibly meaningful, and, uh, and, and not just that. The Crystal Tower made I feel the same yes. way about the Crystal oh, Tower now. Hundred percent. Oh Hun- yeah, for sure. I, 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 dude, there's some questions I have about the Crystal Tower even still after the twinning yep. and and everything like that. Um, let's let's also uh, talk really quick about um, some of the revelations uh, around the Crystal Exarch. As long as we're talking about the twinning oh my god um, the best moment in the fucking game was when his hood came off i'm just saying that's well me. i mean listen me. if you didn't knew. but yeah yeah if you didn't know from the moment that you saw him that that was grahatia yeah but when, but when you say the name like oh my god so come on did no one else get emotional that was so well, cool i just thought it was cool too that i think if you like isn't there if, something that if you yeah, didn't if you do had done crystal the crystal tower, if you, if you had done the crystal tower, you got to say his name. Yeah, and if you hadn't done Rahatia, crystal yeah. tower, yeah. you didn't you didn't know right. him, which I so thought it, was a nice detail. But, right, but if you had done it and you said that name, oh my god, I'm sorry, but the payoff was so cool. It I really was. I loved if, it. So if you had done crystal tower, right when you meet him at, outside the crystal tower, you can you can say like, hey, did you see Grahatia in there? And he's like, I don't know who the hell that yeah, is. Yeah, I did. Oh, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. So so a lot of really good payoff here. Especially, you know, that the whole thing with Grahatia, the whole Crystal Tower storyline um, that was uh, fairly mysterious before. Uh, now, uh, you know, uh, so much of it has been explained all the way down to uh, the void and uh, what what happened with the 13th. But, um, you know, for for anyone who just sort of wants the Cliff Notes version, this is actually the Grahatia that we knew from the source. Uh, what happened? 
happened was he got locked in the Crystal Tower for a really, 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 really long time. I don't know how long, but it was quite a while. And, uh, you know, he, he there's this this sort of um, vague uh cataclysm uh, you know uh that is that is referenced by Urianje in the dream that he had that is actually the future that grahatia comes from so this this um you know uh calamity that we're trying to avoid is not just something that is sensed by Urianje. it's not something that comes from dreams it is a very actually tangible future that grahatia comes from and uh you know able to to defy both the laws of time and space by transform uh, transporting the crystal tower not just back uh, or not just over to an entirely different world uh, but also back in time as well so we get a lot of time shenanigans that are that uh, end up happening and uh, a whole lot that I still don't know that I understand about bringing graha back to the source uh, it, this was uh, did, did they have a whole fucking plot map to explain or just not to there is one hole there's there's one big timey wimey hole in what they did is basically, there when they yeah so basically when they went back they uh used that one last piece of his uh soul or whatever that they put in the vial they like captured it the, the same way they they captured everyone else's soul right um but instead of bringing it back into his body since he was dead, right. they went back to the source and they combined it with the version yeah. of him in the source and let him right. out of the so, tower early. So- but now but now he's not in the tower to uh, get trapped to go in to there the future and warn in the us first later. Place. Yeah. That's the timey-wimey hole. That's, yeah. that's like in the MCU, I guess that would be a, a, a branch universe right like that's like the kind of weird i don't know what the rules are yeah, it, in creates, it creates a paradox that they haven't it's, explained about their yeah, timeline yeah like it depends which like if he's not believe, in there but, right yeah. now to get to the future in the first place he would not be here to take his body so it's a right. it doesn't make sense so yeah. it, it all depends what square wants to do with time travel canon but if they want to do paradoxes or a thing then yeah it's going to be an issue chili pepper brings up a good point i mean can you just go back in the tower <laughs> well we wait a few years <laughs> we just shove him back in yeah <laughs> I mean, at some point, listen, it won't work. It still won't work because now he's two people. But he's he's like us. He's two shards. No, is he two shards? No, he's a future and an old version. It's he he has he he has all the memories. He has all the memories that he accumulated through his first lifetime and in the first. Wait, hang on. No, uh, (laughs) I know. Hang on. Hang on. You're right. right. Yeah. No, you guys understand what the fuck I mean. It's very confusing, but you you understand. All right. So, yeah, his his original lifetime and his first lifetime. There we go. Um, So they they do explain a little bit of it and uh, not in I wouldn't say a satisfying way, but they 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 do explain uh, because he mentions like, I don't know what became of the timeline that I left or what's going to become of that world. (laughs) It's just kind of effed but they go very out of their way to say the people of that time and that realm for lack of a better term understood that they were sacrificing all not for their own salvation but for the salvation of others they understood that 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 was the sacrifice they're going to make and it's why he didn't get to make the choice he let the people of that world make the choice and now we are making a whole new path without 
doing that, like without having yeah. existed uh, uh, through in his timeline. Did, did, you, did you guys see the the meme with the TVA from Loki, the Timekeeper people, like arresting Grahatia? It was pretty. Funny. No, I didn't no, see that. I haven't. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, like as soon as Endwalker starts, I'm waiting for these guys to show up, and it's just two guards, like you know, with Grahatia. That's great. <laughs> M- Mikado in the chat nailed it. Schrodinger's X art. Um, Shit. So, yeah, exactly. I can't come up with a better end cap than that. So there you go. There's a a brief explanation of some of the timey wimey stuff that's going on here. Really interesting, though. Like there's there's some there's some mechanics that they can play. And by mechanics, I mean story mechanics that they can play with now that they've sort of opened this Pandora's box. And I'm really sort of excited to see what the um, you know, because anything that that deals with time travel will obviously have. Have, you know also deal with the um the consequences of time travel and you got to think that like you guys were saying this particular action is probably going to come with some very uh cosmic consequences so i think that's going to be really interesting uh to see how that continues to unfold um yeah, decibels pointed out a really good point about that whole thing with the exarch's world basically sacrificing themselves for another it's it's a very good mirror of Emmett Selk and what the Asians are attempting to do, right? Like they are literally attempting to sacrifice everything for their own people, and we are calling out how wrong and how terrible that is. While the only reason we even have a chance to stop this calamity for us is because another world did exactly that for us. You know, that's a really that's a remarkably good point. Let's go back to our phone lines and talk to Kyle. What's going on, Kai? Hi, Nate. I'm Nero. What's up? What's going on? Thanks for calling uh, Limit Break Radio. Absolutely. Anytime there's an opportunity. So what's going on? What do you want to talk about? Well, I heard some people praising Shadowbringers beyond even what I think about it. and So I figured I'd ask you guys. Shadowbringers, best Final Fantasy XIV story or best Final Fantasy story? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, that is I, I, I cannot in good conscience call say anything is better than ten. Ten will always be in my I mind love the 10. best. I can't get over ten. So Oh where'd they go? Uh oh where'd they go? They uh, uh, I think I think uh Kai said that they'll take the answer off air. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, t- 10, it's uh, me personally, I went through ten at a very specific time in my life. It hit me really hard, and I don't think I can ever hold anything higher and I, that may just be me though like 10 it's really hard for me to think of anything better than 10 but i will say shadowbringers is up there it's really close like it's so hard for me to say because i agree 10 and 7 i think are my top two and like 10 i literally can watch the ending right now and still ball so like 10 means a lot to me too but like when i look at shadowbringers i feel like it's definitely the best 14 story it definitely was the most final fantasy of the 14 stories and like i was saying before that like literally when i got to the end of the the shadowbringers original story and i was like oh my god this feels like a final fantasy game finally I can, so yeah, like, yeah 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 for sure the- so, so I definitely feel like it holds its own with the numbered games. But however, just because of the state of like the main character is silent hero and it's just kind of like there's not and there's like a, a lot of assumed story from having played the game from the beginning yeah, like- that you just know all these characters. So there's not a lot of different character development. It doesn't quite hold up to be like the best Final Fantasy, Here's- but it is it- definitely holds its own among them. It's 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 tough. It is. Here's the thing. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Do 
Did you guys ever play 10-2? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did it, are we counting that? Shit. Hang on. Did it make you feel some kind of way about the way that 10 ended? If I think about the yes. perfect ending of 10-2, sure. Okay. I have a lot of feelings about 10-2. Okay. I, I, so, I try not to think about 10-2. Okay. Uh, which is my way of saying that I, th- I think you have to take the entire body into consideration. Because 10, as a story from beginning to end, very good. One of the best Final Fantasies. Except for when you also consider 10-2. Then it becomes... One of two, it it really becomes. No one is arguing that we're talking about narrative. It It redeems a lot of things when I look at that. The the very end of the narrative of Ten Two, with like the perfect ending and stuff, is a. It's a reasonable. The perfect ending ending. is sweet, but I'm pissed that it wasn't in full rendered scene. Okay, all right. So, so there is a caveat there. I'm just saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, You're right. You're right. right. Okay. You're right. So, so here's the thing. I have a hard time calling Shadowbringers the best. I do too. I do too. Uh, Because I, I think the biggest thing about it is because to to me the question then becomes: Does Shadowbringers make Final Fantasy 14 the best? Uh, Final Fantasy, and that's something you could have an argument about, but I don't think you can have it until Endwalker's done. Um, and and for me, no. I mean, I still there's. I, I think Final Fantasy Nine is the best story overall. So no, I I don't think so. That said, that's in no way a slight against Shadowbringers. Like like that, it's not. It's so hard to compare an MMO story yeah. to a single player narrative. That's fair. Like it like yeah. could which is it the best expansion of an MMO I've ever played? A hundred percent. There's no yeah, Final this, Fantasy eleven from a story from a storytelling yeah. perspective. There yeah. is, and I played a lot of MMOs. I promise you all, there is not another MMO out there with as compelling of a story as FF fourteen Shadowbringers. There's Correct. never been an expansion yeah. for any MMO at that level of quality for story. I, I and and I will say, I am prepared to say that Shadowbringers is definitively better than Chains of Promathia, which. Is. Which I would have said up until that point is probably the best expansion for an MMO ever made from a storyline standpoint. From, from my take, yeah. I, I thought Rhapsodies of Anadeel was the best uh, story uh, that they told. That was fan service all it the way. It was so fan service. Oh, I but loved it. it. I, but it, I, I, I ate it. I up loved like it. Kibble. Oh, I loved it. It was it was great. It, it was great. And but it does have this one moment where and, because and this is and and, and uh, this is so unique. Not just for video games, but specifically for MMOs, where it's all the creator talks to the audience, yeah, and and directly thanks the audience. That yeah. has never, to my knowledge, in an MMO happened in like in in and it was touching. It was legitimately touching. It was a great moment. It yeah. do, it still doesn't top the narrative prowess that cop had and what it and the the lore that it built on with final fantasy 11 that's why i i i I always put cop much higher listen there's a reason that both abyssia and uh rhapsodies of anadeel basically bookend cop because it, it leaves so much for them to do absolutely here's so here's the other thing is that i do think Shadowbringers is above cop okay I still, I still to this day think that one of the greatest moments 
in all of gaming. One that impacted me so deeply emotionally that I wasn't prepared for was the end of 1.0. And and I'm talking the last day of of 1.0 where it was, you know, all the areas were in complete fucking chaos and we knew that the servers were going down, the servers going down and then the Bahamut scene. Uh That is... that is one of the most compelling things in all of video games ever. It draws a lot of comparisons to like the the closing days of like Fantasy Star Online before 100%. that game wrapped up, um, and people just counting down and saying goodbye. Ashron's call, I think, did something similar. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Uh, like it, but to bring there, it, it back, like like that. And, there is a no. No one's ever brought it back. Right. Like that. That's what makes no. us so unique. Right. And 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 I think and I think that that's what makes two for me. Maybe the best MMO story from a from a narrative perspective is because it went it went all the way to the brink. It went to the 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 most crazy logical conclusion that an MMO world can can come to, and then brought it back. And there was so the the world was so mysterious and and changed and you know like to me that that is that is one of the most amazing feats not just in mmos but in all of video games like it it is a it is a huge feat and it should be commended but like callie mentioned before the only issue is if you look at 2.0 from a new player perspective uh it's it's got to be the i think no 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 i agree i no i i agree and i and i think that my own my own personal um uh history and stuff you know th- it is yeah, very be there right it's like a fomo type thing right. like, yeah, oh, absolutely there. and there's also a problem with 2.0 a fatal flaw with 2.0 is that if we're talking the whole expansion it means you have to include 2.x which is garbage they cl- they fixed yeah. some of it they fixed some of it well but that's what i mean it bit. was so bad they took out like 50 missions yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah there was like 8 million fetch quests and side Do you quests? remember that the 2.x quest line is 102 missions or at least it was jesus uh, excuse me i gotta vomit it, it, it's bananas it's 102 and about four of them mattered yeah yeah very true uh, anyway uh thank you very much uh kyle i for the uh for the call appreciate it if you want to call limit break radio exclamation point discord in the chat uh we'll uh get you the link to the uh the discord and lloyd is uh hanging out waiting to take your call we'll get to saskia out here in a few minutes but um we already talked about uh emmett selk uh we didn't mention though that um he was, you know, his face was identified far earlier on than we even saw it revealed in uh, in the game. Uh, he was one of those that uh, you can find in the lore book, except his uh, heading is uh, Solus Zos Galvis, uh, the founder yes. of the Garlean Empire, um, which I think is really interesting where they are now tying the Asian presence more meaningfully uh, to the Garlean Empire. Um, I, I, I think that that is very interesting and, yep. you know, there's, uh, there's a part of me that wonders, you know, cause we very definitively defeated a few scions now in our time leading up to where we're at in the current storyline. And, you know, it just, it sort of makes me wonder, um, you know, have, have our actions and our, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, um, 
foiling of uh, of the Asians. Has this really been the actual downfall of the Garlean Empire? Has this been the catalyst that sent the Garlean Empire into essentially civil war? Um, because there's no one, you know, usually there'd be someone calling the shots from behind the scenes. Xenos doesn't seem very interested in that. Um, you know, the other, the, the older emperor's dead. Uh, yep. So, you know, uh, you, you could, you, there might be an argument that Xenos would have ended up doing this eventually anyway i think yeah, I, that's not that i think that that's not unfair I, yeah would, I, would he have done that hang on would he have done that had he never encountered the warrior of light though it, it just depends if anything else would have turned his boredom to point towards his father right like, like you know anything could well have. i mean it's very chaotic true true I, I you know yeah i i would say that uh, i don't think it would have played out the same way like let no. me be clear but i do think him potentially offing people around him yeah that probably well, could have but i think i think it but but his motivation for doing so is to sort of get people out of the way so he can get to us right oh, like right right so- so well, so Zeno's if, if, we, if we're not that catalyst like if we're not that motivation what is because yeah. gaining power is not in in his motivation at all he seems no. very bored by the idea of power so if it wasn't that what would have made what would have been the catalyst to start making him kill people around him i i think this is where we get into the point that i was bringing up earlier about Xenos being Zodiac's champion, right? Xenos is an agent of change, but only in regards to the Warrior of Light. It is our presence and our arrival that stokes his interest and makes him go for me. Because remember, before this, what's he doing? He he uh, was instrumental in taking over Doma uh, and Authard and the subjugation of Authard. And then after Gaius uh, spectacularly loses in Eorzea, he uh, moves over to take over um, Alamigo right. as well. And he's very content and bored. And it is our arrival and presence in the story that begins to change that and stoke him on this path towards insanity, uh, which is where he is, I mean, clearly by now, by the end of 5.55, is where he's heading towards. Even now, we see it. He doesn't have any interest in ruling the Garlean Empire. All of that is a machination towards him getting one more chance to fight with us, to have one more great moment with us. And I know Square Enix likes to believe that's interesting and that makes him a cool villain. It doesn't. It's bad. But um, that's kind of his motivation. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I think it's definitely interesting to see the way that this character is going to change and morph moving forward. I don't think it was a very good payoff of nope. the promise that we were given uh, at FanFest that we're really, you know, something he's going to do something that's like really going to make us to hate him. Yeah, yeah. that never happened. That never happened. Uh, You know what? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm still open to to allowing Square Enix to to pay off that promise, though. Like, listen, if he's still the villain here, some goodwill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there is no shortage of that for sure. Uh, But there's still an ability to have him do something so heinous that I uh, hate him forever. Listen, if he takes if he mounts to Taru's head on a pike, I'm pretty sure that most of the FF14 audience is going to fucking despise him. 
Nero, let me walk you through this, because this is what I kind of thought was going to happen in 5.55, and that didn't pay off at all, but I still believe it will happen in some form or fashion, a scene somewhat like this. Xenos finally gets his showdown with us. He finally gets us out in the open and sees us, and he says, fight me. He says, yes, this is it. Warrior of Light, let us live up to this grand design that we have created. Let us do battle. And you go, no, you're destroying the world. You're a psycho. Knock it off. And he says, interesting. And he throws Graha at Tia's head at you. Ooh, that's that, not bad. I'm, I'm tell- I don't know that it'll be Graha Tia. If it was up to me, it would be. But uh, that, that, like, th- that, yeah, that would get some heat. That, that would, that yeah, would, I, 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 that would motivate me. Yeah, that's what it's going to take. He, so he's going to have like, he I'm sorry. He has to kill a scion. He has to kill a scion. It, it has to be someone we care about. Yeah. It has to be someone to make us go. All right, all right. I guess the kidding around's pretty much over then. I guess <laughs> right. we'll do this. Yeah, yeah. I I like that well, idea. I, I I mean, if they if they make him that vicious, I uh, my thought is that by the end of Endwalker, he's going to be our Vegeta. Yep. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent antihero. I hate that idea. So uh, you know, no. Nika, Nika, start warming up to it because it's happening, girl. I'm telling no, you right now. I, no. I'm telling you right now. I'm t- they've been building to it. Yeah. He literally thinks we're his best friend, but he's Sundere as fuck, and he's clearly being set up as the <laughs> counterpoint to us. He's a fucking Vegeta. I need to point out something. I'm sorry. No, that can't happen. Vegeta Vegeta got to Earth, and they called out in Dragon Ball Z abridged. He didn't kill anybody. Not for lack of trying, but he didn't kill anybody. Freaking Xenos is murdering people left and right. You don't get to come back and be Callie. good. Callie, I've seen enough anime to know that's not true. Oh, come on. Oh, there's, there, I hate you. There is, <laughs> there's a redemption arc somewhere in that character. I no. just know it. It's, no. it's, 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 it, I'm telling you right now, he is a Sundre fucking anti-hero. It's <laughs> going to happen. I think this is just Square Enix's new trope. Like, have you guys played the FF7 remake? Right? Yeah, there's, yeah. There's this Roche guy, right, who thinks Cloud is his best friend because they ride motorcycles together, and he's literally an asshole Shinra first-class nonsense, and he's like, my best friend, man, we're just gonna take it out in the wheels, and then you're, like, fighting each other. So, like, this yeah. is, for some reason, Square Enix has this new trope now of, like, it's not evil new. blonde guy. Well, to Square it's, Enix it is, No, it's not. No, it's, it, no, it's not. Stripe, it's, I get what you're saying. Here's my, my take on it, though, is that... What they're doing with Xenos and the reason he calls you his best friend is they are going the very classic. We're two sides of the same coin. We're just on the opposite yeah. side. At the end of the conflict, we're best fucking friends. We're so. not so different, you and I. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> Actually, what it is. Didn't he already say that? And we're like, uh, we're nothing like you. Yeah. yeah. But Probably. he believes that you are. He believes right. you are his, his, his antithesis. And at the very end, you can't have... You can't. You have to have both sides of the coin, like we were saying earlier. If he ends up being Zodiac champion and we're Hydaelyns, we're best friends forever. It's he is not. Oh my god, he's going to be Agent Smith, and I'm going to kill myself. It's going to be amazing, dude. I'm so ready for this, dude. Come on, come on. You know it's happening. Um, no. All right. Uh, as as much as I I would love to to sit here and uh, and and pick apart uh, exactly what Xenos is going to be doing in the next expansion uh, through Emmett Selk we got a huge huge amount of information uh-huh. that we all that we all have daddy issues with Emmett Selk I, I mean yes uh, that is that is intrinsically true however uh, we uh, you know I, I think it was a uh, a pretty big mystery you know what existed before 
um, Zodiac was was uh, broken into fourteen pieces, uh-huh. and uh, you know the there is an answer. Before you know, we thought that this may have happened at some sort of mysterious ancient point in the past, and it turns out that it was actually you know semi uh, recent history in terms of you know if you start thinking in terms of celestial terms, but. Right. Um, that there was there was a, a period of time that existed before uh, the sundering, and yes. uh, that's where indeed the Asians come from. And just the revelation that we get from him that Asians are basically complete forms of us. They, the Asians yes. that we know and experience are beings that were not sundered cross ten and three. They are still complete beings and that we our existence uh mortal and ephemeral as it is we are basically shards of what an Asian once was uh which is a super interesting take on it especially as we start getting more revelations about just who the warrior of light probably actually was at one point well one of the things that i think is is really interesting from that revelation is that we don't understand exactly how Elidibus and emmet selk and the third one uh, uh la habrea uh avoided being sundered like how how like oh, they they did oh they hinted at this um there was a thing with the shadows in Am- Amarat. They they said something like, "We're not going to leave this world," or something like that. I'm I gotta find it for you guys later. But there is a hint that if anyone in the chat knows, please let us know. Yeah, yeah but where, where, know. I mean, yeah, there, you, there's a hint given to like how they did it. How how yeah, like how would they have been off world to avoid something like that? It was yeah. They they there was a hint that they had some trick, and they knew that they were gonna survive it interesting i i didn't pick that up so yeah if someone in the chat knows that please let me know because i didn't, yeah I didn't i'd be very up. i'd be very very interested to uh to, to know a little bit more right, about it's that also possible that just when something happens there's always bound to be a few that slip through the cracks right so like they're just the lucky ones well it happens it, in terms of a universe splitting in but yeah sure but i mean I, it, well had a bunker yeah Maybe uh, did they explain maybe Elidibus because Elidibus's role that he took on may have excluded him from whatever the sundering did, although it's not really clear. I don't know. There's I have a lot of questions about that whole Elidibus thing uh, beyond just the the whole, you know, the overall uh, arching themes of uh, of his story. There's some very sort of specific mechanics in there that I didn't really understand. Well. I, and it's worth noting that the Elidibus, I mean, we're going to talk about it anyway, so we'll talk about it now, I guess. Elidibus is a primal. He's not actually True. an Asian or the original Elidibus. He is a primal remembering of him, effectively, that is all about balancing light and darkness. When one side gets too good, he shows up as the other side. He is basically the warrior of light in many worlds. Like, it's an interesting, like, character for him, and that means that, really, there aren't, not very many oh. Asians. Uh, got around the sundering. I found the line, by the way. Oh, okay. What you got? I found the line. This is one of the hints that Emmett Selch gave. Uh, blah, 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 blah. He's talking about their very beings were divided into 14, yada, yada, yada. And then he goes, well, it is by no means impossible to raise up wholly unrelated individuals. Tis we whose fervent entreaties brought forth Lord Zodiac, whose souls he claimed in the beginning who oh, the could truest it, servants? Could it have, Meaning they were claimed by him before the split. With they Idol were tempered. Zodiac. 
Yes. They were, and that, by the way, is another major revelation we got that he confirms that the Asians are tempered. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And also leads us to believe that what I've been speculating for almost two expansions and, now, that we ourselves are or, probably tempered by Hydaelyn. Right. And then and then we ask, if you ask him, so if we were to defeat all the Asians of the source, dot, 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 he responds, then none would remain to raise up new Asians and our kind would eventually fade from existence. You would like that, wouldn't you? Well, feel free to dream. It's not a crime to do so. Huh. Hmm. So, that, so basically con- in, inferring the fact that if all Asians on the source are defeated, they can't make, they're no more can spontaneously appear because this was all started with the three of them back in the day. Interesting. That is interesting. And, and a lot of this um, also ties into, you know, the convocation and, um, you know, the exact, uh, you know, nature of what was summoned when it was summoned, uh, you know, Amarat as uh, as a city, um, you know, we get to uh, Emmett Selk who is uh, still in possession of creation or manifestation magic, whatever you want to call it, uh, able to recreate um, the memory of Amarat beneath the ocean on Norvarant. And what's really interesting, I think, uh, you know, if you pay attention to the sort of um, uh, architectural design of what we see in Amarat, we see some of that reflected on the moon. Um, you know, when we were seeing some of the early uh, screenshots and uh, and presentations from Square Enix at FanFest for Endwalker, uh, the moon is obviously going to be playing a big role and uh you know one of the other things that we know is that the moon has a very big uh thematic if not a direct literal tie uh to zodiac's body um and i you know i i i definitely think that this is set up for more of what we'll end up seeing in and walker um but this is the, this was i think the most information that we as players had ever been given uh about exactly the the nature of what had existed before eorzea and the world that that we knew and the history that we knew um apparently some really cool architecture yeah, it, some and and that too. I you know it, it's funny you uh, uh, strife. I think you had mentioned in our, our our host chat the other day. Like, isn't it weird that LBR rump, 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 LBR rump. Jesus. Okay. All right. There we go. Awesome. Uh, what did i mention you mentioned that it's really weird that they haven't come out with a third lore book yet yes yes because based on their timelines it's about that time they always release them at fan fest and they didn't release one for this fan fest you're right but how would they do a lore book for shadow bringers unless they did a theme of like this is the norvarant book well, that's right. why I thought they would they would give us. Well, they would all they also owe us. I think the ending of Stormblood too, based on the last release, right? But yeah. it would so it would be the ending of Stormblood and the wrap up to that, as well as yeah, I thought a Norvern themed book, and I figured yeah, that's easily a whole book, right? It's a whole another world. Yeah, it should be super super easy to fill that. And then I figured they wouldn't do another one right away because they'd want to finish Endwalker and you know. See, I think the, I think I think that they would have a really cool opportunity to do a series of two books here. 
and Square Enix, you can feel free to take this uh, suggestion or not. But I think if they did a lore book in the sort of traditional lore book fashion that goes through all of the very specifics of Norvarant. But I think... I, I, I think like we're going to get chipped though, and they're going to do a fourth one, and they're going to have very little about Norvarant and focus more on all the revelations of both Shadowbringers and then Walker with the Asians. Could be. I think a much easier way and a more interesting way to do that, though, is if you did, like, I don't know, say, a Diary of Emmett Selk. <gasps> oh, 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 that would be cool. <laughs> Take my money right now. Like, I want if, it. if you, if you, uh, you know, like if you're Square Enix and it's like, okay, we just had this huge expansion that did blockbuster numbers where our sub numbers have overtaken WoW for the first time in history. Maybe we, maybe we could do like, maybe we could spend the extra money and do two books. Yeah. Well, listen, like they, they gave us little bits and uh, pieces of that throughout the Point X series, releasing little tidbits of Emmett Selk's observations yes. or Elidibus's observations. That was and exactly where the idea had come from. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I thought we got a lot of very interesting stuff there. My, some of my favorite bits were when they talked about Asm, who, I, I mean, I, th- I don't even think it's like a theory anymore. Like, clearly, we are probably Asm at the. Um, we get to find out more about them. And yeah, I. I would kill for that book. I would love it. I, I I mean, I think I think that there is a a audience out there for Emmett Sulk material. And and if Square there, Enix doesn't jump uh, on it, I, I guarantee you there's it's on OnlyFans. There, there's, there's, <laughs> oh my god! So there's there's another idea, and and I, I saw this recently. They they just did a a special little storybook in WoW, which is all fairy tales from that world. Oh, cool. And, and I thought, wow, what an opportunity! Because Square all had, I mean, even Norvern alone, even like Harry Potter is that would be really right. like so exactly. many other so, franchises have uh, done that. That'd be so right. cool, right? And I, and, and you know, after going through like that kind of stuff, I'm like, wow, how fun would it be to have a Final Fantasy 14 fairy tale book where it's it's told from the perspective of people in these in this Wait, world, either already, yours here or Norvern. We already got that, and that was like FF5 and FF6 villains is told by what Omega. Those are the fairy blood tales. Raids. Remember, yeah, ki- yeah kind of. Like- but no, like, <laughs> what if we got not only they could do stuff on Norvrant. What if we got some fairy tales from the Exarch's timeline uh, when the the stories that he mentions that they told around the fire of the Warrior of Light. What if we got tales of things we did as heroes in that timeline? Like, well, like, right, well, yeah, yeah. Like, so what I'm thinking of is like the way they the they did it over in that other game is they they did these fairy tales because they wanted to reveal some legends which had some truths in it to reveal how life and death worked and a bunch of other stuff because that's their core story. So how cool would it be now that we're going to the moon, right? If they released a book of fairy tales and legends from the perspective of people in Eorzea and Norvrand, and some of it, you know, ties into, well, we know that some of this is true because they, they, there's a legend about, you know, a man in a hood or whatever. Oh, so those are the Asians, right? Like some right. of this is true. Or, or oh, yes, there's legend says there's pixies in these places. And like, oh, that that's real. And then, like, you know, and there's hints, you know, throughout it about things that we know to be true. Or, yeah, it could be stories about things we did. Which would also, but be it would also cool. be interesting to see what's twisted because fairy tales are not going to be exactly, exactly yeah. the same. Exactly, and that's what would make it fun because you knew it wouldn't be the whole truth. They're just legends, and you'd have to try to piece out what's I, real. I'd love to get a series of stories about the warriors of light and like 
uh, on on Norvrant, and you get them as like they're these great mythical heroes. And then after the flood, you get more stories about the Warriors of Light and what, <laughs> how those stories change after the flood. I would love that. That oh, would be man. very cool. That would be very cool. Um, I, I, I just got to point out that we've been at this for like two and a half hours, and we're still we're, we're still, still waiting through OG. this. I know, I right? Say, still- I'm getting the true LBR experience because it is a billion friggin' degrees in my studio right oh, now. Oh, dude, I'm dying. I'm I'm, oh, I'm God, it's so hot. it's so hot. It's so humid. I'm I'm dying. But here's the thing. I did also want to mention. Um, you know, we we find out some things about uh, about Zodiac. Uh, Zodiac was in fact the first prime. Um, that uh, summoning him uh, was at the expense of 50% of the population. Um, yep. The aether of their world stagnated. By the way, they were uh, the 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 Asians, for I guess lack of a better word, um, at that time were threatened by a uh, a calamity that we really don't know what the um, you know the incitement of that is. Right, like that calamity. There, we're gonna learn. I'm sure we're gonna learn more about it in Endwalker, uh, yeah. especially since Fandango is is trying to recreate it. Um, Fandango, but uh, you know, okay, no, sorry, that's the wrong Fandango. I Um, love it. I know, but he and he recently just lost his job. I feel bad now. Um, Uh, Yeah, he got like he got let go. Well, listen, Fan Daniel should also be let go. Yeah, uh, I I have a feeling that we'll have uh, something to do with uh, with helping him let go. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Fan, uh, Fandango is trying to recreate this uh, horrible calamity. So uh, after after avoiding that calamity, because Zodiac did successfully, uh, you know, uh, help that world avoid the calamity, yep. their aether also stagnated, and they sacrificed more of their population to uh, restart the flow of ether. Uh, around that time, there were uh, some Asians that were like, "Boy, we're." Sac- Sacrificing a lot of people here. Yeah, um, uh, maybe this isn't such a good idea. Yeah, uh, a couple of them broke up. By the way, uh, can we just take a moment to highlight the beautiful hypocrisy that uh, uh, Emmett Selk then goes on to become Solazos Galvis and found an empire in opposition to summoning? Oh, yeah. yeah. Emmett Selk, the original Republican. Yep. Oh, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, so Heidelin was uh, summoned to, uh, you know, uh, uh, combat uh, Zodiac and uh, to, to, you know, uh, as a as a countermeasure to Zodiac. And uh, as a result, Zodiac was rendered into uh, 14 separate pieces, uh, which we now know as the uh, various shards of the source Mm -hmm. um and everything was sundered into 13 different reflections uh the people um you know uh the 14 i thought 14 uh well 13 reflections of the source so so it's 14 including the source yeah yeah. Right. Right. So, um, so yeah, every everything, everyone was sundered. We were sundered, uh, and and what's very interesting is that you know as more worlds have been rejoining with the source, uh, we have become and been made more whole as we have been going through these experiences. The, the, theoretically, that would mean everyone on the source source is seven at a. 
14 so now? How does that right? work? One, they're they're 50% of a whole? How do you have babies, though? Like, the babies aren't sundered, right? Well, it, it depends if you believe someone dies and their soul gets recycled, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, I think you know, the life, I think that's where you start getting into the life stream and where, oh, yeah, yeah uh, souls, you know, are, are recycled. So, um, what about if you eat them and they turn into, <laughs> they turn into, to, Fucking what? Is this is your hard hitting questions, Mika? Are, are, <laughs> no, are you on your first episode back and talking about baby eating? Talking about meal. A meal. Okay. Meal. Oh. So you eat uh, if someone if someone I thought, turns into I thought, a fucking White Walker and they turn into meal and you eat them, are they still recycled and can they still be rejoined? That was my limb question. Break, limb break radio does not condone eating babies in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, we do. We do. Do we? We do. <laughs> uh, probably. Uh, I mean, times. How did we get to an indecent proposal? (laughs) Anyway, um, all right. So, uh, yeah, uh, everything sundered into thirteen different reflections. Um, and uh, again, just to go through the list of unsundered Asians, there were only three: Emmett Selk, La Habrea, and Elidibus. Um, so everything that the Asians have been doing have been in the name of rejoining their world. Uh, really interesting. Uh, I think, you know, gives some, some cosmic stakes to not just this expansion, but literally everything that we've been doing it. That was a lot of info that was, uh, sort of, you know, foisted upon us. Uh, and really, uh, you know, Again, unexpected uh, from from me uh, when it comes to this expansion. I did not think that we would be learning so much about the nature of not just, you know, this new world that we're on, but the nature of our world as well. Very clever right. with how they did that. Doesn't, I, Doesn't I, that I kind of become it. the brilliance, though, of the fact that we did this side story where we go to somewhere new because they don't have to focus on telling the story that we've been building yes. over the last couple of expansions. They can step away and say, great, while we're telling you this little story about Norvrant that you're going to be part of, we're also going to explain kind of everything. We're, we're going to explain very, very complex, deep uh, you know co- uh, issues that you know you've been struggling with but because you're not also having to juggle the politics of the world that you're in right. and you know the relationship of the scions and yada 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 right. it becomes a little bit more easy to wrap your head around I, I, yep. and, again, and, I, and I liked it it built the urgency back up too because in the beginning you're just kind of focused on okay I got to figure out where I am and how, how I'm going to help these people and okay this is all very new and right but then as as more and more details are revealed about the bigger picture i feel like the pressure kind of mounted to i gotta get back to the source holy shit like, like you know what i mean like we gotta we gotta stop the, these things from happening and i liked that absolutely that. absolutely so uh we also you know we we were talking about the various uh areas of of shadow bringers we've spent some time talking about uh Amarang as well as uh Kalusia. um but there's some there's some others in here that are also worth talking about uh ilmeg which was uh literally my my least favorite part of this whole expansion can i tell um, you nate that when i was playing through the expansion i was in the ill meg part going nate's gonna hate this yeah and i did but it fortunately it was v- pretty short 
and wasn't mm-hmm. wasn't that invasive and it didn't like it didn't that that part didn't force its lore on you and i was oh my god i was so relieved when i was like oh okay we're done here great let's get let's move the fuck on also that cutscene right before you fight titania was creepy af you know and and i will say that you know some of the some of the lore that existed in El- ilmeg wasn't terrible so oh. um you know it it, it may have had they the turn people into trees for fun yeah it, it, okay it, that that was a little freaky to realize because that took me a second i was like wait I'm, am i gonna get turned to a tree how do you how do you even come back the trees from that? that you go around watering in the beastman quest are like people yeah, yeah that, that, like, that was super freaky. Oh my god, quest. she's eating them. <laughs> and she's going to eat me too. Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> what about the uh, the weird what was it? Were they gophers or something? The uh um, talking about the beavers? The beavers was it? Or gophers? There was some like creature that they didn't know. Yeah, and there were, people are clearly turning into them, but like that was supposed to be the revelation, right? It was an Elmeg. It's a, it was a side quest, I think. You guys know what I'm talking remember. about? Uh, yeah, was no. What, was it a role? Was it part of the role quest? No, it's one. No. It, no, it was just literally some of the side quests there that you would do. And, I didn't do uh, any of those. It was bizarre. Yeah, the, one of the pixies goes over and gets turned into a beaver, and then they decide they like being a beaver, and they just stay a beaver. <laughs> what? Yeah, but, okay, like, yeah, I don't remember but, that like, at it, all. It's 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 a really weird thing where they're like, all right, go check it out, but watch out for beavers. And you're like, I didn't, I don't see your friend over there, but there is a beaver over there. Like that's weird. And then you go back, and they go check it out, and then like I think it's like three of them end up turning into into beavers, and you're just like, all right, this is weird. I'm out. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't do side quest. I didn't do any of that. If you'd like to be confused for 10 minutes, just go do that real quick one day. That's okay. Um I I listen, <laughs> I don't need I don't need this expansion's version of uh Namazu, which we're looking at right now. So, um not looking that bad. Uh, well, no, uh, the fairies No, 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 no. The fairies the fairies were this expansion's version of the fucking Moogles and there, no one can those, no those one can convince quests, me otherwise. Those beastman quests had a, actually had a pre- cool payoff with like a dream sequence storyline i thought it was actually really cool listen i didn't mind the fairies but the freaking dog people i i couldn't do it man the dog yeah the dog people were rough but the 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 fairy the fairy do you get it they were rough oh Oh, do you get it all right, I'm going away for another four years. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, the the, the, the fairy. I'll see you in the next Trump administration. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Don't say that. Don't there's, say that. There's a likelihood that that Stop could come it. true. Stop it. I know. Yeah, thank you, oh, Zeldoria. But but yeah, the 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 Pixie Beastman quest though had a really. I think it was the Pixie Beastman quest. Yeah, they had a really cool storyline. Must be purged. With with children. Um, <laughs> children having uh a pixie an evil pixie invade their dreams and yeah. give them nightmares and shit yeah and that was, it was like that was it was creepy as it hell was insane, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the beast tribe in in ilmeg was really good yeah so way like better as, than the dwarves as, exactly so like as annoying as the pixies were as a as a whole their little storyline was actually pretty compelling for the beast well, dailies just because it's the creepiest stuff ever all yep. with like this candy coated veneer of like cuteness <laughs> yeah and you're just like okay like, yeah but that's terrifying you're, and you're uh, building up these candy cane slides and and yes. go rounds and everything's just lovely except for the darkness creeping in correct it's ugh. god it's it's, it's, it's it's like alexa bliss except on in nff14 it's just ugh. yeah anyway yeah. um it, 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that that's mostly Ilmeg right there in a nutshell. Um, also, the music. Ugh. You know, like that, <laughs> that was, that was a miss. That was a miss for me on this. Uh, a, ra- a rare miss. A rare it's miss. Because I actually didn't hate it the first time through, but the more I had to go there, it really started to bother me. So, did you guys say this. Like, did you guys dislike the, the, bo- the, the primal there, the, that boss music or just the zone music? Titania was awesome. I yeah, no, Titania, Titania was yeah. fine. Okay. Okay. Just yeah. Listen, I thought that I, was great. I beat Shadowbringers three times, once on my main and twice on both alts. And, Are you okay? Ilmeg. Uh, <laughs> uh, gets rough the second time and rougher the third time I would it's not as bad that. as amarang 2 amarang 2 is the worst but yeah well it's bad. speaking of horrible music uh lahi we uh gotta talk about rock tika rock tika um oh. i really like the zone like the design of the zone like this is how you do a forested zone without a forest baby yeah without I wish i wish i had lahi playing every time i walked into the woods i'm just saying um Honestly, not that bad. I, I actually like. I know that there were a million memes uh, for Lahi, but it was not. That was. It wasn't bad. No, it, it was wasn't. Okay. It, it, it was it, all right. No, I, I would. It was really I, good. If I was going through this again, I would probably mute the music. Ah, <gasps> <gasps> I bought for for Rock Tika and for uh, Ilmeg. I would probably. Yeah. I would probably. Ilmeg, mute I understand. The, Ilmeg, I understand. I would probably so, mute the music. Amarang, if you do that, you go to jail. If you, I'm sorry, if you go to Amarang and you mute the music, you just go straight to jail. Just yeah. get have yourself turn yourself into the police. That is not a crime. Go, do not. Yeah, to yeah. Just go, go, go straight to, to jail. Soon. When you first go to that zone and like you're hearing the amazing music and then you jump into combat and hear the combat music, I lost my fucking mind, man. Yeah, that was no, so, the combat so fucking cool. The combat music was was uh, specifically very very good. Like ten out of ten, oh, yeah. right there. Um. So yeah, we've we've talked about uh, Amarang and Kalusia uh, as um, you know zones. I think that there's yeah. a lot there. We have not talked a lot about Vothri though. Um, yeah. We oh, yeah uh, yeah gold. Uh, and, and yeah, the, that whole, uh, you know, as soon as you see Vothri, you're like, oh, okay, I'm killing this guy. Uh, that guy, that guy's evil. I yeah. actually assumed he'd just have a heart attack and die himself. That was my thought, but. I, uh, listen, I'm going to say something that might not be popular with, I don't know, 47% of our uh, potential audience here, but Uh-oh. did anyone else think like, oh, yeah, uh, other countries are watching what's happening in the United States, and uh, that is a direct uh yeah. a, a, a direct parody of uh our president at the time that, that was <laughs> he was 100 percent meant to be yeah absolutely he, he he seemed very uh trumpy to me so um uh, yeah i and and i i don't listen i don't know if that was on purpose uh but i is it yeah. the weight or like the dictatorship that gave it away listen yes. I, if, I, it was it was it, he was he was one make Yulmore great again short of being like <laughs> this is a direct direct comparison yeah, right like correct. if he if he had said no, those better mule 
No one has better meal. Like the best yes, meal. you're. You're. Uh, yeah. Like it, uh, honestly, like it, it would, especially when he was throwing the fucking temper tantrum yeah. about about uh, uh, Alfino coming to the the other cat boys' uh, uh, defense. Like yeah. that uh, uh, specifically, I was like, oh wow, someone has a fly on the wall in the Oval Office. This is interesting. Yeah, um, when he showed up to help Kai Shear, uh, that was quite quite the moment where you're like oh boy someone we we as americans are being called out right now yeah i yeah rightfully so for sure um but a great villain great uh great you know like oh i want to beat the shit out of this guy like you know Mm -hmm. no question about it but like you know we've got we've we've identified some some layers that are happening here in Shadowbringers because you've got the overall uh you know conflict that is starting to break out between yulmore and uh the crystarium then there's the the rising conflict between specifically the warrior of dark and vothri as the uh you know the the final um uh god what are they fucking called uh, uh light warden light warden thank you uh you know and then you know you've got even the greater conflict of uh emmett selk there as well yep. and and uh, to me it was just it was a really fascinating layer cake of good storytelling that you know all complemented one another because at the end of the day there was sort of like this this like thread that ran through a lot of the the villains that was like oh you're doing terrible things but there's a reason that you're doing that vothri was none of that vothri no. was just pure contemptible piece of shit and i loved that i needed that like if every if every villain was so complex that i needed to gut check to to feel good or not whether i you know after i killed him i think that would have gotten a little bit old but having vothri in there as like your despisable contemptible uh uh, you know just "Ah, i can't wait to fucking tear this guy apart that was so so uh refreshing at, at that moment in in uh shadowbringers for me, Vothri served uh, two purposes. One was, like you say, he's contemptible character. I don't have to feel conflicted about. It. He's a palate cleanser to the other villains like Ranjit and and Emmett Selk, and he's also an excuse to let Alfino and later the Crystal Exarch absolutely style on him, which was awesome. Like, like yeah. we get to see the Crystal Exarch at his sassiest uh, against Vothri, which is really good. And the fact that he is one of the Light Wardens and ends up being the one that is the catalyst that starts us towards the conclusion of the story really worked really, really well for them. Um, One of the things that we haven't really hit on yet is that as we're going through this expansion and as we're going to each area, we defeat the Light Warden there. We absorb the light from the Light Warden. Normally, when a Light Warden dies, it just infects somebody else immediately and there's a new Light Warden. So they've kind of given up fighting them. But we're able to absorb the light into us and just kind of hold it. And right. then we, we basically blast a, some darkness up into the sky and we clear the light out of the area. But very quickly, uh, we do about two of these and it's fine. But on the third one, it's we get our first hints from Yishtola in Raktika Greatwoods where she's like, she doesn't recognize us at first because our ether doesn't look the same. Right. Uh, and then later on, she has a conversation with Urianje saying, you, you're going to tell her that this is killing her, right? Like, yeah. th- this isn't good for them. And I got so invested in the story the moment that happened. 
because I was so tired of us being the end-all, be-all hero. Of us, we show up, we solve any problem, no matter what it is. Oh, what? Shinryu's here? And he's fused with Xenos to create Ultra Shinryu? Cool. I guess we'll just go handle that, and then yeah. it's over, and now all Amigos free. Huzzah. It's, it's, oh, Suki. I mean, it's 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 interesting because, like, I think, uh, you know, at one point, the blessing of Heidelin sort of gave us this blanket, you know, just being the nature of being the warrior of light kind of yep. gave us this blanket license to solve any and all cosmic problems. And you're right. There was there was a a bit of like, oh, well, our mortality is in jeopardy, right? Like, yes, this is For the th- first time. Yeah, people were worried about us. People weren't just like, oh, like they were like, oh, great. The warrior of lights here um are we about to like kill them are they gonna die for this like right they like there's and that puts so much like in the way of stakes on it where i was like i feel mortal at a point where and to be clear when i'm starting to feel mortal the warrior of light is more powerful than they have ever been by far and Uh, yet i feel my most vulnerable in the Shadowbringer story i i agree with that 100 percent uh fufuu in our chat saying isn't vothri's complexity all from uh how he was uh, born and raised um yeah, i think that, that might yeah, well parallel to our yes. president too uh well our yeah you know you might not be wrong about that one yeah uh-huh. th- i think that that is an important point that is sometimes overlooked about vothri was that he was made a light warden before he was even born yep. and and so that's sort Sort of set him on this, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I, you could look at it as a predestined path uh, to right. becoming a piece of shit. And right. like, you, can, you can be tragic and also be contemptual. Uh, abso- like, you know what I mean? Yes, like- absolutely. 100%. And Vothri ticks both of those boxes. Um, but I, I guess that didn't that didn't impact me as much as something like the Elidibus storyline did. Yeah. Now, keep in, keep in mind. When I had played through Shadowbringers, I played all the way clear to to 5.4. So a lot of the stuff that came sort of after, uh, you know, Shadowbringers in some of the patches starts to run together a little bit for me. Um, So had I had I had a while to sort of sit with, you know, uh, uh, overcoming Vothri and then Emmett Selk, I might that that may have occurred to me. But you have a very good point there. You you take over. You you do both in 5.0. You, you you take down Emmett Emmett Selk and Fall Three. Yeah, yep. That's what I was saying. So, that's uh, but I, I sort of think that the Elidibus storyline overshadowed, at least for me, uh, it even over it even overshadowed okay. Emmett Selk to a certain degree because, because it was he went like, one right into the next. You're right. That makes yeah, sense. And, yeah, and, we, and it was and, a, and it ran very close uh, sequentially together for me too. So if I had a, a bit more time to have you know, thought about mm-hmm. what defeating Emmett Selk and Vothri had meant. I may have, yeah. I may have picked up on that a little bit more, but I, I went right. headlong pretty quickly into Elidibus. And my favorite part of this whole fucking thing was Elidibus. Elidibus literally like touched me, yeah. you know, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Cause I, I came back to the game in patch 5.2. Um, so I cleared up to 5.2 uh, and then had about two months to sit on waiting hey, for 5.3 and a little bit. And 5.2 lasted a long time because that was during their COVID delay. Yeah. Right. So, so, I, so. I, I, I did exactly what you're talking about. I came back to the game. I did the Elit- or the uh, Emmett Selk and Vothry stuff. And then 5.1 and 5.2, which were a little bit, we'll talk about it later. Oh. But like, 
slower, and then but I had time to sit and really appreciate Emmett Selk and Vothery for the villains that they were. So yeah, honestly, uh, five five point two cliffhanger was actually amazing. Like it was. the star showers. Yeah, that was yeah. that was really really good, nice touch. Yeah, so uh, we clear we we kill Vothery, yes. and that kind of sets us on the collision course to the end. Yes, uh, we. Uh, absorb the last light warden darkness returns uh to calusia everyone celebrates and then we start breaking our, our soul hole cracks open and it's not <laughs> soul uh, hole. Yeah. uh it, yeah and and we find out that it's been the crystal exarch's plan all along to allow you to absorb all this light he is then gonna take that light and he's gonna take it uh, you know take it into himself and go into the void and go to the void yes yep and he is about to do that when who shows up but hand-waving uh ombre-haired motherfucker uh emmett yep. selk and that's where their shoe drops yeah that's that's where okay all right here we go uh yep. Asian's doing Asian shit finally yep. this has and, been this has been coming for a minute and in classic Asian and specifically Emmett Selk fashion, fashion, we get him showing up. He shoots the the Exarch uh, and says, "No, that's not happening. That would really screw up my plans." Don't get me wrong; you've already screwed up my plans, but that would really screw it up. Uh, and it, they kind of the other science kind of call him out, like, "Why? What would? What? Why now? Why would you do it?" And he says the line that again I would would be the one I would ask Square Enix about is. I, I genuinely would have taken you on as allies, even though I consider you lesser beings. I was genuinely intrigued, provided they could live up to their end of the bargain and contain the light. And you're not able to. Uh, and he, again, it's a theme of failure. And I love it because it repeats in this story. He, But he even doesn't he say when he first shows up, the reason he has not fighting you and, and introducing himself and all that is he wants to see even though he knows it's in, it'll inevitably fail if you can come to an understanding and see his perspective. Well, at, at two reasons, he's, he states. He says, that is one. The other one he says is, I've seen what's happened to my brothers who choose to fight with warriors of light, and it goes badly. And he's right. Now, and and, yeah, well, and uh, Whether he actually believed it or not, I, I don't know that he actually did believe he would lose in a fight to you, and at that point he probably wouldn't have, but, like, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and again, he was right. He was absolutely right, because when it does come down to a final confrontation, uh, you know, yeah. uh, not just the Warrior of Light, but now this this new sort of status that we've been given as Azim, uh, uh, along with Ardbert becoming the eighth part of our soul to rejoin, uh-huh. uh, we strike down Emmett Selk. And okay. We have to talk about this because this gave us back to back two of the best cutscenes they have ever put in the game. The first one right before the Emmett Selk fight, where uh, once again our soul hole overflows and we're we're dying. Uh, we collapse to the ground and all the scions try to help. None of them can stand up to Emmett Selk, and Ardbert appears and asks if you could take another step. Could you do it? Could you save our world? Right. And he finally, after a hundred years, walking as a cursed shade, watching his failure and just constantly having to live with it, knowing he can do nothing to help, which, by the way, in the uh, single-player duty in uh, 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 Lakeland, where he tries to save the two people who are about to be killed by Sin Eaters, and all he can do is scream and watch them die. Yeah. Ugh. 
brutal scene. So, but but but, the, but I think the best part isn't just this amazing thing with Ardbert, but it's rather the end result of the fight where mm-hmm. Emmett Selch looks at us and instead of seeing our character, he sees someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Who we thought probably the time we thought was Hithlodeus, but no, it's not. Yeah, it's as, it must have been as as that he saw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we we fuse with Ardbert. He becomes our eighth, uh, the eighth shard of us uh, to rejoin with ourselves. And yeah, uh, we get the we get to stand up, and uh, the Exarch shows up and summons down warriors of light from other realms to come help us. By the way, another canon uh, instance of. Uh, other heroes coming to fight with us that we haven't had that in a while. Yep. And uh, yeah, what an amazing cutscene as you finally say, all right, Emmett Selk, let's do it. It's, it's you and me. And Emmett Selk gets to have this great line where he says, the winner, the victor shall write the tale and the loser become its villain. And oh, what a poetic oh. ending to that story. Yeah, it was incredible. Uh, and, and uh, you know, true words to life as well. You know, they, they, my, his, my his, world will have his, no need of history hero. is written history by the victors. The victor. Yeah, right, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so we uh, find out they're Hades. That's yeah, cool. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, just a, an amazing climax to an overall amazing story. Let's try to barrel through as much of these, uh, you know, patches as we can. Um, you know, the first one was kind of a, a bit of a letdown, but you end up going back to Flamin uh, to, to let her know um, Minfilia's fate. Uh, to me, really kind of definitively closing the Minfilia as an individual individual storyline yep yeah uh, definitely 5.1 a lot of uh who's going to be the mayor and uh <laughs> who can help us figure out how to get the scions home is basically what fills up 5.1 well I, I feel i feel like that's also when they finally alize's new purpose starts to come into light with yes. the tempering cure which is yep. which is you know d- playing a a decidedly large role in the events moving forward. I think in Endwalker that they're, you know, like with the tempering that is coming with a lot, you know, these uh, towers, uh, you know, it's going to be a huge uh, component of of everything moving forward. So learning learning that tempering can be reversed. I think that revelation is sort of at the heart of uh, patch 5.1. Also, we have in... uh, and when we haven't talked about this at all, but all throughout Shadowbringers, uh, we had been getting, and I had called them at the time uh, on the stream, Flash Sideways as a, as a bit of an homage to uh, Lost. Um, but we were getting, uh, you know, a parallel story that was being told back in the source of uh, Estinian uh, and uh, Gaius uh, yep. fighting against the Black Rose. Um, and, uh, you know, we. We uh, get a little bit more of the Astinian here, uh, and uh, also I believe it's the the throne room with Gaius, right? Correct. Those, the, it, yeah, the death yeah, of the, the emperor. Duty. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'd love like I'd love to take more time. I think it would have to be an episode into itself to talk about like the sorrow of Whirlit and that story arc with Gaius. But uh, like, oh yeah, oh, oh my man. gosh, that's a lot of revelations in that one. I was surprised. Yeah, well, I was about a redemption I, I, story done right. There he, you go. Absolutely. I, I, you know, for as much as we didn't get anything with the near raids in terms of, yeah. you know, like really tangible lore, I think that was made up with the Whirlit storyline. Uh, yeah. 
And Bozia as well, yeah. Um, I, I think that both of those are, are absolutely correct. So gotta just gotta keep moving forward, keep barreling forward here. Patch yeah. uh, five point two. Um, make a warrior of light. Yeah, it's sort of. I I think that it reinforced at least with me that the echo is not necessarily the primary gift. That's not you know because we knew that we weren't alone. There are people in Eorzea that also had the echo as well. But that you know, in terms of what makes the player character special, there has been a big shift in redefining it from you know your attachment to Heidelin and her blessing and the echo to now. Now your status as as him and what that means in sort of the greater, uh, you know, I, I guess, Asian lore uh, or cosmic lore. I don't, I don't know what you you would want to call it at that point, but sort of the uh, the the greater lore of all of Final Fantasy 14. Yeah, I think cosmic's appropriate in this case. Yeah, no, I think cosmic fits. Yeah. And I think you're right. It does kind of set up like we have known for a long time that there are different levels of uh people's gift with Heidelin. We've we've seen it with other people who have the echo that manifests in in lesser quote unquote lesser forms. Like we know uh that um Kryle ha- has the echo, but not in the same way that we do. Right. Warrior of Light seems to kind of get everything. We have all the powers of the echo. We we and, bought and, the season pass. <laughs> exactly. We bought the season pass. Theoretically uh, wasn't Minfilia supposed to be the same as us? Yeah, she was, but she sucks. So you know, uh, <laughs> yeah, she yeah, sucked sail, and died. She, was, she didn't. She didn't buy the other expansion. M- Minfilia was good at doing two things: sucking and dying. <laughs> I forget where I <laughs> ripped that off you from. Not getting captured. I, I ripped that off captured. from something. Uh, yeah, yeah. Get, yeah. Well, that's part of the Damn sucking. The stress. Yeah, that's part of the sucking. Sale also had that same problem. Phrasing. Um, fair enough. Decibels. Right, uh, yeah, anyway, the ending of five two, the star showers come down. What an amazing fucking cliffhanger. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. kind of awkward that that was also the biggest patch gap I think they've ever, they've had <laughs> after that. Good cliffhanger, though. Good cliffhanger. cliffhanger. Um, Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, the star shower is, I think, a really interesting element because uh, I think now we can sort of conclude that that is, uh, uh, you know, an echo of that big first calamity that threatened, uh, you know, Amorot and the the Asians that is uh, playing out uh, again and again. And I think that that's really fascinating because that goes all the way back to the very earliest moments of even 1.0. Um, so, you know, what I, I, I can't I cannot in good conscience sit here and say, oh, they've had that part of it planned. No fucking way. They've retconned that no. very well, very no. well. So that's really I mean, cool. Uh, cr- credit where credit's due. The entirety of this expansion uh, is a lot of good building on prior stuff and also a lot of good retconning that they hid very skillfully. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so 5.3, uh, we get the continue, basically picking up where 5.2 left off. Uh, we find out that a lot of the new heroes that have been made are now wanting to leave and go out and be adventurers and be heroes. And we realize that their world needs ditch diggers too. That's basically the, the lesson in the beginning of that. <laughs> but of course we move into the second half where we find out about the warrior of light, like the FF one warrior of light, the original hero yeah. uh, and the many different arc incarnations they've taken over the years. And we also get my favorite single player duty we've ever done where we basically go back and forth with a fighting through our entire history 
uh, being reminded that we are no better than they are in their eyes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, so good. I love it so much. And then, and then, like the you know, after we take down a little bit, and like it kind of, we we finally that payoff that that storyline's been going on with the bullet crystals of Grahatia's blood. Yeah, you know, trying to like you know, and, and getting every, all the science back to the source because at this point, it's, it's five three is now mirroring the end of uh stormblood where the where the fuck are their souls and the signs keep disappearing right right right. So that, right and and you know that payoff at the end where everyone is everyone is back and they do that little credits and you know everyone shows up and everyone's well, there and then and then graha grahatia is back and we show that he's he's, he's alive dork yeah and he's one of us and he's just oh my god he's so such what a guy i don't know it's, <laughs> it was so fun well so and then before and then, and then, that like, the, yeah. Before that, we we got to talk about Elizabeth because uh, to Nate's point, uh, just two Asians in a row with incredible stories that finally pay off. And boy, I'm so glad they're focusing on La Habrea and the uh, the or in one of the raids for and Walker because yeah. he really got done dirty compared to the other. Definitely, un- definitely. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, for he sure. No build up. He did, what? He took over Thancred and we beat him up and like that was. And then he gets murdered by um, the king in. Uh, oh, right. uh, in, the right. se- in heaven's word what's his name the uh the the pope You're right right dragon pope yeah yeah uh, thornton thank you, you. thornton yes there you go uh yeah. so yeah he got done dirty but uh we get the final encounter with elitibus where we find out that elitibus is a primal uh, is basically the the uh Asian equivalent of a primal dedicated to his mission as the emissary to balance light and dark sometimes he's a friend of the Asians, sometimes an enemy of them um, and I mean, he makes the classic Asian mistake, which makes him a perfect exemplar of the Asian. Uh, he gets he gets fucked up in the coolest aetherite or white orosite ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what I uh, what I thought was really interesting was more the revelations of who Elidibus was back in the the days of Amarat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the fact that he was a kid. He was a kid yep. with yeah. all of this pressure and expectation put on him of like you're you're our hope. You're like, the emissary. Yeah. Like you have th- to be the hero. And, and and yeah, like the fact that that he, you know what what we knew, everything that we had interacted with Elidibus was him as a primal. Um I st- but it, it's still like I thought it was enormously tragic. To, you know that scene of you know that that we get of him um you know uh basically like putting his his memories into these stones that we've been picking up um god damn that was just brutal oh yeah that was just yeah. heartrending and it's like you know like yeah how like how desperate do you have to be to you know, and this the, these are a lot of the same, uh, I think, themes that uh, pop up in in something like uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. But how desperate as a society do you have to be to heap all of the expectation of like you're gonna you're the guy, you're a kid, but you're the guy it's on you. It's all on you. You have to be the guy because there is no one else. No, yeah. no, it's it's to me it's that brutal. was just that oh that that. That was maybe the the most impactful part of the whole yeah. Asian story. Yeah, because it makes you think, you know, what what could have been if all that pressure wasn't mounted on this person. And 
Yeah. Sucks. Get in the robot, uh, Olympus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I mean, yeah, <laughs> Thank you, Fusro. Uh, so, appreciate that. Uh, we, we do defeat Olympus uh, and kind of, even though he's a primal, he is fully tempered. He can't really be reasoned with but to an extent we do reach him uh we get a great scene in the fight with him where he sends us to the void i love his strategy of yeah. like i'm probably not going to win in a fight but you can all go to the void and you can just deal with that forever we get saved by um emmett selk who shows up uh as his uh robed self and uh, for a minute i thought it was hithlodeus once again until we got the sassy hand wave and it's like <laughs> all right never mind yeah emmett selk coming to the rescue good guy uh we uh the exarch ends up giving his life to uh activate the crystal tower and use it as aura sight to trap um elitibus and put an end to him but don't worry he'll be back yeah thus kind of is an end to our time on the first everyone goes home and we get a scene back on the uh back on the source that to me at least rang very clear of the last time everyone was all happy together like oh my god it was such a flag, dude. Yeah. Like, the entire, yeah. The entire that, thing was a flag. Like, that it was, whole it had like seven, seven Shit's hits. about to go sideways. Yeah. yeah. That whole cutscene, I was just thinking, like, we're going to remember this cutscene in a flashback in the next expansion at some point. Oh, it's going to be. It's going to be. Oh, I it's going to be. That. I just felt very sweet and happy. Well, oh, well, depends, no, 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 no. It depends. We're, gonna, we're totally going to be revisiting those moments in, like, yep. a sepia toned snapshot of like you know like that they're at the table and like fucking uh you know uh 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 head is down on the table and then it cuts back to where we're at and it's Alphino's head, head in our hands on the table no our head is his head is in our hands and we're like oh god how did we oh, get here god. like it's Holy just th- to me like that's that yeah like that is the ultimate setup for like oh it's all gonna go to I, fucking hell i, I kept I yep. kept going back and forth in that scene, whether is this a nice moment of hints of the future? Because like the twins make an obvious reference that they're getting new outfits and yeah. you know, silly stuff like that. Yep. Or or is this is this like supposed to be a setup for something darker? And also what happened to Graha? That sucks. And then he just shows up and you know, they're oh, we're off to another grand adventure. But it's it's really hard for me to tell from that tone whether it's it's supposed to be one way or the other. Is it is it supposed to be this happy oh this is this is this is the the uh the hand you know like the high five freeze frame over the credits right right before right before the next episode that opens with your partner's chest like blown wide open from like a a 45 that you know like some fucking robber you know what i mean like it's like that's that's exact like i this is like 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 fucking law and order setup right here like it's it's like that kind of tone where i'm like oh this is gonna be so bad what what i worry about is did we and again it goes back to the timey wimey thing because of what happened and what we had to do to save graha and what we went through did we really save anything did our did they they called the one patch after that like futures rewritten did we really i i dude i i have to think that after the Heidelin thing, like I, I think that the repercussions of the whole time travel are are a hundred percent. We're going to be dealing with those um, throughout like the next series of content uh, for yeah, sure. I hope I hope so. Uh, going back to our phone lines, uh, we've got uh, Ahanu uh, from Genova who wants to talk about Asim. What's going on, Ahanu? Hey Nate. Hey everybody. What's going on? Thanks for calling Limit Break Radio. I did want to bring up something that I 
think, at least in my personal opinion, is I don't think Elidibus was the first Warrior of Light. Um, I, and I think my idea makes him even more Tragic Figure. When they talk about Asim, they talked about how he was the Wanderer. He explored the world, met other people, learned, solved problems, which kind of describes what the Warrior of Light is. Hmm. Right. And I think the reason why Elizabeth was raised up to the Convocation at such a young age is we weren't there. So there's... Okay, let me let me riff off that because I'm 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 super with you. So we get there's one of the stories that they told uh, uh, surrounding Emmett Selk and Elidibus uh, talking about Asm and how they went and saved this island that was being uh, that a volcano was exploding to, and they ask why, and uh, apparently like apparently Asm thinks the grapes are really good, uh, and so they don't want the island to be destroyed, and I could totally see that the warrior of light the ff1 warrior of light that elidibus kind of transforms into being there a, a child's viewing of asm a child's mm. a childlike wonder of this hero who walks around the land and just saves people who need help i could yeah. totally see that being what elidibus is and what yeah, that it's, primal it's, is it's it's an ideal it's a vision it's, yes. it's an ideal it's not really anything anyone who is real it's, it's, it's their an, ideal well especially an ideal especially a child can have well and, right. es- and especially because he you know he ended up becoming a primal so again becoming reformed it's a kind of different entity but you know also uh uh kailani in the chat uh bringing up a really good point that elidibus was also a title much like uh the rest of the convocation um so you know i but i think that that was less germane to the point of the fact that you know um i think that there was even an elidibus before the kid right or am yeah. I wrong about that? No, I believe there was. Yeah, I thought uh, there was, yeah. It's tricky because we don't know how many of them, because remember, they're immortal beings. We don't know how many of them have been that title for a long time or forever in well, some cases. Well, I think we can assume, though, that it's been the same one with that title since the Sundering. Oh, yes, yeah, 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 because I, I, what at least my understanding of, of them explaining the titles was that the convocation of 14 was a, 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 a some sort of uh, established body long before their uh, calamity. And it was really their calamity that cemented. And, and, and again, like, you know, when you have a, a society that is run uh, for a really long time, I think the United States is finding this out right now, is that like you're not maybe at that point, you're not getting the best people that are, are being put in positions of power. Maybe they're not the most fit people. And I think like by the time that that calamity threatens that world, that, that convocation may not have has have been as wise or heroic as previous incarnations of of that so yeah i I, and and the nature of it being a title i think is also to show that there was you know that there was uh you know people who held these positions before the entities that we know as you know uh Elidibus and uh the other ones i can't and I to can't be fair that was also the point of asm remember was asm was meant to be the one who doesn't stay in amarat they are meant to be the one who goes out and experiences the world and sees the needs of the world and very much to your point nate about that kind of decay and stagnation that governments can see after a long time remember that the rest of the convocation didn't really like Asm, even though Asm is the one that is connecting with the people they're supposed to be helping and representing. Very good oh, point. Oh, Weary Wanderer. Very good point. Well, weary Wanderer, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Uh, Ahanu, thank you very much for the call. Appreciate it. Good hearing from you. Yeah, great to see the show. Yep. Um, all right. So uh, I, I think we've got one more caller on the line. We'll get to uh, Chile here in uh, in just a second. But, you know, just continuing to uh, to, to plow ahead uh, 5.4. I think the you know, yeah, we save the kobolds and stuff like that. We're, we're putting it's tempering. Yeah, we're, we're putting that tempering thing into practice. However, the big the big revelation is, of course, uh, Fan Daniel uh, or Fandango, whichever you want to uh, call mm-hmm. him and lunar bahamut appear on the scene and uh we get the towers the towers i think uh going to be a big part of uh whatever comes next in endwalker because of course the towers are not are tempering people for garlemald um but uh but also at the same time heralding this uh you know this big calamity that uh fandango is uh is trying to usher in can i just say this about can i just say this about fandaniel literally fan fan daniel like they saw the reaction to emmett selk this kind of quirky kind of funny different assian than the one we're used to and how positive the reaction was i'm like okay do more of that like fan daniel is the mortal combat annihilation to emmett (laughs) selk's mortal combat Uh, he he sucks with (laughs) but i think they did that on purpose i think they were like hey hey you don't have to sympathize with all the Asians. Some of them are just fucking cuckoo. Well, dude, the, yeah, well, yeah. He, shows, he, he shows up right away like, don't bother looking into my backstory. You won't find anything interesting. I'm just evil. <laughs> he, you know what? He seems like a freakazoid villain, right? Like, it, oh my god, we're fighting the lobe? Yeah, like, surprise! <laughs> Hi, here I am. There is nothing to tell about me, but uh, I am now your super villain. You oh, know, it, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. Or like Fan a Daniel tick villain. Guy in my he's, yeah, he's, like, like, a, he's like, like a tick villain. I like that he's like trying to like work with Xenos and he's like not getting much out of him, but he's like for some reason he seems very invested in kind of playing along with what Xenos wants. Yeah, I haven't quite figured that out yet. They're a really weird, odd couple. I'm not sure that I'm into this reboot. Um, <laughs> yeah, they sure are. Like, listen, I, I again, I think Xenos is um, the Zodiac equivalent to us, which would make yeah, that's fair. Fan Daniel like his scion so like like i think the scions do show deference to us in a lot of cases uh he ends up showing deference to to um uh xenos because listen he just watched the entirety of the unsundered get killed by us he knows he's not beating us in a fight yeah he's like yeah i want some of that also xenos had a dream or something and it involved amara and that got fan daniel all kinds of fucked up yeah, yeah. I, there's I don't, there's something uh, there's something there. Th- yeah, there's something that's going on with Fan Daniel for sure. Um, I, first of all, if they can just animate him skipping and prancing around a little bit more, that would be great. Um, I I, <laughs> yes. I laugh endlessly every time that that happens. But there's there's another there's another thing that's uh, that's that's happening there. You know, I think first Fan Fandango is like maybe the very first like true nihilist. Uh, you know, like the uh, 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 of the series i think you know like a lot of people called xenos a nihilist and uh i think that might also be accurate but like xenos is too boring to be a nihilist true i don't know Fan, yeah Fan daniel truly does just want to watch the world burn and that's interesting, yeah i guess i, I don't know if uh, there are some uh, philosophers that are also really boring as well so you know the, fair enough yeah uh so there's there's one other uh side story though 
um, unless you had another point. I'm not fan. No, go ahead. There. Yeah, there's, there's that one other side story. I'm just want to. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it was really bizarre. That anyone else find it bizarre? That little side story we did in Limsa with the pirates and Mer- Merwib. Yeah, what oh, was that all about? That was in five four. That, that was in five four. I forgot about that. I can't yeah, remember exactly. that. Nika, you don't remember that? Like I do. I remember you because Merwib. Merwib. Yeah, your, yeah, it's your bank. I remember that it was a thing, but I can't remember why we did it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't either. I, I, I honestly am also forgetting why we went to there was the pirates a, anyway. There was an evil pirate thief that we were tasked yeah, we, with stopping. Oh, because yeah, we, we they were trying the to they were trying to broker peace with the Sahagan the same way we had done with the Kobold. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they were trying to get all the beast tribes together, which they do. Right, the next, and they're like, as long as, these, as long as these thieves are fucking it up, we're never going to be able to broker right. peace with our and, beast tribe. Yeah, and Merlewib, and, and there's, there's some revelations of stuff we already kind of knew about, like, the last big pirate guy and who you know yeah and and some other stuff and she kind of just has like a weird fucking duel and wins with the the guy yeah yeah so it's kind of cool little weird pistol duel but it just felt so out of place it, yeah compared it, to it, everything else that was happening it sort of felt a little bit like filler for sure yeah it sure did yeah, yeah but all right didn't need to be there but and then speaking speaking of filler 5.5 yeah 5.5 uh, this uh this was such this was such a uh uh, uh like I, I don't even know what to call it a, a punt maybe like I feel like yeah. with with how much expectation they had built up with fan fest like yeah. I was really ready for like some some kind of like crazy shit to pop off around 5.5 yeah. and then with what we got I was I was really disappointed it was a big time we'll see in November like that was like like let's, like the entire thing was we free Tiamat from the tech yep. ring. Okay, interesting plot point that didn't go anywhere yet. Another uh, one of the brood. Uh, uh, Very uh, interesting. Yep. Uh, Arnvold is crippled and is giving Alfie no emotional plot reasons to do things. Okay, great. Alfino's dad is a dick. Yep. Oh, dude, super dick. Okay, he's he's a dick. We knew from the trailer. Now we know in game, great. We all know he's a dick when we go into the, the next expansion. Hey, we, by the way, we, I have a question. Are Arnvold and Fordola banging? Uh, well, sure. they, yeah, absolutely. Okay, oh, yeah. all right, all right, because I, I, I picked that up there, and I'm like, hmm, this seems like you guys got a little bit intimate. I mean, they've been like traveling and doing shit together for a long time at they, this point, off screen. I don't know so, so much they are banging, but they had, they've been banging. Listen, they are definitely banging, and Fordola is definitely topping, especially now. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this is like, LBR. Like, you guys, you guys didn't like though that the ending of five five was just or five 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 whatever was just Fan Daniel shouting into the fucking sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was weird. I'll relieve those creatures of their meaningless existence. It's just that, that's it. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It yeah. was it wasn't strong. Uh, we do. I mean, we get a couple interesting things, right? Like, so in the first half of it, we we find out uh, that the beast uh, the beastmen are being basically forced to be tempered uh, and then forced to. Uh, summon their primals, which is messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's cre- like they've basically found a way to automate primal summoning by enslaving people, yeah, and that is primal, so primal assembly line. It is. It, it's and that's actually a really interesting concept. We get the Pagalfan dungeon, which is one of the best dungeons they've ever done. Uh, best four man dungeons I've ever played. I love Pagalfan. Um, which one was and that? And then the, uh, the the one where you uh, are helping the Amalja. Hmm. Is is that the one that ends with Lunar Bahamut? Yes. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you fight Lunar Bahamut at the end of it. Uh, thought that was going to be a bigger plot point. I didn't realize that was just going to be a dungeon boss, but okay. Yeah. Uh, build, we think it's going to be this big, big deal. And it's like, oh, no, he just fell over. Okay, never mind. We got him. We, we can handle this. Womp, womp. Uh, and then in 5.55, we uh, find out the fallout of that. What happened to Aaron Vault? Obviously, he is crippled. We meet... Um, Finally meet for the first time uh, Alphano's father, who uh, is coming to give Charleans a response to whether they'll come to help. And big surprise, they come and say F off. Yeah, shocking. He's a dick. Uh, I have heard a theory go around about Alphano's father. Uh, The big reveal there is that he disowns Alphano and Alice and strips them of their last name, Uh, which, wow. Dick move, but I, I did hear, when he did that. I, I heard a theory that he's probably he might be actually doing it to allow them to continue doing the work that they're doing to yeah. kind of be like like yeah. you cannot do what you're doing as a levier so yeah go keep doing what you're doing but i have to strip you of your name to the, do it the big the big prevailing theory that, that on top of that that i keep hearing of is that this entire reason for coming there was actually because he in a weird way wants them to go there like yeah he is he is he is he's giving them hints and setting them up his, to go there purposefully his presence is the message right yes we, exactly. we talked we and they kind of hinted that like hey you came all this way yeah and then they're like you came all this way to tell us no what yeah. that doesn't make any sense i, I think an, a message would have sufficed yeah i th- i mean i think that that's a really good you know that's a that's a very apt observation there um so i, I like hating him i hope he's just a dick yeah, I, you know, I, I think uh, I, I think, you know, the relationship between Charlea uh, or old Charlean, I guess, um, yep. and and the rest of Eorzea, you know, we're going to get that fleshed out a lot in and uh, Walker and Yastola should give him some sass, according to the trailer. Of course. Yeah, that's a sass. yeah. I don't know. I, I think, I you know, the setup here is really good. I just think that there was not a really compelling cliffhanger at the end of there wasn't. five. 5.5 or 5.55 so, or anything I, I know we criticize square for being formulaic but hypocritically i can't help but be disappointed that they dropped the formula this time they did like we get the the final duty in cartano uh where uh we find out that um uh, Fandango is trying to use the, the basically the ley lines of energy or of ether that run through them to do a massive summoning that's going to be bad news bears for everybody. Yep. And uh, we go there and we literally just foil his plans like we always do. It's, it's the most straight up. Okay, we showed up and we stopped you, and even he's kind of at the end of like, well, that's annoying. And then that's just kind of it. Yeah, it's not, it, it doesn't even rise to the outrage of Scooby Doo villains. <laughs> he just kind of goes like, huh. Well, that's a bummer. And then he leaves, I, I, and we just look at the moon. I do, like there's there's another aspect of of um, Fandango that I think is really interesting, and he's made mention of this a couple of times where he's talked about like players on a stage, and uh, part of me wonders if he's he doesn't have some like deep ulterior motive. Um, yeah, that could be. Yeah, I I don't know. I I'm 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 very I'm much more interested in Fandango than I thought I would be. But it, you're right. His reactions to things seem off. Like yes, well, yeah, and much. perform he, he and, and again and to your point about him, the the you know him yelling at the sky. Some of his things seem very performative. I yes. think I think that's his entire thing. It's a performance. He's being really open with us, quote unquote, but not really. He's all just an act to get us to be aggressive 
to him. He clearly has some ulterior motive with Zeno's dreams, and there's something going on there that he cares about because that's the only time it looked like he had a genuine reaction or yeah. shocked anything. Yeah. Either of the time, it's been his hands in the air, like ha 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 ha, like look at me. Yeah. Now so, we yeah. do get one major thing that happens that we have to talk about, which is uh, Heidelin. For the first oh, yeah. time in two expansions, we get to talk to Heidelin, and not only do we get to talk to her. But she manifests on the source, and we get to see her. Sup, girl? Well, that's basically the extent of the conversation. Is, <laughs> exactly. Sup, girl. It really it's is. Like, it's but, like, sup, girl? We're doing an expansion? Nice. She, Sweet. But she shows up and says to you that the fate of this star now rests it solely in your hands, which I was like, that's not been the case for a while. I feel like that's kind of always been the, the deal. But I think that was the purpose of her actually manifesting on... Uh, on Eorzea is to say no 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 there, there is, this isn't over you can there is a way out of this but it's solely in your hands and also now we know who that uh, woman is on the poster it was Heidelin yeah there you go um also uh we should mention you know we talked a little bit about Whirlit. um I, just in general excellent storytelling uh Beautiful. lots of lore uh a lot of uh I, I think you know if you're if you were disappointed that you didn't get a whole lot of direct garlean lore both yeah. uh Whirlit and uh bazja should be able yeah. to sate your need for that um, i cried at the end of Whirlit. a lot of the side stories also if if you do want more world building they, most of them are quite good. There's only a handful of meh ones. Out yeah, there. Uh, I, I would also. Yeah, I would also say um, there is the the sort of like Gundam Evangelion aspect of Whirlit that is, oh, yeah. you know, like a lot oh, boy, thematically yeah. is mirrored in the story. So if you have not done that, I, I really have to encourage everyone to do it. It, yeah, it beating may children's beating children so they get in the robot. You guys know the deal. Come on, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah. You know, it's it's uh, like. I again I think it's one of the most finely told stories even even though you end up at one point f- fucking fly piloting a giant r- robot it's ridiculous yeah, but for some reason like I was m- mad okay with it I, I like how Yoshida just kept like saying like we really like Gundam <laughs> like, well it's not literally I, I, I midway, cool, though. it wasn't I'm just that the sapphire weapon fight like is this armored core what is this it, it, <laughs> it's, it's not just that but there was there was uh someone who had passed away Yoshida had actually uh written about this on one of the developer blogs um that you know I I'm not sure if it was someone who had an uh you know like an attachment to to dad of light I think it may have had something to do with that but there was uh someone that uh, was a big fan of of FF14, and they were also a huge fan of Gundam. And both Yoshi and uh, and this guy, uh, um, yeah, uh, maybe they shared a passion for. It. Yeah, maybe. and they they were yeah they were both huge fans of Gundam, and this yeah. was sort of like an homage to them. That really like you know, if I held any resentment of like why am I piloting a giant Gundam, like it sort of washed right. away once that story had come out the, the um, entirety of Warlet was was it was very so good powerful it was so yeah, good i loved it yeah I it was at the end. it was the actor from dad of light thank you chile yeah um so uh that i just wanted to mention that the boss just stuff is really good uh and, yep. uh and a fun system too i i genuinely enjoyed uh the system there uh the eden raids it was you know uh, like 
Oh God, we we they, it could be an entire episode in and of itself. Um, storyline was great. I mean, it, the storyline was really really good. I thought like you know getting a payoff on getting to see the rest of the the sort of blighted world of Norvrant was really really cool. Um, Reen and Gaia are gay. You'll never convince me otherwise. Yeah. Reen and Gaia are for sure gay. That's a million that's percent. About the, about the only thing about that storyline that didn't pay off. Yes, because of course it didn't. It's Square Enix, you bastard. Yeah, right. Um, but you know the world transformation. Um, you know uh, how Eden was sort of like the originator of uh, you know the the um, flood was also I think a, a really interesting plot point. The way that they kind of worked FF eight as a theme around it was also really really good. Um, just fantastic. Near I could throw that whole shit away. Um, so I don't I don't think I I have. A real desire we talked about it last time a little yeah bit. i don't th- i don't think i have a real desire to to talk about near it, it, i did it, them all once yeah i, I yeah, exactly do them once it, again it was a lot of fan service for near fans and no lore connection to this world which was so weird okay yeah, so that it just I'm, I'm sorry just it just seemed like bad writing for a new person who didn't know what was going on so yeah, I was super okay. confused the whole time yeah okay let me tell you, I played the near games and still was confused. So yeah, fair enough. Right. Okay. Awesome. Like, end of story, like, yeah. The thing is, is that the first two raids were quite like they made a little bit of sense and you could see how there was going to be some big culminating payoff. But then in the end, they just went out of left field and actually made zero sense. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Uh, that's kind of the uh, the the bottom line there with all of the kind of side story stuff. I would say all of them are worth doing, except maybe the near stuff. That was literally Pretty the last. That was literally the last things that I did, and it was just like it, it, th- some of these set pieces are really cool, but other than that, it's really not not anything to write uh, home about. The last bit of story in this that I I want to make m- quick mention of is uh, the role quests. Uh, each yes. of the role quests sees you interacting with one of the other original warriors of light of that world and kind of resolving their story. Uh, and you have to have uh, each of the, the uh, is it four of them, I think it is, uh, leveled up to, uh, to 80 to be able to do them all. Right. And if you complete all of them, you get an extra set of quests that resolves another plot point from all the way back in Heaven's Word uh, that I thought was very interesting. Oh, Nate, Jesus. am I okay to talk about that? Uh, I have not done this, but you know what? Go ahead. Okay, so if you clear them all, uh, you will get a series of quest lines wherein you'll go talk to Una Kalhai in um, uh, still in the uh, the solar of the Rising Stones. Yep, and uh, you use the same method that you use to get the Scions back to uh, the source to send him to the first. Um, oh. Which is, is great because Beck Lug sees that you brought him over there and sees the thing in his hand for how he got there. And she like yells at you like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> you know what it took to get them home? And you do a series of quests uh, surrounding Unakalhai and uh, the Shadow Keeper uh, who betrayed the original Warriors of Light and led to the Flood effectively. Oh, and then you Holy begin... shit. Then you send them into the void, and they start working on a way to fix the void. I, I only did okay, two, what? two of the role, role quests. Yeah, I gotta go I do have, this right okay, now. I need to... I, yeah, yeah I I'm, I'm telling you. I've only done two or three. Like, it just yeah, touches all on all these. It just touches on all these things. Like it doesn't like pay them all off, but it is a great setup to some uh, more story that we can I, see. I, I gotta hit a healer and something else to eighty. Theory <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah with me. Let's do it. There is okay. There all is right. one. There is one more thing that I really want to talk about before uh, we sort of wrap up and take our last caller here, and that is, uh, listen, we're building towards the twentieth 
year of Final Fantasy XI. And there has been a whole lot of speculation, especially make, with make what, me feel things, especially with what we've learned about the nature of the universe surrounding Final Fantasy 14 that has made some people point to some similarities and some connections that can be drawn between specifically some of the stories that started being told around Rhapsodies of Vana Deal. And I just wanted to to get your guys's take on, you know, again, we're moving towards the 20 year anniversary. Um, you know, it's going to be it's going to occur in sort of a a midway point uh, between, um, you know, when when we get and Walker like that, that 20 year, like we just turned to the 19. So we'll still be in the expansion series of patches for and Walker mm-hmm. once we hit that 20 year. Do you guys want to see some sort of canon connection built between these two worlds? Is that a way for Square Enix to go back to Von Adil in a way that that makes some kind of sense? Uh, what do you guys think about some of the rumors that exist like that they might be trying to join, uh, you know, these two worlds in a story capacity? So I genuinely believe that Vanadiel is one of the reflections of the source. It would probably um, be the eleventh. If well, I, had I would to guess. think so, right? That, that <laughs> makes sense to me. Right? Uh, they have so. Like, we saw it in the first. How many things are in indeed reflections of the source, and that would explain why there are so many references to eleven in. Uh, 14. It would also explain why you had the seasonal events where Iroha and Shantoto managed to show up on on uh, on the source for a period of time. You could tie a lot in that way. I also had a theory at one point that um, that Vanadil, uh, if the empty did consume the world at Rhapsodies of Vanadil, that was the void. Yeah. Uh, given given yeah. how they use the same race basic races i mean obviously they made some adjustments you know when they made 14 they they can get away with a lot Wait, like, one of their they, original plans was to have a door in your mog house you could click on and jump to the other world yeah well so, here's the i mean here's the thing like even when you get to norvarant they call uh you know uh, uh they call people humes and that was yes. like sort of like one of my first it, indications where it was like oh, they, oh fuck what if what if 11 is just another one of these shards yeah they actually i think they all almost all of the 11 names are used in norvent for most of them yeah i mean what? i i think it was oh, something different from galka but that's all right yeah can you ima- can you imagine if we were, were we're doing the final encounter right with um uh, uh, Zodiac, or whether it's Xenos or Zodiac, or, uh, whoever it ends up being, we're doing that final encounter, yeah, and it's going badly for us. And then a you, they say something to the effect like a brilliant luminance shines on the eleventh, and you know our our champion there helps us. That's oh, awesome, dude! How cool would that? Like if you could, what a fun payoff! Yeah, like oh man, hey, I, no, wait, I, there, I don't know, wait, I don't know wait, that there'd be any way to do that, but like that would be insane. FF11 crossover didn't what's her face Iroha say that you reminded her of her mentor which is supposed to yes. be your player character oh in the shit other world? yeah yes. you are right so they, I'm so telling like, you our hero in, in Vanadil is another they, reflection of us yes, so not, yes 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 not to rain anyone's parade but I, the main thing that makes me think Square's probably not going to do any of this is just they don't want to spend money here's the thing 
Uh, Strife, go get uh, another podcast. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> if you're going to wrap up Final Fantasy Eleven in a way that makes sense, let's say they, they're finally pulling the plug on those servers. That's that's their big announcement. We've run this thing right. for 20 years. We're going to run it for five more, and then we're going to unplug it. Okay. Right. What a well, what, announcement. What an amazing way to sort of pay that off by making your Eleven character in some way, you know, work into the character of your 14 character i i, I just I, even in a just it, a storytelling sense it's it's immensely satisfying okay yeah, here we go a, i've got it i've got it i've got it we are they they come out they say all right it's the 20th anniversary of ff11 i don't know if you guys have noticed but this game's a little old and jank at this point so here's what we're doing we're winding down the servers here they'll be they'll be here for another oh five years or so or however long they run it for and then 11 and 14 are merging. Your uh, the, Those two shards are going to end up merging. And we're going to get, if you have a character in 11, that character merges with your character in 14. Otherwise, if you've only played 14, you know, the hero of the 11th merges with you. Yeah. Oh. De- just from oh a my te- God. technical perspective, it's it's a really cool idea. It's not going to happen, though. Like, they, the Yoshida said too many times in interviews about 11 and 14, how he views them as very different models and very oh, yeah. different games. I, I, I would but love again, for if you're, more if, of Vanadale to show up in Aorcia. If I you're don't. pulling, hang on, if you're pulling the plug and all you, the right. only data that is germane at that point is. You know, because you know your your Final Fantasy eleven account is attached to the same account as your Final Fantasy fourteen account. So the only yeah. the only data that's germane is your character's race, what face they had, what hair color they had, and the gear that they happened to be wearing when those servers went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be, that would be cool. Maybe and someone in the chat already said it, but maybe they could make it your retainer or something. Could be. Oh, actually, that would be cool. That would be even uh, cooler. You- it kind of on that same theme something i would love to see them do uh in endwalker or at, just at some point it doesn't have to be endwalker but like i'd love to see them tie in if your character is married like if your character mm. is married like make some reference or some cutscene where you see the face of your partner um like when you need like inspiration well, or something. well you know what we 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 have that we have that raid that's coming uh at yeah. the place where you get married so maybe yeah, that true. will no i'm just kidding. yeah man yeah we're gonna go fight the gods and they'll yeah. reference the fact that they know we're married yeah right? yeah sense yeah i like it um all right so maybe that's why we're getting the menfina earring isn't she the lover oh god mm. uh-oh uh-oh Anyway, all right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for our uh, spoilerific uh, story discussion of all things Shadowbringers. Um, I do want to go back to our phone lines here one more time really, really quickly. Uh, Chili Rosewing from Gilgamesh. What's going on, Chili? Hello, everyone. Hey, thanks for uh, calling Limit Break Radio. Appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for having me on. It, I know it's very late here, but um, you know, uh, it's it's late here too. It's also really hot. I mean, like five a.m. where you are, Chile. I know. Yeah, it is five a.m. Wow. Oh my god. Jeez. <laughs> well, All right, let's it. let's make this quick so you can get to bed. What's what's up? Well, what I brought up earlier was uh, so long ago. That I'm trying to bring something else up. I guess. Um, we you were talking about the raid um, just now. Yes. My, yep. I have a couple of theories about that raid. Now we know from Shadowbringers that. Lahabrea was um, basically a mad scientist during Admiral era. Yep. What if the new raid is just going to be his craziest 
like creations that he made while he was still alive back then <laughs> and moved over to the moon. It's a void sent, because- sent zoo on the moon. There you go. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, there there is there is uh, precedence for that. Yeah. Oh my God, we're finally getting our Garlean lunar station. Oh my God! Yeah, after all this time, goddamn Skuro ends up being accurate. That <laughs> that just pisses me right. off. That's the real tragedy. That's really yeah. That's that's the thing I think that is insulting the most. That's how you know this game's really gone downhill. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it, uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, ever since they decided, You're some it's just kind weird. of moron. You know that? <laughs> hey, Juxta came back. Yeah. All right. Oh, he must have gotten more points. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I think it'd be great if we saw like uh, some sort of experimentation stuff going on with La Habrea. But honestly, it's hard it's hard for me to speculate on what it is because they already said that this story is going to conclude all the stuff with the Asians, and it sounds like the La Habrea raid will be kind of a cleanup, like an epilogue. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, it sort of makes. I mean, it makes me want. Like, did did was La Habrea killed in that, or was he just trapped? Like, it sort of makes you kind of wonder about what uh, exactly happened to, to La Habrea. Well, they, every time they kill, they say they can take another shard and promote them. Right, but don't we trap him somehow in right, like some kind of aura site or something? I thought we aura sighted him. Yeah, well, yeah. we didn't. Yeah. Thornton did. Yeah. Oh, Thornton yeah, that's did. right. Maybe uh, Thornton fucked it up because remember he took the eyes and unleashed all the energy of the eyes. Into oh. Oh shit! Oh, you're no. right. We broke. Oh, Estinian! God damn it! Estinian broke the eyes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. So yeah, I, I think that there's definitely some interesting lore implications. Um, and uh, you know, I I think all, any of the uh, remaining questions around the Asians probably should get wrapped up here. So um, it's it's really interesting because for the very first time in a long time, we're going to be going into all of the uh, patches with a, a ostensibly uh, clean slate. That's bizarre. Uh- well, and that's that's kind of what they said, right? This is the end of the saga. This is yeah. end game. This is end game. We're we're coming up on it. Like yeah. after this, we're on to a whole new story. Yeah, which it's MCU I mean, part four or whatever. It leaves them with one real big problem. Our character is really powerful. True. How are we getting depowered? Oh, it's, it's, like it's Shonen syndrome, right? That's what oh, I mean. Like yeah, we, yeah, yeah. we it is Dragon Ball Z, and we are about to beat Majin Buu. So yeah, after so- that, what do we do? They have to can reframe I, us in some way. Turn yourself into a child, or Whoa, isekai guy. Yeah, worked once before. We isekai again. Well, when we're in doubt, powered break by Heidelin, right? We're powered mm-hmm. by Heidelin right now, aren't we? Mostly. Yep. What if we oh, kill Heidelin? Goes away. We lose the blessing. We lose the echo. Yeah. Right. Therefore, we depowered ourselves. Yeah, that's a possibility. I, I think they should kill the Warrior of Light, but you know that's not going to happen. No. Then yeah. Then there's no vector for the player, unfortunately. Well, we have a new yeah. vector. Really? Like, force us to make a new character? That would be fucking wild. It's called a new game. (laughs) That would be the most bold decision in the history. I'm not, listen, I'm not, I'm not saying. Not saying it's a bad world. idea. I'm not saying it's a bad idea. I I would be super into it if that's what they did. Uh, but I, like, Alex's board of directors I, is. I'm just saying, in the world of game design, <laughs> we refer to that as a sequel, guys. Okay. Correct. At what point does Yoshi P take off his mask and go, "Ha, it's Yoko Taro all along." Oh god! Oh god! Oh, god. Oh, god. <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. There's going to have to be a, a definite power reset here, where we get back to a level of reasonable. Uh, 
so that we can begin I, a new story. I, I mean, I'm sure they'll be able to reframe it in some way. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Midgar Sommer stripped us of power once before. Who's to say yep. that he can't yeah. do it again? I mean, I, gonna, I, I definitely our power to bring back the I def- maybe maybe more dragon lore. That'd that's be cool. what I was. That's what I was about to say is I uh, think that we're going to get some very cosmic lore in the form of more dragon lore. So we've already they bring us. Will they bring us back to Earth for a while? Because we've been talking so much cosmic in the last two expansions. Well, but I didn't reference the fact that Omega is going to be important in the, from now on. Have they? And the Omega's cosmic. I think they did. If I'm right, someone said the Omega weapon is going to be important to the story. Interesting. Well, I didn't. Uh, catch they that. Do the same thing they did with um, Crystal Tower. They're going to make it so you have no. to play through the Omega. The, oh my they didn't god! So that Omega was going to be important, but yeah. they did say if there's a story you should play to prep yourself for the next expansion, you should do the uh, Omega story. Oh. And the reason for that is the Omega story ties into who Midgard Stormer is and how they actually came to be on uh, Eorzea and beyond the source. Interesting. So I think it, that's I, why that's important. Because Tiamat is a character. There's other dragons that show up. Okay, so that makes, it makes sense. We know I, I think we're going to see Vertra. Yeah, we do know. Yeah, I think it would also be really interesting if, like, this was, like, sort of a long con. If, like, the entire reason of, like, Midgard Stormer, like, attaching himself to us and... Uh, all of this extra stuff like the the whole point was Midgar Somer has been trying to defeat or kill Heidelin and the, he entered into this weird truce with her uh yeah. but then started to to realize her true nature cuz he sort of hints to, at that to the to the player character around the time that he removes her gift so well I, we see that more in the omega story we find out that like uh uh, Midgard Stormer took his brood and fled their right. realm. Basically, he, came to ours and bartered with Heidelin. Yeah, he was running from shit. Right. Yeah, and so he he basically said he would become a servant to Heidelin in exchange for allowing his brood uh, safe harbor. Well, maybe maybe that's the reason that you know we should be you know that they called special attention to doing the Ultima stuff. Maybe yeah. we're going to get some more information about the um, you know the the society or the uh, culture that ended up making Ultima. Um, you know, because or Omega. Or, I'm sorry. Yes, Omega. That's Omega. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because oh. I I definitely think that 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 is also really interesting because we have no idea what was hunting the dragons. Right. Well, wasn't Omega actually from the previous Final Fantasy games? If I'm rightly, he's always he's a constant character in every game. It's always the same Omega. He just has the ability to jump through dimensions. Really? The same I with Gilgamesh. That. Gilgamesh. Mm, that's Gilgamesh no? Yeah, no, I no, think I think Omega I, and Gilgamesh can do it. If I'm rightly, I, oh. I I know that. Listen, I, I don't think Omega has always shared the same design. I mean, to be fair, Gilgamesh hasn't either. But I've not heard that. Like, that's not that's not a, a lore tidbit. I've that, never heard that either. That I've come I'll across the 11, look. The 11 the, Omega and 14 Omega are look, identical. They are identical. The, yes. The, the real terrifying aspect is that we know that. Uh, yeah. We know that Gilgamesh took Hildy with him, so we don't know when the fuck he's popping up. That's the real horror. True. I'm True. still sad that they complained that they uh, watch it. Was it Hildebrand was becoming too samey? That that's the reason why there was no make uh, no uh, Hildebrand in Shadowbringers. Yeah, it was it was my comfort though. I I was I don't know. I'm I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good with getting a break from from Hildebrand. Yeah, like how would they, how would they have explained him being there? Him. Like how would they have explained well, him being? Could it with Gilgamesh? Because at the end of Stormblood, he teleports through a fucking black hole with Gil- Gilgamesh with Greg. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. So I I thought that was going to be their lead in. I thought they were we were going to be in the middle of fucking Norfolk, and all of a sudden there's going to be a fucking hole, and Greg's going to walk out and be like, 
Oh, Hildy's coming. He's around the corner. That said, I'll be ready for some Hildebrand in and Walker, but I was happy to have an expansion off. Yeah, yeah, it's not bad that we had an expansion off, but I, I do, I do hope he shows up in some capacity at some point. It'd be a shame for it to just die where they left off. Absolutely. It uh, Chile, thank you so much for the call. Uh, appreciate it, everyone. Make sure you go check thank out Moogle Go Round. Um, thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, th- thank you uh, for uh, for all of the uh, kind words that you've been sharing on Twitter. Much appreciated. See you on Thursday, Chile. See you on Thursday. All right. Take it easy, Chile. Thank you so much. Um, All right. So uh, that I think that covers it. Like even even if there is stuff that is not covered, I just don't know that I can sit in here that much longer. We are going on hour four. This is classic LBR. Oh, yeah. This is this is like, yeah, not even not even the 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 revival. This is like going super old school, but we have so hot. I know. But you know what? We've got one more thing to get through before uh, I let everyone go here. And it's a pretty it's a pretty important thing because we have been getting a whole lot of questions. By the way, before we get into this, I do want to say Nico Tosca in our chat uh, pointing out just a note. While uh, the father uh, actor died a few years ago, the uh, the original blogger who was based on Mady, who died last uh, December 2020. So just Uh a just a small, you know, correction there. I just want to be sure that we're you know giving out factually uh correct information so uh what i want to tell everyone so we have been getting a whole lot of questions about you know where is the podcast archive i want to listen to old episodes where can i do that uh the the website is down um so we've come up with a bit of a plan to address all of this and uh what we plan on doing is at once i finish this spiel we are going to be relaunching uh the patreon campaign over at patreon.com slash limit break radio so what we're going to be doing is uh we've got a couple of phases that this whole thing is going to go through starting with getting the archive back online uh, we, we have a massive archive for uh, both not just Final Fantasy 14, but for Final Fantasy 11 as well. So there's there's a couple of phases that this goes through. But, you know, the first phase is making sure that the archive is back, that the podcast feed is back and that things like iTunes, Spotify, those things are all working and functional for you guys. And that's got a pretty I think a pretty reasonable uh, price tag on it we'll get to those specifics here in just a second the second phase is bringing the website back uh one of the things that we had found was that uh our our website uh had been infiltrated and there was some uh some really nasty shit that was injected in terms of like pop-ups like i i i had people that were sending me messages like dude i'm getting ridiculous pop-ups from limit break radio and then i think finally our our host took it offline um but uh, you know, we have to be able to uh, bring this back online. And, you know, obviously, we've still got the web space. I still have my entire archive backed up uh, on several different hard drives. But, uh, you know, it's going to take some time to sort of recreate the, um, you know, the, the archive uh, a filing tree and make sure that the RSS feed is pointing to all of the proper 
files. That's the first part. Then we actually have to build a website. And what's clear is that we can't use the design of the old website because that's how people got in in the first fucking place. So we have to build a whole new website from the ground up. But this gives us a really unique opportunity that if Strife wants to talk about it, I will hand over to Strife now. Yeah. So uh, I've been helping plan and prototype uh, something that I think some of you may be interested in. Essentially, there's an opportunity here since we're going to have to redo the RSS feed. Yeah, since we're since we're rebuilding from from, you know, the foundation up anyway. Right. Then I was just I was thinking about writing a little bit more than just an RSS feed for Limit Break Radio and coming up with some other features. And I was thinking, what could we do with this? And if enough people donate to the Patreon, there is an opportunity for us to come out with the Limit Break Radio app for Android and iOS. Ooh. So what what are some of the features that one might be able to expect on the Limit Break Radio app? So before I, I state these features, note this is all spitballing. We are not committing necessarily to any of these yet. This is just our initial thoughts. So please don't hold us to this yet. We will get you details when we can confirm things. And essentially, uh, the app would require you to log in via Twitch. Only followers can access our Limit Break Radio app. If you're not following the channel, you can't get in. Yeah, so all of these people that have been unfollowing the channel for whatever goddamn reason, you're yeah, gonna have them. yeah, you're gonna have a real real tough time getting into the Limit Break Radio app if you don't you know come back and follow us again, you jerks. <laughs> but the you know what? I wish I could ban them. I wish I could figure out who unfollowed us and then <laughs> ban them so that they can they couldn't ever follow us again. And I then mean, it would be like, well, fuck you. I, I guess do. you don't get the app. I mean, I can I can write an API that crawls through our follower list and then refreshes it every day and no, see I'm, I'm just who kidding. is removed from it. And then we I'm can just find out who I'm, you can hunt them down. No. Okay. Anyway, you know um, what? <laughs> Hang on. If 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 there is an automated way to build an enemies yes, list, that. I'm all for that it. Video. I am all for it. All right. We'll talk later. All That's right. Another Patreon goal. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, some of these features in the app, um, we will obviously list. Again, this is just what we're thinking. We're going to list news and announcements from LBR. And this could be things such as, you know, next time there's a show or if there's an event we want to post or something we want to let you all know about. You know, there's a couple of things we can do with that. Uh, We do want to show you the Twitch broadcast schedule for either the current week or month. Not really sure how far out we want to show it to you. And that would include like, you know, if Nate's streaming on Tuesday with 14 and on I'm on Wednesday with World of Warcraft or FF14, and then Thursday is like FF11, and Friday's Fallout 76, whatever the schedule might look like. We want to be able to show it to you, and if we're going to change it, we're going to try to come up with a mechanism where we can change that schedule on the fly so that you guys are always updated without us having to tell you in stream or on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, We're considering putting in polls where you guys get to vote on upcoming content, uh, designs for possible merch, and other things. Um, we're going to let you submit stories and drama to the LBR crew so that they can read it out loud for you um, on either a stream or a podcast, TBD. Um, for example, if you want to have Nika read really, really awkward drama 
this would be a good opportunity. Oh God, please, no. um, <laughs> please, yes. Or anyway, fanfics. Uh, or fanfics. Or, or, or we should fan have. A, we have to have a fanfic submission. Absolutely. So, um, we can have cat. We should have categories for the submissions. Don't worry. My PTSD and, is triggering already. <laughs> um, and Let's obviously, we'll, and obviously, we'll provide links to. Uh, the LBR Twitch showing you if we're live or not, and you can click on it to get into the app. Uh, LBR Twitter feed. Um, if Podcast we decide to feed. Set up, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If we decide to set up the merch store, um, there'll be a link to that as well. And then finally, and this is the really cool part that I'm very excited about, and this is kind of the selling point for us and why I thought we should do an app if we can. We want to not just have all of the LBR episodes, and by LBR, I mean all the things we'd be bringing back. If we bring back FF14, FF11 Archive, and Final Countercast, or any other shows that we're doing, I want to give you guys the ability to search and filter these episodes uh, by the titles, the cast members that were in those episodes, the season, if we want to split the shows into seasons at some point, or by tags for things that happened on the show or topics stuff. We, yeah topics things like that exactly so we could put like a salt tag for like the the reddit salt tag for those reddit episodes from back in the day you know there's all kinds of fun stuff absolutely yeah yeah so, yeah so you guys would be able to filter through and kind of curate what old episodes you want to listen to I, very I, easily I, I mean listen there are nearly 300 total episodes that limit break radio has produced within its lifetime if you can tell me which one of those episodes the ass box conversation happened on then you know what maybe we could use your talents in helping to tag some of these things however i don't think anyone can can do that so let's just go with like that'll help you find some shit that you're looking for when when you're trying to de- dig deep within the the crates of our archive i mean we could also if, if it, it, we could have a, a button somewhere where people can report suggested tags for an episode or something. absolutely get them later and then we can update if we feel it makes sense absolutely so- um and, and 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 one other thing potentially eventually there would be subscriber only content where because you're logging into twitch we know if you've subscribed or not um, and if you're a subscriber, we may give you access to exclusive features, such as early access to episodes, maybe. Uh, maybe a sneak peek on some content that we, uh, needs pre-recorded. Uh, maybe if we decide we're going to do some merch before it comes out, we have a couple choices. You get to look at what we're thinking about. Or vote or on early, it. Or vote on it, exactly. Yeah. Or buy it early. Well, uh, maybe. Pre-order um, it. Pre-order it, sure. There you go. So, so there might be some room for that as well. Um, and just for context, because someone already mentioned the chat, this sounds very ambitious. Uh, my day job is I'm a, a lead on a, a mobile development team, so I have quite a bit of experience with this. So it's not that ambitious. Yeah, so suck it. Sorry, that was a little aggressive. <laughs> that was aggressive, goodness. <laughs> we want them to pay, do the Patreon, Nate. We want them to do it. Yeah, so Here. suck it. Sorry, sorry, I panicked. <laughs> that time I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Nate has uh, one mode. Assigned merch. I think if we did something like that, it would definitely have to be subscriber only. What do you think, Nate? Uh, yeah. yeah, no, I think I think uh, yeah, I, I could I could see that. Like we're we're definitely going to be big on the exclusive content. Um, so yeah. you know, so again, you have to follow the channel on Twitch if you want to even get in at all. And some we're going to try not to make too much exclusive content. We want you to be able to use the core features. 
without having to you know be a subscriber right, but right. um it, it, being a subscriber we're hoping we will be able to make it worth your while absolutely and and yes while this is ambitious i i you know uh i am looking forward to uh to 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 this ambitious project and uh you know again with the way that the app would function a lot of the uh you know the underpinnings for the website would have to uh also uh change quite a bit as well so uh when you get the price tag of these things when you take a look at the price tag of these things uh just kind of keep that in mind that there's um there's a considerable amount of of uh work and effort that is uh going into uh making that happen because it's all happening from the ground up it's not like we can just kind of click like hey let's you know bring the site back like it's not it's not quite that easy it's going to be a bit more of an involved process and you guys might be able to help us out with that especially if we can come up with like a robust tag system and uh and things like that so um strife again i I can't thank you enough for uh volunteering to to do this uh most of the ideas uh you know have come from uh strife in terms of the uh the the new way to set up the website and uh integrate that into an app that we think that uh, you guys would uh, would really really dig so oh and and one other thing um if you guys are on the patreon i believe we did say that uh there is going to be a category right where we may give them access to test early absolutely yeah so if you're if you are a donator on patreon depending on the level i think we are going to try to set up again assuming we're doing the app assuming we hit the right levels we would give you guys an opportunity to test early for certain people and dev streams exciting. too right Okay, so if you guys show interest, and I need to hear it, so let me know on either Twitter at StrifeX24, or let me know in Discord, at the Olympic Radio Discord, or let me know on Wednesdays when I'm streaming. Let me know if you want to see a live stream of me developing the LBR app, assuming we're going forward with it. There you I go. I would to see that. <laughs> I, 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 would cool. also, I would also be very interested in seeing that. Same. I'd like to see that, please. Um, okay. I might have to do it then. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Kai, uh, Kai in the chat, uh, the Patreon is not live yet. We are going to click live together here at the very end of the presentation. Um, so, yeah, that's just some of the things that, uh, that we're looking to do. But that's not all that we're looking to do. The phase three of this project is creating new content for Final Final Fantasy 14. Oh, but it's not just Final Fantasy 14. By the way, did I mention that I started a very serious addiction again called Final Fantasy 11? And hmm, I think that this show was once about another game other than Final Fantasy 14. Oh, that's right. It was about Final Fantasy 11. So there's the possibility that if we real, I mean, if you guys really uh, get uh, get you know some uh, some some momentum here that you know we can start bringing back new content for final fantasy 14 and not just in the form of uh of these reunion shows either so let's let's get down to brass tacks let's actually talk uh about you know some support tiers here um so the uh first support tier is obviously a dollar a month uh the easiest uh you will uh receive the deep love and appreciation and oh 
access to some behind the scenes content as well um you know it's gonna be a minute before we start spinning up other you know some some real content creation um so there may not be a ton of that however there is stuff in the archives that we can post until the archives go live and there's also some side projects that i know that i'm involved with that i would be uh happy to uh share as a part of the patreon so there will be some sort of uh content that ends up coming at the one dollar level at the five dollar level you'll get the special shout out especially on shows uh you know uh, any reunion shows that we end up doing if uh new content ends up being created you'll get uh the uh special shout out at the very beginning of the show as uh we would typically do uh when we were doing uh limit break radio the ten dollars a month um so if do you want to be like i don't know the first person to check out new stuff new projects from myself and uh members of the limit break radio crew do you maybe want to be one of the first people to uh, check out builds of the limit break radio app well ten dollars a month gets you into our test audience we're going to be uh trying stuff that has not uh, that is not even out yet for public consumption a good example is the daily drop one of the, uh, this podcast that i'm going to be uh launching in the next couple of weeks uh that is something that the test audience would get access to uh over on patreon and then of course there is the $20 a month that is the uh currently I think I believe the highest uh tier that we have available that's your producer tier you are now considered a producer of Limit Break Radio your name is going to be read at the end credits of any uh new Limit Break Radio production uh that we do uh we will also have some extra bonuses uh you know uh on uh on the Patreon as well as on the app for you as well and and eventually, uh, you know, one of the most challenging parts about doing the Patreon uh, the first time was doing uh, physical rewards for you guys. But Patreon has actually uh, made that process a little bit easier with, um, you know, some some merch that you can uh, you can do through Patreon and attach those to reward tiers. So uh, let's just say, you know, a couple of months uh, of, of Patreon support go by. We'll get a. A, uh, uh, someone to do maybe a throwback design of the 11 crew uh you know uh back back in the back in the old norg studio right and uh let's say we'll put that on a t-shirt and uh we'll make that available 20 dollars a month will get you that t-shirt or uh you know there's the store that you can go buy it from we're gonna get kind of creative with the way that physical rewards are done the thing that we wanted to avoid was uh managing that ourselves that was really really difficult it put a huge massive strain on uh, juxta and we don't want to do that again so uh, that's while it's not there yet that is uh, where we uh, plan on going with that so those are the uh, support levels that you can give at and uh, we've got uh, let's let's talk about uh, you know the funding thresholds uh, for you know what you get uh, when you support uh, the limit break radio patreon so at sixty dollars a month the limit break the final fantasy 14 archive of limit break radio uh 
will become publicly accessible. So that the revival of the FF14 archive, 60 bucks a month, I think that is very, very reasonable. Uh, so at 90 bucks a month, the uh, FF11 archive of Limit Break Radio becomes publicly accessible. 10 more bucks after that, final, final and countercast uh, par- podcast archives become accessible. Uh, so there you go. All of the um, uh, most all of the uh, content is now uh, at a hundred, just a hundred dollars. Uh, you know, can, uh, collective between everyone on the Patreon campaign uh, that will get access, uh, full access to. Uh, I'm sorry, almost full access to the archives. The final is at 150, where uh, the uh, Limit Break Radio Network podcast archive will uh, come online, and that includes Limit Breaking News. Elegantly add with today in Von Adil, Rogues Den is simply juxta voices of Von Adil. If you wanted to go back and listen to those shows that are ancient for some reason. Um, so again, 150 bucks. That all is available. That comes with uh, RSS feeds that you know would feed you know the shows as uh, as a podcast feed once more. Uh, so all of the Limit Break Radio archive becomes instantly accessible through iTunes, Spotify, wherever. Um, at $250 a month, this is where we would see the Limit Break Radio arc, uh, uh, website become uh, revived. Um, again, uh, you know, we I think we laid out a, a very strong case before for what you're getting when you get a new Limit Break Radio website it is built from the ground up and designed to uh, help you find the content that you're looking for as fast as humanly possible, as well as uh, eventually end up serving up new content as well. Um, so that uh, at, at, you know, and 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 again, I understand two hundred and fifty dollars. That's a pretty big price tag. Uh, but again, understand that we would want to be able to uh, pay Strife and uh, whoever we would find as our web designer for their hard work. And uh, that's that's really at the core of everything. You know, this has been a brand for now close to 15 years. Like there's there's not it's it's really difficult to go to someone and be like, yeah, can you work for gratis? Like, can you work for exposure? I'm done doing exposure deals. Like, I don't, I don't want to give people exposure. I want to give them money. Um, and I think that that is a that is a fair exchange. Again, for you know, and you guys get the the content um, at just fifty dollars more than that. At three hundred dollars, Limit Break Radio will start to record new episodes for Final Fantasy fourteen content around large patches the producer live letters and stuff like fan fest so if you you know at just the bare minimum 300 bucks a month again i think very reasonable for a patreon campaign we bring back the show on a semi-regular basis we will at least hit the high notes you know and walker comes out we'll have a discussion about and walker maybe a couple of more shows like you know around reaper and uh dildo mage and um you know a couple of other you know different topics and then you know we would come back and do do new episodes around big patches uh i i that that obviously will grow with more support but that's where it starts okay uh 350 bucks that's where the app starts becoming a reality uh again 250 bucks that triggers the website 
at 350 bucks we start working on the app so and, and one one clarification because i sorry i, I realized i didn't mention this before when we when we do the app if we do the app right it will be on android before ios because it's going to be cross-platform but we are going to focus and make sure that android ui is polished first yes since more people have android phones so just be aware of that if you're donating thinking you know i'm really excited for this app just know if you have an iphone you might be waiting a little bit longer than if you have an android. Wait, more people have androids than iphones in the yeah. world by quite a significant margin most people are not rich nika yeah androids uh, are dirt cheap it, no they're not mine wasn't that cheap because you're buying high-end Samsungs. Most of the world, they're very cheap Android phones. Uh, we can talk about oh, socioeconomics later. Oh, okay. That makes sense. I just feel like I'm, everyone I know has an iPhone. Because you're, you're in a bubble. Uh, Kai also gotcha. also Kai also asking a very important question. Is this uh, dollars per month or per creation? This is dollars per month. I think that that is that's that's a more fair way of doing it, considering that a significant portion of this is reviving an archive. I think it would be kind of unfair to go, uh, you know, dollars per creation. And then there's no creation for a significant portion of the campaign. Um, by the way, uh, if we uh, you know, if there's if there's you know some sort of lag time uh before the archive becomes available uh i am totally happy to uh uh post uh, uh you know portions of the archives and rarities through the patreon feed so uh if you you know want some uh you know want some uh some uh incentive there uh that is definitely going to be something that we would put out there for basically anyone who gave a dollar or or more um at four hundred dollars a month or I'm sorry, yeah, $400 a month? Month, yes. Uh, Limit Break Radio would uh, record Final Fantasy por- uh, Final Fantasy 14 podcasts uh, once every month. So uh, we would do, of course, these uh, episodes on Twitch live for all of you guys. Uh, we would do uh, call-ins. But here's the thing, and this is the, the, the honest to God's truth. I don't know that there is the will in any of us to do a weekly show for Final Fantasy 14. It just doesn't exist. Some of the most difficult episodes that we ever produced were in that dead zone in between, you know, the the one that we're in right now in between expansions. And um, it it was really difficult coming up with, uh, you know, that much content every single week. So I think where we have landed on a Limit Break Radio revival is that we could definitely do a show once a month. So that's that is the suggestion that i'm putting out there and uh again i think that that's fairly reasonable uh higher tiers will see uh limit break radio start to produce final fantasy 11 podcasts once a month so let's say you want limit break radio more than once a month well uh you know hopefully you enjoy some final fantasy 11 content because we're looking to uh expand our horizons outside of final fan just strictly final fantasy 14 while yes Shadowbringers was great while i'm sure that n walkers is going to be good i don't think final uh, final fantasy 14 can be the only thing that any of us think or talk about um you know I, i my time with checkpoint showed me how much i enjoy playing other games so i i think that that is a reasonable way to still get limit break radio content uh but you know not end up um creatively uh draining all of us to the point where after a couple of years we're like i don't know if we can fucking do this anymore this is sustainable 
just so everyone is clear this is sustainable um and then uh, uh even even higher tiers of support uh could see you know uh brand new shows for you know covering video games uh for example uh like final encounter cast and again all of this has a smaller price tag than our original patreon did as well so um just all things to keep uh, to, to keep in mind uh when uh looking and considering your support of uh limit break radio on patreon um i again i just want to make it perfectly clear that there is no scenario where uh limit break radio gets so much support on patreon that uh we do weekly ff14 content i just don't think that that's in the cards um you know between where all of us are in our personal lives and in our professional lives i think that would be a very very difficult thing for us to pull off so you all saw the result of that about the time stormblood came out ex- where we were burned out and hated everything exactly and and i think you know i don't know that i don't know how much final fantasy 14 players are going to want to listen to a show like that i think I think everyone can appreciate when we're being honest. I think that we got to a point where we weren't being objective in Stormblood because there was some redeeming stuff in Stormblood. It was tough to find, but there was some stuff there. I don't think any of us were prepared to say that at the time that we were going through it. I'll say on a second playthrough of Stormblood, when I came back to the game, I I did go through Stormblood going, you know what, actually... There's some really cool moments in this story that I just glossed over the first time because I was, was so burned out and just wanted it to be done. Absolutely. Ash Saber saying the return of uh, something like FEC would make me real happy. I loved when you guys uh, took on broader gaming content. Well, the the way that you do that, uh, again, I don't think that we would be interested in, in making like a final encounter cast Patreon, but I think the way that that gets done is through the support of the Limit Break Radio Patreon. So there we go. I think we've laid it all out as best that we can, at least, uh, you know, without you guys being able to go there and take a look for yourself. Now, keep keep something else in mind is that you know because this is the exact same account we still have people that are signed up so when this goes live it's actually going to look like we have like 400 and almost 50 bucks worth of support on patreon so there's a couple of caveats here that i have to mention uh the first uh, after the first month of you know like rebuilds like when we actually start collecting money that's when we're going to decide which work starts you know um I, I I think uh, I, I think it's probably pretty safe to say that I've got some work to start doing on uh, bringing the archives back, and that's fine. I'm I'm totally willing to start doing that now. Uh, but you know, we are going to wait until after the first thirty days to gauge where the actual Patreon is shaking out. The other thing is that even if we make it to a point where we uh, are are committed to making Final Fantasy XIV content, either around big uh tent pole uh pieces of content or whether it's on a monthly basis the real start of that commitment starts at n walker if uh, you know if we got to spin our wheels for you know six months until this fucking expansion comes out i think that's going to leave us pretty creatively devoid that's not to say there will be 
no limit break radio content between now and then walker i think especially if we hit those support goals that that will motivate us to do a couple of specials in between now and then but really that commitment starts when n walker is is officially released and i hope that everyone can understand that especially coming back to a project is as large and as uh, you know potentially daunting as this is um you know there's there's a couple important caveats that we have to get right out uh, you know right out of the gate so hopefully that doesn't dissuade anyone from supporting the patreon where they were thinking about doing it before but uh here it here it is we are now at the end of the explanation portion and i think it's time to launch this sucker are we you know are we ready should we do like a a big countdown yeah do do we want to do a countdown or just do the blues brothers hit it Let's do a you countdown. It's on the outline, but you didn't mention it uh, for this revival of LBR. Are the hosts going to be a Nero, Nika, and Strife? The hosts are going to be a mystery that will be revealed later on. Because uh, here's here's the real thing. I haven't really talked to uh, a lot, really anyone about this as a long-term commitment. So um, I think you will not see me on an FF11 show. Got to tell you that. That's the other thing is that uh, we do know that for sure the Final Fantasy 11 content will have a massively different cast uh, yeah. for FF14. That's a toss up. I think, you know, uh, there there we I think we can have fun with revealing who the members of that show could possibly be. So don't spoil it, Escalia. God. It would be hard for me to spoil it. I have no idea. Yeah, neither do we. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you, you know, don't don't ruin the mystery. It's going to be a mystery. Don't ruin it. The Got mystery. It. Anyway, um, so let's go ahead. Uh, let's let's count this down. All right. Let's let I guess let's start from five. All right. Five. Four. Wow. Why am I the only one counting? Because we didn't know when saying, you were going to start. I can't see you. What am I? Hang on. Am I? What do I need to do? A countdown to our countdown? <laughs> yes, because we can't see you. Okay, ready? Wait, I don't know. It, it's not even. Gonna we're starting at five, and I'm, we're gonna, okay. I'm going to go three, two, one, and then we're going to start at five. Because that makes count no with sense. Us, everyone, everyone in, uh, listening, count with us. We have become squareenies. We're doing a countdown to our <laughs> countdown. We are. All right, ready? Three, two, one, five, five. four, five. Three. three. Two. Did you even try? One. Hey, and happy new year. We, I'm hitting the launch button. The launch button has been hit. Link it. Patreon.com slash limit break radio. Here, the link is in the chat. There you go. Go nuts. A smile better suits a hero. So there you go. It it looks like so far we have 60 patrons at 449 a month. Again, that's going to fluctuate quite a bit here, guys. So uh, let's make sure that the uh, expectation is reasonable. Go ahead. Check that out again. Patreon.com slash Limit Break Radio. Support if you want to. Um, yeah. Thank you guys for uh, for for listening and for uh, considering uh, supporting Limit Break Radio. Uh, I would uh you know i i would uh would like to say soon within like a couple of you know weeks hopefully 
um, depending on what's happening, uh, that uh, we'll be able to uh, have some some archive information going for you. And uh, hey, look at that. We even get on screen Patreon messages. Just a fox. Thank you for the dollar. 65 right now. (laughs) Everyone just backed you. So there you go. Uh, appreciate guys, you, uh, you you listening to the pitch, and uh, you know considering uh, supporting Limit Break Radio on uh, on Patreon. And uh, again, you know, a, a good good moments to do that will be when we're live, uh, because you know obviously we're gonna they're gonna be able to to see that on screen. Um, although I'm not sure why it's telling people like I see the pledges coming in at $5, but then it says $4 on screen. I'm not sure what that's all about. Um, yeah, weird. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Service. Oh no, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, we'll, we'll figure this out. Um, but, uh, again, if you're considering supporting, thank you guys so much. If you have supported in the past, thank you so much. And, uh, let's, let's, let's try to, uh, cast rays on limit break radio. Um, I, you know, I think it's, uh, I think it's a little bit closer than, uh, anyone. Holy God, angel Lux, Jesus um already look at this angel lux forking over the hundred dollars uh on patreon what the fun i wish i could clap and hold my button at the same time wow um i listen i i i definitely have some archive work ahead of me but um limit break radio has uh been incredibly important not just to me personally but uh also to me professionally and uh you know it's folks like angel lux that you know are are really helping to uh you know see a way forward for this brand and you know for as much as i've been um uh, uh you know streaming on this channel and i would invite you to join me when the channel is live um you know it, it says a whole lot that we get uh four to five times uh the amount of people that we normally get you know when the channel's just live when we do a show like this it 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 shows us how important um not just the the show is to you guys but uh how important we as a collective unit are to uh you know you and your listening habits so we can't thank you enough for uh you know for all you do to support limit break radio whether it's through uh you know supporting the uh uh, the stream through um you know subscribing to the stream and i saw those wonderful gift subs that started off the hype train uh you know before we even uh started the show today thank you guys so much that that is uh you know s- just uh, so kind of you guys and then uh you know to to see more of this support uh through patreon i i just i can't thank you guys enough so um it, it really really does uh mean a lot to me to uh to 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 have this and um yeah i i hope that uh that more of you will uh will consider helping to uh bring this uh this brand back so that you know we can continue to tell the truth listen i think that we had uh you know fucking close to five hours worth of content on this show and most of it was glowing reviews of everything that square enix presented with Shadowbringers. uh i I think that you know limit break radio has uh you know had a 
a long uh, storied history of uh, telling audiences the truth, uh, you know, about, um, you know, not just about, uh, you know, Final Fantasy 14, but about Square Enix and, you know, what we experience when we all, uh, you know, have that collective experience in Eorzea. And so, uh, you know, it's for all of those reasons that I hope you consider uh, supporting Limit Break Radio. I think that's I think that's where we got to call it here. I, it is so hot in this room and uh, gross, and I am personally very very gross at the moment. Um, but you know, this is this is the only show. This is the only content that I would uh, you know really kind of put myself uh, through this for. So uh, before we wrap up here, uh, 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 Escalia, our special guest for this episode, uh, remind yep. everyone uh, where they can find. Uh, you know your future projects and everything that you're going to be doing in the next couple of weeks yeah so the easiest way to follow it is going to be uh following me on uh twitter uh, that's at escalia and on twitch at twitch.tv slash escalia we're making the push to really get the streaming uh channel up to up to speed and that starts actually tomorrow uh, i'm going to be streaming starting at noon tomorrow uh throughout a good bit of the day and then every day this week i'm going to be streaming leading up to my fundraising stream on Saturday, July the 3rd. Uh, that's going to be at 6.30 p.m. Eastern time. It's probably going to run close to 24 hours as uh, we play through Final Fantasy VIII. We're raising money for new streaming equipment because while I want to... Uh, I, I've said since the original incarnation of LBR, I would rather not do it than have it be bad. So I need to get some better streaming equipment in here before I can make a real commitment to do that. I'm going to be posting a um, calendar tomorrow of various appearances that I have coming up throughout the next month. Nice. And when I'm going to be on stream, that'll be posted tomorrow on social media. My uh, lovely wife sat in this very hot room with me making it all night, so she is she's dying right now. Um, and yeah, the, it, guys, it, it's going to be a lot about, it's going to be gaming, it's going to be tabletop, it's going to be uh, LGBTQIA inclusivity, it's going to be sex and kink positivity. Uh, I'm really looking forward to continuing to perform for you guys for hopefully the next 10 years of my life, same thing I've done for the last 10. So, And also, if the door remains open, to uh, come back and guest host on more LBR episodes, because this was so much fun. Absolutely. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Escalia and uh, Twitter.com slash Escalia. Make sure that you are followed and prepared for the epic content that Escalia is going to uh, release on you over there. And uh, again, Escalia, thank you for joining us today. It was wonderful to be here. Uh, also, again, thank you to Strife and Nika. Also to uh, Juxta for uh, hanging out for uh, at least the beginning of the show. Um, he literally just left. I, yeah, he literally did. He just took off, and then I guess he was in the chat for a little bit. Um, but yeah, just not, not never to be seen ever again. So ran out of points. I mean, I, I yeah, I guess, I guess. Uh, I I didn't know that when you ran out of chat points, you could no longer be a guest host on the show. But uh, apparently that's the new rule that we just came up with um but uh that's gonna do it for uh this episode of limit break radio again guys thank you so much for hanging out with us today and uh for uh for all your incredible support of limit break radio not just today and through the patreon but for uh all of the years that limit break radio has been a thing guys thank you so so much hope you are so very welcome oh my god (laughs) And seriously are you fucking kidding me anyway uh guys thank you so much we will hopefully see you back here on a future episode
episode of Limit Break Radio. Jesus, did you even try? I'm an hero. Keep listening. Limit Break Radio is a production of LimitBreakRadio.com and Bender Media Productions. This episode was produced by Aniro Grigori, Strife, and Ascalia Ryumasa. Final Fantasy XIV and Eorzea are trademarks of Square Enix. Opening music in this episode from Pirate Crab. Listen to Man with the Machine Gun and other great tracks at piratecrab.bandcamp.com. Closing music in this episode provided by Husky by the Geek. Listen to this and other great Final Fantasy XIV and video game rock covers and original music at facebook.com slash husky by the geek. In-game graphics for Limit Break Radio's Twitch stream are provided by the generous viewers of the Limit Break Radio Twitch channel. Thank you for your support. Limit Break Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. Thank you.